So, as we left off last week, well, first, before I get rolled up in that, take some session rerolls. These are important. You yes. need the fancy silver coins. You got to get your uh, first ones free. But as we had left off last week, well. Where's my boyfriend? That's. I would say we have solidly... We, we won, friends. We did it. We did victory. Uh, we learned that we're in a small town called Cypress Point on the Ravenel Coast. Brand new nation recently seceded from Cheliox. You all right over there? You gonna survive? <laughs> I'm sorry, Arcanus just killed me. Special's <laughs> great with kids. <laughs> Just give a corpse to play pretend to him for real eventually. Uh, <laughs> he didn't give it to him. He just left it where they could find it. <laughs> Which for children is effectively the same thing. <laughs> Stop. And uh, Crimson Nexus, the big tier three sub. Thank you for that. Oh, the victory sub, perhaps. Because again, we had... Conquered the Scarlet, the Scarlet Triad pirates, the slavers that had come here to Cypress Point, sacked the city, and taken near everyone in it captive, hostage, or prisoner. Or some mixture of the two, perhaps. But after defeating their leader and his pair of dragons that he did in fact have, he was not, that was not lying, he had them. <laughs> they were wildly underwhelming. But he did have them. So. That's, <laughs> That's all matters. that matters. We were whelmed. <laughs> we were whelmed so hard. Honestly, the pigs were the real enemy. Yes. Yes, they were. And, and, and we said it before. Oh, there's a leftover. He was just sitting there having man. fun. Uh, I tried to collect everything. We're like, you guys like hide the tokens everywhere. You're like the freaking. We rats. line them up on the edges of the thing. Some of them, and some of them are under the monitor and like in dice Over boxes. <laughs> I line all mine up. Hidden nice in and between neat. three different journals. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Sandy Sneese, the uh, she didn't really like being called a, or thought of as a leader or anything necessarily of the town. She had asked the group of you to stay with whatever your jobs or journeys were to stay for at least one more evening so they could put together a proper celebration for you. Mm. And you had fanned out around Cypress Point to, well, check on the ship, help with the cleanup, do your own. Help with the cleanup. Things. <laughs> yeah, clean, cleaning up the pigs. That counts, right? The bodies <laughs> do up. need to be removed from town. We're looking for bibbity bobbity booze. Sister <laughs> <laughs> of Gaming, thank you for the resub. <laughs> Appreciate it. So as we come back in, the day has been passing here in Cypress Points. You'd come here fairly early in the morning. I had made your way down from the portal of Elsida's Ring. And with a day's worth of cleanup, it almost looks like the town wasn't even ransacked by dragons and pirates. Kind of. Nothing is still on fire, and as the sun starts to arc down towards the horizon, you're left with uh, damage, shattered windows, broken doors, uh, several roofs that had somewhat been caved in. But really, nothing unrecoverable, nothing absolutely severe, really. And silver lining on an admittedly dark cloud, though there were some losses, obviously, in the triad attack, particularly when they unleashed the boars. There were not many, uh, less than a half dozen. 
that you that had ended up un- unaccounted for after you'd spent the day making your way through town trying to rather rally people together, gather everyone, and, well, the head count. So, as the day passes on, we start today's adventure party. The boat is secured. The town's as set as it's going to be. Uh, the fishing boats are on their way back. You can see them coming in with very full nets. What are you doing? Probably stopping by the boat to inform them that there might have been some minor damages to the rudder. <laughs> And that it won't be going very far until that is uh, repaired. And as you head up and kind of explain to Sierra, the leader of the mercenaries, they too have largely gathered back together and they suffered a lot more losses than the townsfolk did. Largely due to the what would come to be known as the regrettable decision to (laughs) dive overboard to escape you guys into the waters filled with the equally uh, deadly and much less morally directed giant nightmare chameleon things. <laughs> I forgot about those. <laughs> I didn't. Roshi's still got a hole in her from one. And neither too will the uh, the crew of the Genius Small forget about that anytime soon. Uh, but Sierra ends up with a uh, little over a dozen crew left together. You tell her she kind of nods, pinch the bridge of her nose. Yeah, that one part of this can be easy, can't it? Well, I mean, when you work for slavers, it is not ever easy. When you get caught... We sailed a ship! We didn't do any slavery, I didn't capture anyone, we didn't fight nobody. I fed the pigs and I sailed a boat. That is what is known as being a accomplice. What's known as a job! Yes, but in this case, it's the losers that makes you the accomplice. He's not wrong. <laughs> <sighs> so what happens? What do we need? Uh, the uh, rotor is disabled. The rope control has been severed. Boat, boat cannot go left and right. Bloody hell. Gosro, please. Bless me with an ounce of your patience. Okay. And she just kind of looks out to the, like, 12 buildings at his Cypress Point. <laughs> and then back to you. Where... Where are we going to find a shipwright? Or even a squib or anything? It's well, like you do have me. 20 fishermen that live here. Eh, no, you have me. I can fix. You can fix the rudder by yourself. Without a dry dock that can fit the ship? Yeah, most likely, yes. I can stay underwater for a very long time. Right, that's fair. It's still not entirely positive what exactly you are, but... I am a Ruxi. Lizard. I'm a big lizard. I can see that you're a lizard. I can put that part together. (laughs) (laughs) With with a couple of days, I can likely fix, and we can be on the way. If you can fix it and get it back together, then obviously, of course, we'll sell you back down to Kintargo. I... Don't right know what you're expecting once you get there. This, we, I'm serious. We just sail the boat. That's that's all we do. I don't know how many of these triad types and folk are actually in or throughout Cantargo, but well, as long as there is one, we can figure out where to go next. We're just gonna take you to a public dock. You understand that, right? We're not taking it straight to him or anything. We're yeah. not. 
No, that is getting ourselves good. killed. I would recommend that uh, when we get there, you probably want to get both checked because the fix will not be permanent. I think as soon as we get there and drop you off, we're going to be sailing off elsewhere before the triad have to have whatever words with us. Late, you saw Bull Butcher. They have demons running them. Well, if not running them, I mean, he, he wasn't the captain, but I don't know if a, if a, if a demon can sail a boat. I... It is likely demons can do many things. I am not one of them. I do not know, but he could teleport. We saw that. He didn't know that either. Until he perhaps, shouted something in some language and simply disappeared. Perhaps demons do not need boat. Just go as they please. Well, he sure came on it. It is to be... He sure ate half our stocks on the way here. Oh, yes, if he's helping you, then he needs to ride with you. But if he just wants to go somewhere, perhaps he just goes. All right, well... We aren't going anywhere, unless you can fix our rudders. We're not going to be getting out of this dock, we're not going to be back to Cantargo. This boat's going to be seeing the rest of its days in this tiny pier, so... I will let everyone know. You'll just make sure that your men are ready. Well, we have enough. It's not ideal, and it's... Gonna be some real long pull shifts to get us all the way to Kentargo with barely a dozen people, but we'll make it. No, we won't. 50 50 chance, eh? Yeah, we could always stay relatively close to coast in case we need to take a break. Well, the journey doesn't go much into open waters anyway. We're just following the coast largely south until we get down to Kentargo in the Isles. Alright, we'll get everyone together, figure out what we're doing, gather up what we have. And we'll be here, I suppose. Tomorrow morning I begin work on boat. I did not want you potentially leaving tonight without uh, knowing the dangers. Yeah, well, without our other, we don't have much choice. Not that we'd be seeing fit to leave you anyway. Uh, we saw you've got a wizard of so uh, you got some sort of wizard or two with you as well. In a looks like a damn knight from last wall. But we'll wait. Not taking that risk. If you. You put Bull Butcher down. We'll be having no lip from us. Yeah, very well. Just uh, make sure not to look at the villagers funny. They are not very nice to you right now. And she just kind of puts a hand on the handle of her cutlass. The, just waves her hand, shakes her hand, and just. The like, less problems that we have to come and fix, the better. Just blocks, walks a couple feet back away. Facing the other direction, just kind of out into the water, hanging their cutlass. Just <laughs> reconsidering a great many of her life choices so far. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> what are the rest of you up to? Uh, so Roshin is going to try to find someone who can fix her shield, because her shield got nicely creased into a 90-degree angle by that, that last flail hit that hit it. <laughs> You'd probably know I have the skill to do it. Solid, as do I. Well, but there, you're up on the boat, and Roshin is kind of looking around town. And around when the fishing boats are coming back, Corvold uh, would come back into town and uh, would definitely make a point to find well, whoever he could find of the group of you afterwards, just at least to again continue professing his thanks. And find you, Roshin, looking around asking for someone. Now, the town doesn't really have like a blacksmith, he doesn't have a proper forge or anything uh the closest to scott is just some fishermen who mainly manage their own things and largely work with wood that said corvold is pretty handy he does have a small little portable anvil 
that he uses because I mean there there is some metal work on their ships and their tools one that needs repairing sometimes and like they got trade routes but it's it's an ordeal to get things replaced if they really need to and he offers to take a whack at it uh, what, what could it possibly do break further well actually yes I suppose it can but uh, still it'd be appreciated if you could try to make it go the other way well I can see what I can do with it it can't be that difficult certainly I've worked with st- Thicker things. We just need to go ahead and make it more, well, flat-like, as yeah, opposed just, to bendy-like. You take this, you take hammer, you put it down on the anvil, and you just more or less bang it down till it's flat again, right? It seems you're just as knowledgeable about such things as myself. No, 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 this is a part of... Well, I maintain most of the supplies the town has. I work with most of this, I keep things in order, I fix tools. I've, I, I can handle a, a flat piece of metal that you just hold in front here. It doesn't even have to fit in or lever into anything, anything properly. You're brimming with confidence. It's infecting myself as well. Does he actually break it further? He does not break it further. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> First question. Hold on. I have, my little, I have to figure out where to put my reference here on this new table. Well, I don't remember how much crafting repair is for, but I have like, it on here. It's like, why don't you um, folded it in half now? <laughs> Pink. <laughs> That's not the way I meant to move it. <laughs> it's it's but, reinforcing, yeah. Um. <laughs> it's now a buckler. He, he, takes, he takes it down. He takes it down to his uh, his little portable anvil and uh, clamps one side of it into uh, the edge of a uh, a small workbench he has in the back of his own house. Not even not even in the actual shed. Just literally in the house he lives in, and just levers the middle of it over on the anvil, propped up on a kitchen chair. So it would be high enough to be level with the clamp and just starts. I've done stuff like this when I was in an apartment. <laughs> starts whacking away at it. Just banging out with the hammer as he can. And uh, as he does, surprisingly, he does seem to be, well, at least competent enough. He, he's certainly no master. Uh, Buford's busy doing something somewhere else. And you've seen what Buford can do with his shield. It he just like, like would whack it against yeah. his forehead. It'd be perfect. Just, bam, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a baby blessed. But he's going to restore 15 hit points to it. Ah, brilliant. That flattens Um, it out to actually a flat shape. Over the course of uh, about 10 minutes of kind of wrenching and hammering and trying to work it into order. Now, does that... That doesn't, does that fix it completely? Or it gets a... it over the broken threshold, so it's actually workable now <laughs> it is. as a shield, but it's still pretty beat up. Would it work better as a shield or a bolt right now? No, 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 it's actually proper it's, it's shield. It's mostly okay. flat. Uh, it is. It, it, it would be pretty heavily marred with uh, hammer marks and imprints, and it would be kind of clearly visible where the bend was. It's, again, not a masterwork, but it's usable. It's functional. It's a shield again probably be a little bit more careful on actually blocking anything hard with it, yeah. but... What does he, he takes it off from the clamp and holds it up. It's just kind of vaguely V-shaped at this point. Uh, not exactly good as new, but this... A fine this start. Is a shield. It's a fine start. Thank you very much. I actually have it... Uh, it'll actually fit on my back now. Uh, for some, a forge, a you know, proper foundry of some sort to heat it up, I imagine that's as good as we're going to get it. And... Then the closest one for that is probably Kintago. Well, I found, I've seen battlefield repairs that were in worse shape than this, so thank you. I'd be very grateful for it. Hey, at least I can do after everything you did for, did for us. You, you... You are aware, is it? That if you and your friends hadn't just randomly showed up, none of us would be here. Uh, indeed, yes. Imagine uh, the town would be burnt down to cinders by now. It's... Well... Strange. 
when I was younger, I heard a lot of stories. Uh, I grew up here in Cypress Point, as most of us did. But we, well, we learned to add and to count and to spell, but not much of history. But I heard a story from my father. Funds that he heard from a merchant or his father, origin unclear. But of a... A country far to the south of here. Past the massive hurricanes that spirals unending and eternal storm shadowing the front and etc. etc. Sounds quite All kinds of fossil things. But of a nation of just he just kind of gestures out the window towards the genie smile still in the dark. Of of these sorts of coastal raiders. Of pirates. That's a nation of pirates. They have no proper kings, they have no standing armies, they are pirates. Ruling pirates. Hmm. It sounded, you know, I, I imagine this is as much as anything else, as much as the fairies that haunt you in your dreams, or as much as wizard kings smiting nations, this is just, you know, pirates was, was children's story things, and fairy tales, and, well, until they showed up. Pirates, they're... They're really just bandits, except with a ship. Ah, I'm afraid it's, uh, no, no, pirates are quite real, I'm afraid, and uh, they've been uh, plaguing coastal lands for uh, centuries. I suppose it makes sense. The same way highwaymen hold up uh, heavy, heavy trade routes for merchant caravans and wagons that didn't decide to splurge for particularly valuable mercenaries or whatever, but why? Why? Surely there's a way to... Uh, obviously they wanted us, not things we had, but... Of course. There, are, there must be thousands of people in the world. And far less secluded than we are. Much easier to access. Well, I was actually on the ship at some time, and I uh, found some plans. It looks as though they'd actually just been going up and down the coast, raiding as they could. Um, it doesn't seem like they deliberately came over the way here just to take your village, uh, but it seems that it was just on the route to pick up. But, so, of course, there is the method of how we actually arrived. Um, uh, it seems that concealed in the cliffs above the sea, there's actually an ancient elven portal. Um, we came through that. Well, that sounds more ridiculous than pirates. Oh, I agree. Uh, pirates are quite commonplace. Uh, ancient elven portals are uh, much more of the rare sort. <sighs> this all... But regardless, I suppose the reason I'm, I'm bringing it up is because you'll probably be seeing more of us. Uh, if we're going to be getting back to where we came from, we'll need to go back through it. Well, we're perfectly happy seeing more of you and your friends. <laughs> so that's been nothing but good for us, and again, we owe you our lives. But I... This... This... I don't know. The world changes, and I... I feel as though it's never getting better. This whole Kintargo new nation... I've heard from merchants coming through that apparently this is no longer Cheliax. That seems to be the case, yes. Uh, never cared much anyway. I grew up in the hinterlands. I entirely understand what you mean. Well, I'll... But... When we were Cheliax, which many of the merchants had mighty opinions on, we never had pirates. We never had such problems. We lived peaceful lives. If there's anything I've learned uh, from the output of bloody revolutions are it's much easier to topple a government down than it is to build one up of any quality. <sighs> I 
I just don't see why what was wrong with how we were. We sat here, we fished, apparently we were shellish. It didn't change our lives at all. I understand what you mean. It's uh it's a strange thing when your entire way of life can go and be changed based on a decision made uh, hundreds of miles away, uh, which goes and affects how you live. And it's uh, you, you think you can just keep to yourself and think that you can just live your life and the world will continue to be the way it is. But and see, it's, it's much bigger sinking than I want to put my head to. We go, we catch fish, we survive. We raise our kids to do the same. And one Never of had to consider these things before. The concept of nations and world politics. A part of me wonders if perhaps that by staying here, secluded as we are, uh, we aren't in a way staying almost as children, uh, ignorant of the world, hoping that it takes care of itself or that others can worry about it for us. Um, I wonder perhaps, because I've seen it happen so often, if perhaps it isn't our own fault if this happens. Perhaps we should have paid more attention. Well, you make it sound so bad. There's nothing wrong with in, living a simple life. We have done it for generations here with no problems. I enjoyed it once myself. As the most we knew of Chelyaks was occasionally seeing the ships on the horizon, seeing their majestic sails, the black and red, perched against the, uh, the edge of the sea, edge of the world as far as we know. But since they left, well, apparently now pirates come. Indeed. And uh, it seems that uh, their support, uh, even though it was unnoticed, was very useful for us. And perhaps you should see to it that, well, perhaps we might all see to it that we could try to make this place a bit more defensible, a bit, perhaps a bit safer for you and your kin. Well, what is you and your friends are making your way down to Kentargo? I'm not going to pry as to your reasons, but... Uh... Oh, Perhaps we're taking the fight, make... those slavers. Oh, well, if the source of the pirates is gone, I'll certainly sleep easier. Well, the source of those but... pirates will be gone. There's always be more, I'm afraid. And perhaps I journey down to Kintargo myself is in order. If this new whatever, I don't even know, is there a king in Kintargo? But to find out, I suppose. Well, if they're going to take over for Jellyax, then they better take over for Jellyax. Probably a wise decision, but uh, seeing to yourselves might not be a bad idea either. But seeing as how we're going there, would you care to be riding with us? Will the town be able to do well without you? Oh, they'd manage. I, uh, there's plenty of boats and plenty of men knowing how to run them and fix them. Haul up a good evening's catch. Fills the smokehouse for the winter. Uh, I, I, well, I, uh, I, I appreciate the offer, but uh, certainly beats walking the entire way. Or taking your tiny fishing carcal. And he, uh, as you can see, give me a perception check real quick. There. Uh, that's gonna be a 27. Yeah, through his, uh, kind of bravado and I'm gonna tell them Kentargo. <laughs> so the opportunity is presented to actually do that. It's immediate deflections. <laughs> the blustering, uh, lack of desire, it seems, to actually act on them or do anything is immediately apparent to you. Okay. And he's not even great at hiding it, really. <laughs> she'll she'll let him keep air. his pride and won't poke him too hard about it. So, uh, Resume, what are you up to? Um... Resume will uh, go around, um, make sure that nobody's seriously hurt, um, 
if they need to, I'll help them mend their roofs or whatever they need to just keep the rain out. Like, yeah, a lot of the uh, a few families would have their uh, houses been damaged to the point where it's not really tenable to stay in them. However, uh, it seems that the community as a whole is more than happy to pick up the slap where, slack where necessary. And anybody whose whose roofs were collapsed or buildings were damaged to that extent. Already, before you're even done clearing the streets of the Drakes, they all have a place to stay, and they're they're covered for, and there's no real problems. Uh, it's it's incredibly close knit here in Cypress Point, a town this small. Uh, well, it's not even just a a question of will they have a place to stay so much as well. Which one of you is that's willing to take them? Is that uh, are they going to board with? Like mm. how are they, how are we going to split this up? Uh, and as well, uh, Sandy Sneese, who again though she doesn't really like to be labeled as a leader or anything, seems to have a pretty firm and strong hand in organizing most of these things. Uh, as soon as the cleaning and all that is underway, she is helping out where she can. Her magic uh, occasionally helpful, usually for just like moving or cleaning things around is necessary because she's not it's not that strong and she's neither is she terribly physically strong. Now where she absolutely shines here, regardless of whether she wants to be called it or not, it is as a leader of this community. And she gets them all organized pretty much immediately, uh, helping throughout the day, hauling things away, repairing where they can, uh, making sure that further damage won't come, like people uh, moving things out of ruined houses, recovering what's possible. But it's admittedly impressive, like almost how efficient this tiny little fishing village is. I have to say, you're, you're all, it's kind of inspiring to watch. I, I also come from a, a small village, not as small as this, but still small. But there's something, there's something about you. You're, you bring them together in a way that is more, more whole than the sum of its parts. Kind words that are very much good to hear. I... We have... Well, we have known almost nothing else in our lives in the simplicity of our days here and, well, our reliance on each other. Uh, It's... All really very, well, natural, honestly. It's, how do I put this? It is very rare these days I find myself at a loss for words or a difficulty to place my thoughts, but perhaps it is the weight of the day really sinking in on me now. But it is... Well, as this soon-coming night sky, as Desno ordains things, it may at first appear to be random or nonsensical, but the longer you look, the more you see, and the more sense it makes. It is not, there's not chaos in the sky. It is all it is, it is, it is simply meant to be, as Desna has willed it, as here, Fee, fill it. <laughs> you and my mother would get along so well. I find myself wanting to introduce you to her more and more as I get to know you. 
Well, I do not know how much difficulty or how long your travels you have undertaken to arrive here, but of course, you are more than welcome in Cypress Point anytime. Will you come aside with me for a moment, as I don't wish this to be widely known? Of course. Uh, carry on as you feel. Uh, Jacobson, if you will bring the tables from your house and from... Uh, just bring them near the smokehouse. We'll organize things here in, in the coming hours. And uh, she would walk with you down the road some way to the edge of Cypress Point and even a little beyond if that was what you want, a little further inland. Um, I'm afraid... God, I really hate saying this, actually. Now that I've met you and I've seen how wonderful and peaceful your life is, I almost feel bad about coming here to shatter it a bit. There's something that you need to know, and if you'd prefer not to make it widely known, I'll tell my friends not to say anything either. There is... Do you see that cave over there? She'll the, point yeah, the, it out. The cave is, is enough on the cliffside that it absolutely would not be visible from here. You'd have to make your way at least down to where yeah. the, uh, the cliffs um, really um, start. She and I are going to go for a walk. Oh, you're going that way? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so you start going out south back, back toward it until you get to a point where you can point it out. And she looks up. Uh, just barely, yes. I wasn't... Uh, Aware of it, I, I sense there's something of importance in there, then. It is no simple den of birds or bats. I wish. So, a long time ago, when the elves first came to Galarian, they set up a network of portals that connected the world to allow for almost instantaneous travel. Audara. Yes. We are not so detached from the world here as it may at first appear. Are you kidding me? In my town, I would be hard-pressed to find anybody who wouldn't think that word was gobbledygook. Well, I am... perhaps... One of the only ones here in Cypress Point now who was not born here. I uh, came actually from the south, from Kentago, and it was simply a Chelish uh, port. I came here when I was young. The city. It was not a safe place to raise children, or even to live a, to live a peaceable life. I won't bore you with the history of the rule of the thrones and Barzillai, but it, it quickly became a, the center of a war that we wanted no part in. But when I was young, I had access to the academies and the libraries of the city, and I spent much of my time reading in the Alabaster Academy. I said, I learned a lot there. And my mother, uh, she impressed upon me the importance of knowledge as much as she did the importance of devotion. 
before Desna and the rest of the divines. I think... I think you and I could be friends. You're... You've led such an interesting life, one I would not have expected. When I was a little girl, the concepts of elves fascinated me. What you could do with a dozen lifetimes, how much you could learn, how much you could build and accomplish, make of yourself, is that a generation could last as long as the rule of a kingdom. Was you, you could say I was, was perhaps a bit obsessed as a youth. I know so, what you mean. Admittedly, there's... I know little more of these gates, these Ayodaras and their name. It was just an, uh, a hobby, uh, a study of interest to me, of how the elves did their things. And it was fascinating that given all the time in the world, they still spent it well as any human would. This is trying to make it as simple and efficient as physically possible. Not to take wagons, but to take magical gateways and <laughs> magic instantaneously between nations. As if the journey was relevant to them with how many years they had. Well, uh, it's an interesting perspective, one that I'm a little envious of myself, as uh, I'm afraid their lifetime of experience is not something I am afforded as a half-blood, although I do not look it. You do not, and I'm surprised to hear it. And uh, surprised, perhaps, by how much that Sneeze appears to already know about things. You could kind of catch her up on the, the concept of Ulcida's yeah. ring and what's happened so far, and then find that you, surprisingly, have a much more uh, educated, almost scholar here than you would have expected. No, she finds herself very much enjoying her company for more than just... More than just a past this morning. More than just more interesting than you expected. Um, she'll uh, start to make her way back. We should perhaps discuss how you want this handled and what preparations we will need to make sure that your people stay safe. Please, Resmes, this is something we can discuss later. Today, I think it is enough for us to be thankful that we are all still here and that you arrived when you did. There's a feast in order, after all. And I am do not hungry. wish the weight of such heavy, heavy thoughts. Not now. Not today. Well, all right. Thank you for taking the time out to speak with me. I know you're very busy. No busier than anyone else here. We all share the load. I suppose I should go figure out whether or not Trushek needs help fixing the ship. I mean, I don't think he's even starting on that yet. Not until the but next while you day. go try to find him and Rushin's getting her shield fixed. Marshall, what are you up to in this tiny little town here? Well, after uh, Trushik and I gathered as many piggy corpses as we can for our donation of the feast. How many were there? Uh... Well, no, they didn't want to eat the pigs. You have to count the oranges. Doesn't, doesn't mean that they didn't want to eat them. Doesn't mean we want to eat them. I mean, we, we definitely gathered up all the. We gathered some up all of them the, didn't want to eat the pigs, but 
That's just because they don't usually get just, pork. We just cook it up right. Arthur particularly. There were six, I think? Six pigs six total? Six full-size boars will literally <laughs> feed this entire town or, easily. Or, or, or me for three days. Put, <laughs> put it in the smokehouse. Well, anyway, we definitely gathered up all the bodies yes. and all the pigs. Also, two dragons. Also, so two like, dragons. The so dragons, I'm doing something I'm special. Not positive with. how dragon meat is eating uh, wise. Uh, I'm not. To be done. Believe it or not, he's not going to try to eat the dragons. I am surprised. I don't believe it. The pigs. <laughs> the pigs. Obviously, they're delicious. Bacon time. What he's going to do with the the? I'm sorry, the dragons. Because you know, so underwhelmed. He's going to just kind of go up to the one he beheaded at first. It's like. It's still in pretty. He's just stroking his bit. He's like, it's still in pretty good shape. I wonder. Pulls out his dagger, takes off a scale. What a decent quality. He's gonna start skinning uh, enough scales off of each of the remainder of the dragons to uh, as materials for possible armor or shields or weapons in the near future. So, uh, g- give me a crafting check. Just for knowledge purposes, not for actual crafting. I, just exactly I don't know like. if I get uh, any bonuses or whatever because I'm a dwar- uh, forge dwarf, but... If, it, if that if that has any included. But, uh... Uh, I got a 25, so... So, it, with a 25, as you as you do look over the, the scales of these drakes, uh, you realize that there is a surprising kind of potential here. Not because they are particularly strong or resilient. I mean, they're they're not dragon scales. Yeah. They're closer to like lizard or snake skin, but because they look like dragon scale, but are still perfectly easily cut, they could be tanned like leather, and uh, you Actually, could make some stuff look super fantastic that definitely looks like actual dragon hide without actually being dragon hide. <laughs> so it's like... Oh, it's you think it's leather, but it's pleather. It's guys. a exactly. knockoff. It, it's not. It's, so, despite, great value brand yeah. dragon mouth. Des, despite Marshall's obviously barbaric intentions of you know drinking, eating, and hitting uh, things, uh, he does have an eye for crafting armors, uh, weapons, yeah. and, and, and and everything visually, else. Visually, it would look fantastic. Tandon so, leather. if the, anything, the scales would retain their red color. Yeah, if anything, he, like I said, he's just gonna grab what he can, and then he's. Like, he's just going to examine it, and whatever he's not smoking in the giant smoker of the piggies, he's just going to, you know, kind of mess around with the materials. He's going to take everything from the scales, the skin, the... Uh, he, he gave a set of teeth to uh, right to her as a gift. They have a lot of teeth. A lot of teeth. <laughs> so he, he's taking a little bit of everything, and he's going to be like, either I'm going to make armor that looks fantastic or can be effective for whether it's the party mates or maybe possible future guards for the town since they're kind of easily attacked anyway. Uh, so... Yeah, you, you would know with that crafting check that it would be just as effective, maybe like very slightly more so than making leather or studded leather the traditional way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would know that like normal leather armor, uh, reinforcing it with metal studs would enhance it because, again, their skin, it's really more like a giant lizard yeah. than it is a dragon. But again, it's going to look spectacular. Yeah. And uh, what's your what's your survival proficiency? Survival? Uh, it's a plus 13. Okay, so you are at least the least trained. trained in there, yeah. Yeah, I'm a give, give me a survival check while you work with this. Hey, That's hey. pretty spicy right uh, now. 13 plus 18, so that is 31. a 31. So uh, with the two drakes here, oh, you're, you're working, you're working with the, the one behind <laughs> one. Yeah, the, the like one behind one. You can, 
You've never skinned a drake before, obviously. <laughs> but uh, I'd imagine that you've probably skinned a great many other things. And at a certain point, it's similar enough. It's, it's like point. a crocodile, just bigger. Yeah, you're, you're not going <laughs> to... Not, not, not terribly inaccurate. You're not going to be able to get a, a perfect drake skin rug out of this or anything. But that's not what you're going for. Because yeah. he is... Like damaged from being, you know, hit with swords repeatedly, and yeah. also blasted with. Like a bunch I said, of I'm experimenting with the right. materials and seeing what I can. But you make can with get it. a yeah. pretty good amount of material out of it. You can get, I'd say, probably like two bulk worth of just raw flame drake skin and scales, and you could wear like stem wing web made out of drake scales, right? I could. Would you want a new suit? No. <laughs> That's like saying, would you like to wear the skin of someone, of, of a people? Well, it would actively be detrimental for me he's, to wear that. <laughs> in level, level 10 land, he's reached the point where he is so fast that armor just slows him down now. Fair. Okay. Because his deck is mind. so high. I, I thought it would be a cool idea. It would look great, but it would be you could wear actively... It as, you could wear it as still, it's just his explorer's clothing. What if I made a leather, yeah. a, a Drake leather tux for you? <laughs> no, I mean, I could wear it and just treat it as explorer's clothing. That works too. Yes, just don't reinforce it and don't boil it. Just make stiff. it light. Just like, like I said, I'm just I'm gonna like spend my time. Really if nice I'm not cooking the piggies, I'm just gonna spend my time messing with this stuff and see what I can make in the future. Yeah, and there's there. You would realize you've got enough of this uh, various leather and hide here to yeah to make yes. several sets of leathers that are armor to make clothing or to make even just like enhancements like handle wraps for weapons or all, cool. all kinds of things that you can do with it. Add teeth to my axe. Can add tape to your axe. We'll get the serrated chain axe. We'll I want a Drake get... bikini. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Look at this. What is just... this? An MMORPG? Sure. Yeah, as soon as she picks up the tunic, it just turns into a bikini. Like, in her oh, hands. dang it! <laughs> First, we need a magical girl transformation. He's sequence. already got. Yeah. Like, he has his arms full of this this massive set of super hardy dragon scale leather, and he's like, here you go, and you take it, it just becomes a bikini in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Magic! <laughs> Marshall's trying to be somewhat productive for once. Saiyan Fox 10, the real Bengal tiger, thank you guys both for your continued subscriptions, appreciate you. Uh, but yeah, you would have the, and the remainder of the day, you would you would have enough, you'd have enough recovery, you have, like I said, two bulk of it, if you want to write that down anywhere. Uh, enough that you could make several sets out of this. Two bulk would let you make a couple of, I think, believe full sets of leather armor because I think they're one or light. Uh, leather armor, I think, is one. I think it's one, yeah. yeah. So you can make, like, two full sets of leather armor out of it off of just the one drake. So, as the evening uh, progresses... Well, there was two drakes, right? Yeah, if you, I thought you said you were just going to... Oh, no, no, I'm going it. for both. Oh, then you got four bulk, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm going I'm to harvest any damn Double I can. Double value. I mean, if I have this much downtime, if you, you guys aren't going to make me do anything, I'm just going to do my own this, thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, if we have most of the day, I would start on the boat. Yeah, because it was, it was like early afternoon. Okay. If, if even afternoon when you finished dealing with the slavers. The entire siege took like 10 minutes. Like, I think I got no, through. It took, you had like some 10 minute rest. It was probably like an hour from when you got yeah, to yeah. Uh, you got to Cypress Point and you got there pretty early in the morning, not long after sunrise. It took you about an hour to take down the captain. Okay. So yeah. it was probably like 10 a.m. when you finished doing all that. So yeah, you had like a, almost a full day. I would yeah. get started on the boat then. Okay. So... As the day does start to wrap up, the sun starts uh, sinking lower. We got about an hour or so of sunlight left. Uh, tables have been brought out. It looks like just an assortment of, of fairly simple but mismatched kitchen tables from various people's houses that they had just set out in a, a couple of lines out near the front of the smokehouse. 
And the day's catch varied as it was between different types of uh, fish, uh, clams and oysters that they'd gotten down that divers had pulled off of the bottom, and even an assortment of some slightly more esoteric things, like a couple, uh, a pair of octopi, a decently sized octopi, and some urchins uh, that they'd set out around a pretty sizable fire pit, kind of in the middle of all this, as the fishermen and the people of Cypress Point uh, pulled together to start to throw, well, the biggest feast they can. This is becoming a recurring theme for the party. Walk through New Portal, <laughs> be greeted by Feast as heroes. Like, this is the best campaign. <laughs> Why are we eating small street children? Bad, uh, bad. Where's my spray bottle? <laughs> um, Resme will um, come find you, take a look at you, shake her head and go, I can't keep you. Oh, come on. You, we, we have to go get changed for the party. What are you talking about? I'm not going to wear armor to a party. What are you thinking about? I'm not taking... You probably, probably haven't had your armor most of the day, I imagine. Huh? Yes, yeah, so you probably haven't had your armor on most of the day, I imagine. Let's no, just, like what? She would have taken it off like yeah. once, like, oh, the... the she doesn't walk around in armor all the time. Yeah, and you would have been immediately offered just, like, places to keep it with any one of a huge yeah. number of families very eager to show their support for you however they can. So you'd have no problem storing things here. Perfect. We have to get changed. I would say by this time, me and you Which would be changed. checking up on our roast. I mean, I have a dress for you. <laughs> you want to put me in a dress? Well, we're like, both going to wear dresses. Okay. <laughs> one, one at a time. This first. <laughs> Sorry. We're both going to wear dresses. It's a party. A, a party in a fishing hamlet. Just because we're in a fishing hamlet doesn't mean we can't get all, you know, pretty. This isn't like the cucumbers over the eyes again, is it? Not exactly. Still convinced that you're trying to pull my leg on that one. No, they're just because you ate them all. Well, they're very good. They're cucumbers. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on. Um, She'll take him in, her into one of the fishing shacks and she'll try to get the smell of blood off of her. You will fail like you always do. Because um, she just always smells of blood and steel. Yeah, and you would find, like, no matter how much you apply perfumes or various things, even if you give up cleaning it and just try to override it, it still constantly permeates through. Well, I'm going to use prestidigitation to clean up our hair. <laughs> <laughs> At least my hair is glossy. <laughs> we have some fine clothes. You still smell like murder, but you look real nice. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing with that. So I was reading through the Oracle description, right? Right. And it says, a part of it being a battle Oracle is you look more muscular than you actually are. So Roshin's just jacked. Roshin is strength 19. <laughs> so, and she has the wayfish changeling build. So her arms are just corded. <laughs> Like she has delts and traps. You and look like a like your shoulders are just triangles. <laughs> like, she, like she's like jacked up. You look more muscular than you are. Strength nineteen. <laughs> it's You're like, you crazy. Just, like, <laughs> like Roshin's arms probably look like you. Know, like you know, hags are really thin arms, but they're Arnold like roped with muscle. It's she probably looks like that. Like, it's, it looks borderline non-human. It's, it's okay. So putting her in a dress... It's, it's, it's going to be gossamer. Your it's going to cover gonna need up corsets some of, of the their muscles. Own. <laughs> just to fit in the sleeves. Who's going to stretch the wrong way? It's just going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> like, if it's like... It's going to be... It's... All right, you look... You just... You look fabulous. If you say so. I you, look ridiculous. You don't look ridiculous. You look fabulous. 
Now look go at me. For something. Now go like Pull. this. Like like Parse what? your lips a little. Oh god. Like I've eaten something sour. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> oh. No, you look like you're about to oink. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I I don't understand what you're doing. All right, just come on. This isn't gonna work. But we're gonna get. We're gonna do. It's gonna be great. Just walk. Remember, walk like I taught you. I can't walk any other way with these shoes you've given me. <laughs> How on earth do you stay balanced in this? Look, head up, remember? You have a book on your head at all times. Do, do I need a book on my head now? No, 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 no. You have to walk like you have a book on your head. You don't actually have a book on your head, remember? So some, so some of the accessories are imaginary. Yes. You have a lot to keep track of. I know, it's so difficult being a woman. I'm so glad I have someone around to finally appreciate that. What, you mean to suffer with you? Yeah. <laughs> so Roisin, in all of her Dex 10 glory. <laughs> <laughs> Make me! <laughs> I actually rolled a 17 on the die, so that's going to be a 17 acrobatic. <laughs> I managed somehow not to roll an ankle. <laughs> yeah, you know, surprisingly, maybe it's just all of the uh, the battlefield training perhaps coming through. It surprisingly carries over very well to walking in heels. Uh, but he seems to be able to manage, again. And apparently not looking well. half bad despite everything. <laughs> I'm so proud you look beautiful and you're, you're such a lady. You've somehow made a lady out of me, and now you don't know what to do with me. Oh, I know exactly what I'm going to do with you. We're going to go find you somebody to flirt with. What, to flirt with? Yeah, that's what you do when you get dressed up. There's no point if you're not going to flirt with someone. If I didn't feel self-conscious enough, now you want me to go flirt with people. Look, if you blush, it'll make you look even prettier. You understand that with this complexion, when I blush, it literally looks like my face is on fire. <laughs> well, won't your goddess just enjoy that? Yeah, she might. She might. Give me, give, give her more reasons to laugh at me. It'll be great. <laughs> no one's going to laugh at you. You look lovely. It's very kind of you. None of the ones here are going to laugh at me because they're probably terrified. No, Can I keep my sword at least? I'm, I guess we could accessorize that way. I mean, it wasn't the way I was going to go, but sure, I'll bring my staff, and that way we'll both look something. Occurs to me, Oracle. <laughs> Yes. Oh, what is Roshin's charisma? Because I'm pretty sure it's oh, like Roshin's charisma is twenty. <laughs> Same as mine. So Roshin can rock a dress once she gets so, used to it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, 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 I mean, while the charisma stat does not necessarily translate directly to physical appearance, I Roshin's probably banging at the moment. Yeah, is so what I would you've say. You've got a buff babe, a lithe elf, and a sexy lizard. <laughs> like literally, our party. Ain't I have eighteen charisma, so very sexy lizard, <laughs> <laughs> and a spe and this and this most spectacular beard on the continent over here. Like we I mean, I have a plus two charisma, so <laughs> you're acting good. You'd be attractive. The to positive. Me. I'm more scary than anything else, but <laughs> the beard alone. That's true. I know it's. How does how does the dwarf get the ladies? He just flexes. That's it. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this one all like is. As hilarious as the concept of the scene is, 
It's gonna be pretty freaking effective, I think. I suppose it will. We just need to hire an animator to just to draw out this scene like a little comic panel. What's your, what are you, what's your diplomacy proficiency? I'm actually trained in that. Uh, that's what I figured. So so I, with I, your Jillian charisma, it's I mean, actually realistically, like a plus 17. Yeah. If we follow Resme's directive, you are in like Nowhereville Fishing Hamlet, the 20 charisma battle oracle. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could wildly successfully flirt with literally any member of the Cypress Point community, regardless of gender or sexual orientation, and find pretty solid success. That's good to know. That's good to know. <laughs> All right. Now, the key is to flirt, but you have to remain a little aloof. Nobody wants anything they get too quickly. Just remember that. <laughs> so, it, are they getting me at all, then? Well, it... Probably not. I mean, not without a ring on this finger. I don't think I'd... I, we're in nowhere fishing Hamlet. You understand that, right? Did you see the cutie pie that was all nerdy and stuff and all the stuff he was saying? How old was me again? 19. That's my thought. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, gonna, just wanted to, you know... Did you see the... Did you see him? Oh, I actually spoke to him for a bit. Uh, he's actually seems right to be rally. He's some sort of diplomat type from a <gasps> country... Uh, where are you from? Nidal? Nidal. No, you heard of the place. Nidal. He started Nidal. talking about it, just glazed my eyes right over. Give me a society check, resume. Because I'm while, the only one yeah, trained while Rashid, in society. Like, cool, that's a place, probably. Yeah, that's <laughs> a- <laughs> I would like to point out I am also trained in society. Thank you. Are you here at this <laughs> exact no. moment? She said she's the only one. Oh, that's fair. I'm the only one here. Yes. All right, so that's a 19 plus a 16. Yeah, we're 35. 35. With 35, Nadal would, well, certainly have a reputation. So, we described Cheliax before. It came up when we met Tyrannus, of course, when we knew about Cheliax, and that it was a nation of devil worshippers that ran by the tenets of Asmodeus, where not just following the like the codes of the devils but like actually literal devils are just around in Chaliax on the regular that's just part of life there uh, and it's kind of a very severe dictatorship where you know any dissent is quelled violently and immediately rolls an iron fist so Nadal is also all of those things uh, all of them. They you'll, are... you'll see Resume's face fall when you see the word when you say the word Nadal. But whereas whereas <laughs> Cheliax is blood and Asmodeus, Nadal is shadows and Zonkuthon. He's from Nadal. That's what he said. Diplomat of Nadal. Going to Kintargo to go try to talk him into better relations with themselves or some such. <sighs> Had bad, uh, had bad time over there. One of them uh, spill your drink or something. Well, you know Cheliax, right? Like, I mean, I've I've heard of it. You know, like they what like with to, all of the they, the they, Hell Knights and all of that. Take that, but worse. Worse than the nation of demon worshippers. Yep, because that is my luck in my love life. The only cute guy on this entire island is some sort of evil shadow demon worshipping 
ambassador. Well, now, now, don't don't sell him so short. We haven't even met him yet. It's possible, perhaps, he doesn't actually. He could just be working for him. He could have just grown up there. He doesn't necessarily worship the things. It's not as though he's like a cleric of Zon Kuthon or something like that. Perhaps he's just works for them. <laughs> I'm just trying to look at the front. You made friends with a hell knight. You're going to go write him off now without even talking to him. You're right. You really just should give him the benefit of the doubt. No, 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 you're right. Let's... Let's go meet him. Let us test his metal and see if he is worth our time. Because mm, that is what a lady would do. <laughs> you say so. Follow your lead. So, about five minutes later, if even that, he would not be difficult to locate. And as a matter of fact, after speaking with Roshin and, uh, was it, was it Roshin and Marshall that went to the ship and talked to her in, him in the first place? To him. I was to there. Zach. Was it just you? I feel like someone was with you. I think, it, I think I think it was, it was I think you. she was by herself. Oh, maybe it was just you. Yeah, I, I might have. It might have just been me. It yeah. was just her. He would uh, very much because you you would you at least had offered him passage on the ship back to Kentarga. Mm-hmm. So, as the feast was still getting set up and the cooking was happening, he would be very eager to meet with the rest of you. So, so you introduce Resme briefly, and we'll cut. From this conversation <laughs> oh, God. to uh, Zabrick Blackcloak here. Uh, yes, I did appreciate your, your offer, Roshin, to uh, grant passage to Kintargo. It would be much simpler than trying to continue the journey on land myself, but as I mentioned earlier, I'm a formal representative of the Umbral Court in Nadal, the ruling body of the nation. Uh, I've been sent to Kintargo to speak with their silver council as an ambassador and and uh, personally as an expert in Veldstrak relations. Uh, are you familiar? Those words mean a darn thing to you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an emissary myself, actually. Ah. Uh, I never really got the correct straight answer exactly from, well, how you'd arrived here, the group of you. Well... I wished upon the brightest elven star and found that my goddess was very accommodating. It was simply the right time of year. And so here we are. Goodness, both emissaries, they just start making noise and no sense at all comes out of their mouths. So, uh, I I don't want to misread the situation. You are an emissary, a worshipper of Desna, perhaps? No. Much like the the cleric here in Cyprus. Uh, I am a worshipper of Alceta, but not her cleric. Oh, Alceta. A name I'm afraid I've heard only very briefly in passing. I unfortunately don't know much of her history or her worship. She is uh, an ancient uh, elven goddess. Uh, my family has worshipped her for many generations, going back to the founding of Galarian. The elven goddesses and gods in their pantheon, uh, they spread throughout the stars, and their powers, their domains, as unending as the elven empires once were, to my understanding. Uh, I myself am similarly fortunate that through my devotion and my piety, uh, Zon Kuthon has seen fit to bl- bestow his blessings upon me as well, so that I may properly uh, study and... <laughs> Roshin's just... I'm laughing, I'm laughing. Roshin's... 
to it's aid, not like he's a cleric to of aid my people on or anything. In the connection of the, I'm sorry. Sorry, my uh, sister and I, we sometimes uh, get into it a bit, and uh, she made a comment before that was just. That's boring. nothing. We have to go be dwelling on. We can just simply move on with our lives. Fine, pardon well, us. You have been busy much of you with your days, and, and I as well, trying to help the, the good people of Cyprus point here, but I, I wanted to make what offer I could in return. Uh, Roshin, if you're still willing to offer a passage to Gintargo, I'd be more than happy to accept it, and I would provide you with what services I can offer. Uh, I am a... And uh, what well, services would those be? I am a priest of Zon Kuthon. As I said. said, he grants me some of his blessings. I can channel negative I, energy. I can summon <laughs> demons. What do you need? I can make everyone bleed at once. <laughs> the whole room, all Re- of you Resme bleed. Resume is like literally like blank right uh. now. Like all of her training is being used all at once. <laughs> there is not a single expression on humble... her face. <laughs> Offering from Zonkuthon do for you, except for exsanguinate your body. The word among the fisherfolk here of Cypress Point is that you travel to Kentargo to pursue the pirates, the slavers that had raided the town earlier today. Well, if you find yourselves in battle or injured once again, the blessings of Zonkuthon are many. They can heal you. Are they now? Indeed. There are many common... Misconceptions I find outside Nadal about the warship, the tenets, uh, the way we run things, and beyond that, even the magic that he sees fit to bestow us with. Oh, so Zon Kuthon actually, uh, th- th- those are those are rumors, perhaps. They, they don't go and and murder other non n- murder people who don't follow the faith and uh, ex- dispose pain and torture to all of those they come across. Well, nothing the Umbral Council sees to fit to put action to. Uh, is done without good reason, and as Zon Kuthon guides us through his magic and his worship, he too does not want to see his flock suffer unnecessarily. You, you said a lot of words there, none of one of which was yes or no. Well, but forgive me for being confused. I could turn this, uh, I, I suppose, could quite simply answer your question with another. Did you not arrive here to fall to battle and lay waste to those who stood against you, those who opposed you? Yes, indeed. That, that is exactly what happened. I do like to light things on fire. They did kick in the door to our homes. There's many reasons to, well, do a great many things in this world, and sometimes, as you experienced and executed here today, felling those before you with irreconcilable differences. They meant you specifically no harm. You could have simply given the town a uh, a wide berth and they would not have troubled you. But you staunchly opposed their actions, what they were doing, so you struck them down for the good of all. Why do you have to be so cute? (laughs) I have to say, I find myself grudgingly agreeing with you. Do go on. Well, I imagine we'll have at least a few days' voyage the rest of the round, the day down to uh, the rest of the days down to Cantargo. If you wish to know further, as I said, I am an ambassador, and I'm more than willing to well, share as much as you wish to know. Well, I think uh, some discussion would be important, especially if we're going to be sharing a ship with you. Uh, as you've said, uh, there's uh, 
How did you phrase it? Misconceptions about Zon Kuthon and their worshippers? And I have no misconceptions about the perception of Nidal and, well, Nidalese culture and even the Umbral Council itself. I ensure you that nothing is done within the nation without necessity. Mm, you know of the land I've of heard Taldor. those words before, and they usually stand atop a mountain of corpses. From your accent, are you Galton then, Rasheen? Uh, just so. Well, and you understand sometimes the necessity of, well, a nation awash in blood. I thought I did it was once. far more than it all. I thought I understood it once. I'm no longer so sure. Fair enough. And really, how agreeable it is fall, uh, soundly falls down to, well, how much you agree with those wielding the axe. Even well, what are relatively seen as more stable nations like Taldor recently find their streets running red. The simplest disagreements, even simple politics. Hey, it's a shame it comes to that. And it's not something that should be happening. Mm. And we agree. Sometimes, small sacrifice, small suffering or loss of life is necessary to prevent a much larger one. It's a dangerous thing, you say. You're playing with fire. Fire, is, fire can be quite useful, but it will burn your whole country down if you let it. That's why it must be excised with extreme caution. And hence, my area of expertise. Hmm. Uh, piety and understanding of Veldstrax, the tenets of Zon Kuthon. Of course. The proper application, when and only when it's necessary. Yeah, yeah. I just like bad boys. That's really the only thing it comes down to. <laughs> I just, I'm attracted to bad people. <laughs> And that's okay. Don't judge me, Mom. It's just a phase. It's, it's okay. just a phase, Mom. I would hardly steep so far as to say that there's anything wrong. It's some nations, some realms suffer much greater tragedies from lacking the will to do what is necessary. Yep, yep, yep. I look forward to having dinner with you this evening. I'm sure we will have many interesting discussions. And he kind of uh, grins a little and his finger back into his jawline. I oh. just, I haven't eaten anything. I haven't drank anything all day. I've set a boat on fire. I've killed a demon. I've almost died. And I've helped villagers put their houses back together. I'm ready. I'm ready. It's certainly dinner. been a, well, a very eventful day for us all. I imagine that's why the, her name, Miss Sneeze, I believe. God that, bless you. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I will much enjoy our journey together. I look forward to the opportunity to, well... I look forward to speaking more with you. I must say, I, from what I understand of Zonkuthan, I don't... His worship doesn't make any sense. It seems like we agree on so many things. I understand. And there are many outside Cheliacs who would say much the same of Asmodeus. Well... I'd be one of them. As my whole nation did. Hence <laughs> our departure. In the back of his head... He's thinking, he if has we were in my homeland and you made that pun, we would murder you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you all would, uh... Everyone, even the children, well, She's going to take Resme away and just kind of just start consoling her. <laughs> so, you, uh... You're the religion expert here, I believe. I think I am, actually. So why don't you just roll me that real quick? Because I know you probably, you got the, the general basics of what Zonkuthon is, just as Nick the person. You mean Uncuthon? So that's a uh, 33. So you would uh, you would know a decent amount about Zonkuthon. Uh, you know what, Zonkuthon is kind of, in, in some ways, 
a parallel of Asmodeus. Uh, it, it's common actual misconception he's chaotic evil. He's not. He's also lawful evil, so he's not just like running around, the, the god of running around with a butcher knife and stabbing people at random. Like, that's that's not what Zonkuthon is. So he's, he's even more antithetical to Milani. Got it. He is, he is the polar opposite <laughs> of all his life. Look, he's awful evil, okay? He's but awful evil. He is, whereas Asmodeus is lawful evil and the god of like contracts and obligations and law, Zonkuthon, whose holy symbol is a skull with barbed wire leaking out of the eyes, uh, is the god of pain and torture. And, <laughs> and I almost considered worshiping him for true shakes. I have the worst. Why is there a god of that? <laughs> Why is that a thing? It's Why like, is also all know, attractive men I run into worship demons? You would also know that Zonkuthon, the deity, is Desna's brother. And, uh... Shalen's brother? Is it? I thought it was Shalen. Is it? Pretty sure it's Shalen's brother. Is it Shalen? I'm wrong. I thought it was. It's one of the chaotic goods. One of the chaotic good, crazy people. All the gods are the same. Which chaotic good nut job are you? It is Shalen. You're right. Shalen's brother. Gonna say Desna. Desna's older than him. Right. Desna's Desna's elven god. Yeah. It's a Shalen. So it's Shalen's brother. Whereas Shalen is the goddess of like art and creation and beauty and love. Her pain brother is the god of pain and torture and darkness. <laughs> he went to an emo phase, never got over it. <laughs> Once he discovered black eyeliner, it was over. <laughs> he just walks into the shadow play and he's kind of like, yes. Why does the good twin always fall for the evil twin? <laughs> so uh, the predominant reason, perhaps, that it's possible that this guy is not wrong and that really is, there, there There really might be just a large misunderstanding as Zonkuthon's concerned, is because him and Shellen hate each other. Shellen's maybe not hates the right word. She is just very sad that her brother turned out to be Zonkuthon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I unfortunately know him. And would like I'm him to be to anything him. else. <laughs> and uh, But Zonkuthon would not, like nothing more than the destruction of Shellen and everyone who worships her. So, uh, because Shellanite worship is, is much more prominent in, like, a standard pantheon the rest of the world, that kind of leads to, you know, Zonkuthon getting seen in a very negative light. But On account of all the murder. On account of all the murder. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> he, oh, you're colorful, Stab. <laughs> he is, I mean, it is literally the goddess of rainbows and the god of black eyeliner. Uh, so it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's my two personalities. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, he's, as far as you know of his worship, he is somewhat aligned with Asmodeus. And like, he's very lawful. It's it's very calculated and precise, uh, the things that he does. And in fact, he's he's almost in some ways like the god of precision as well, because he's the god of pain, not murder. So he's an interesting deity that I imagine Roshan probably hasn't put a whole lot of effort into personally worked uh, investigating his research, maybe. Yeah, well, you what, know. What do you tell me? <laughs> Just out of curiosity. Everything I've heard about him says that once we're out to sea, we should chuck him overboard. <laughs> but I'm willing to hear him out. And after all, he is... Here's the thing. He's an ambassador. If he doesn't show up, they're just going to send another one. 
And it would actually be rather useful to have at least one ally in the city where we're going and kicking in the door to an entire slaver operation that's made its base there. I can't imagine that they'd have... They'd be in full operation of a giant criminal empire without having subverted the authorities, at least in some instance. At least from what I've seen in other places. You're so practical. It comes from experience, I'm afraid. So... How about this? How about... If he threatens to hurt us or any innocent or anyone we care about, then we throw him overboard. Until then, we give him some benefit of the doubt. It's a fine line of the sand to draw, but I, I've met men like him before. He won't be some. He won't do anything so stupid. I haven't met anybody like him. Then you're more fortunate than most. Or I'm just young and dumb. That's also a possibility. <laughs> Well, at least I acknowledge it. That's the path to wisdom. That's exactly right. I'm very proud of you. Thanks. We're moving in the right direction. Aren't I just? So, <laughs> as you two uh, have your discussion with Black Cloak, and uh, you, uh, you two, I imagine, are busy working on <laughs> yep. We are we're helping a giant piece to piggies. It is. Matter of fact, that's a couple of craft checks. <laughs> yes, actually, craft. I'm keeping the tusk. The tusk with like the little nails in them and stuff. Well, I mean, I would imagine after I'm gonna use them and craft them into my armor. Boiling so even slash, more, even more intimidating. I'm <laughs> gonna go proper barbarian here. Any more fangs and tusks and random I like just put them on my shoulder pads. <laughs> bony bits <laughs> and what's bony spiky bits? Like just take <laughs> the entire skull, just blat, put that right there. That's so good. he grows big, grows giant. He has bony spiky things on him, and he puts himself on fire. Sure, why not? Barbarian. Barbarian sounds like a barbarian <laughs> to me. Yep, but yes, we do have to make some cooking craft checks. <laughs> well, I'll take that. <laughs> so that's legal. Yeah, that's that's a natural twenty. That's yep. legit. I, I'm assisting. <laughs> oh, okay. So I want to say, what if we like after we dissect the pigs, stuff them, roast them, season them, whatever? I just go ahead and go giant, and I carry like three on each tray. Yeah. Well, and, you got a rage to be giant. And I, ha I have every reason to be angry. It just takes a sip. Well, fair. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so with a natural 20 to a 36 and you assisting. You guys would be able to. Uh, we made a feast. We yeah, made you, a feast. These fishermen are perfectly competent, but uh, they largely just become assistants. As apparently Chef Trashik kind of takes control <laughs> of the situation here. Just going to get you a chef just... hat. <laughs> And uh, by the time nice by the time food. you two are done talking with the diplomat, uh, the feast is laying out across these tables uh, with just racks and racks and racks of baked, smoked, and seared fish of different kinds. Uh, these two <laughs> octopi boiled up still left in a fairly shallow uh, simmering and steaming pot as they're placed down onto the tables. Uh, urchins world is split open. Is there gumbo? Please tell me there's gumbo. There's a fishing village. Obviously, they make gumbo. They have some farms around the outside. It's not like it's just meat central. They do eat other things here. <laughs> I'm just saying, it has to be gumbo. There would be plenty of salt. There would be plenty of salt. They have some farms for vegetables. Any, any like, the thing they do not have a lot of is breads. Breads and ales and drink, they all have to get from merchants, so they have the stock that they have, because they can't produce any of that here. They don't have a mill. Uh, they don't have anywhere to ferment or 
We could, properly, I, we could just go get some bread. No, no, no I have wine. I'm just not going to no, tell it's from they my... They have some. They just don't have, like, a ton. They no, don't no, have, I, like, a feasting amount. I, I, the Easter is, some. like, ten minutes down the road. <laughs> we can go get bread. That is actually <laughs> true. You could literally... It's probably, like, a hour round trip like an hour to go to from here to Rachel and back <laughs> through the portal it, like if we really wanted to get bread in other small commodities this little fishing we, village is yeah, literally that was in the middle of nowhere is literally now just outside of Breach Hill which is now which is also just outside of, of Mwangi which, which is, is also further in the middle, middle of nowhere, of nowhere. We, so one of these gates, we can have nowheres. one of these gates is gonna lead to a metropolis no, no. and it's gonna be a good time we just the, have to keep connecting nowheres until we are big enough to be the metropolis in the middle yes. of nowhere so his assist check for cooking I would like to task you with going back to Isker and then going to Mwangi grabbing some pepper <laughs> <laughs> and then grabbing some bread and other small They don't things. know who he is. They don't need to know who he is. And he doesn't know anything about Mwangi. There's peppers. It's a jungle. He, he doesn't finds the pepper. speak Mwangi. <laughs> he doesn't need to. He's going to shove by the gate to a hundred Ekajai with bows drawn. Like he's <laughs> it's fine. I'm not playing games with that gate anymore. <laughs> I just come back all bloody hell. What happened? Um, I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, realistically, we could get a couple of things from Easter and make it a, a nice feast. But they would have a very meat-heavy, uh, but as ver as varied as it can. They they have a, a farm, a pair of farms out here. One that grows lettuce and potatoes, and one that is keeping smaller bits of uh, tomatoes and assorted other kind of fruits and gourds. So they do actually have a decent mix of supporting things here. They can get some gumbos together. They can get some just like mixed. Uh, mishmash is largely squash based of what they can do but the town absolutely takes the opportunity for revelry here and it seems that like in this little corner of Ravenel they don't necessarily need large amounts of alcohol to just go nuts you have a bunch of crazy fishermen who are incredibly thankful to be alive who only basically only tangentially understand the concept of restraint you just drink and salt water till you're delirious <laughs> No. I mean, no. no. Salt water doesn't make you delirious. Being dehydrated Eggs, makes they don't you know delirious. That. <laughs> you just don't drink until you're delirious. <laughs> but you four would be the absolute stars of this. Uh, and Buddy somewhere. And Buddy somewhere. And who Buddy also somewhere. Who is also I, I, here. I reckon I'm a doing Off screen <laughs> buddying. He, he took that th that posse of people he rescued and led them into the hills to, for safety and then promptly got lost. <laughs> <laughs> no, he laid his armor out like to, to, <sighs> to, to let it dry and then he walked away from it for 10 minutes and now he can't find it. <laughs> I know I left it under this rock somewhere. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen with Buddy. <laughs> but uh, not too long after all of the actual food and uh, what drink they have, which is more mostly just like juices and, uh, well, kind of watered juices as they have what a fun fundamentally concentrates to make their supplies last longer. And an odd sort of fermented milk that they keep uh, along with ale as their their main uh, source of alcohol because they can keep it for basically ever and the longer they keep it the more drunk you get when you drink it uh, <laughs> which is absolutely definitely an acquired taste but not too long after the actual feasting and revelry begins uh, 
Sneeze kind of fades out of this and sort of disappears. You would see her heading over down towards the harbor building where you had dealt with the lizards, uh, which you would know is where you had brought the bodies of the five or six townsfolk who had been slain by the boars. Um, And two men go with her. But with her gun, you guys are absolutely the stars of the show here. And you have a night, once again, of spectacular feasting and heroism. Which sure probably doesn't stand up to the lofty standards of the Mwangi party. There's no intricate dance-off. <laughs> Just regular drunken dancing and singing. I'll do some magic. <laughs> you can do Amuse some magic. Them. Uh, and you and Sneeze and Black Cloak are the only three here who, well, uh, you you being the party, not you specifically, and Sneeze and Black Cloak are the only ones here with any kind of magical aptitude, and Black Cloak's not from here, and Sneeze has walked away. So, I mean, they would be definitely amused by the concept of magic and things that you can do. But. Light. <laughs> no, it's more like. Because I still have no spells. <laughs> as the evening passes and the sun goes down to a sunset, Everyone is very full, very content with their evenings, and, well, admittedly exhausted with everything that's happened. They would eventually split, forking off back to their own homes to rest and, well, put the nightmare that was the majority of this day behind them. The following day, with an entire day to work on that rudder, honestly, you... Give me a crafting check. I think I'm master now. Let me check, because this is still my level nine sheet. I have magic rope if you need it. I've got rope. What? Actually, it's rope of climbing. Where'd you get a rope of climbing? Yeah, I'm master now, so. (laughs) Where did this come from? Where it, did you get a rope of climbing? You said I could have any item that was under so a specific So that's a 32. Level. Oh, was this? Oh, that was yeah, back in regional. Ancient regional shopping. Okay. So that's a 32. So with a 32, I'd say with that day of work, you would actually not have too much difficulty in, in getting the rudder rigged back up enough to sail comfortably for a few days. Uh, worst case scenario. I can just do it again. You just do it again. Yeah. It's uh, it's It's functional. So you would be able to leave as early as the next day if all of you wanted to. I think we should. Yeah. As we think of another reason to stick around the town for a bit longer. Yeah. I think we've seen others to see as it is and they'd probably be happy to have us gone. Yeah. The longer we wait, the more likely the rope will uh, rot in the water. Yeah, we should We should leave. We can always come back. Yeah. Indeed, I suppose we have to, after all. <clears throat> unless we want to go all the way back to Breach Hill uh, the long way. No. Which actually really is not like that terribly long of a way. This teleport is much closer than Wongi. <laughs> I mean, it's not this across. This is only like one quarter of the entire. <laughs> yeah, of the I was going to say, it's on the same continent. <laughs> it's, on, <laughs> it's on the same continent. And that's an improvement over the Wongi expanse, which is not on the same continent. I mean, on the bright side, going the long way would give the blue dragon more time to show up. This is true. Then perhaps the goal is to not be back at Breacher when the blue dragon shows up. So the group of you in the morning, getting all your stuff together, preparations, uh, 
anything that you, uh, I mean, you, you already had come here prepared for some kind of a journey, but even if you need to grab anything from Breach Hill, again, it's only like an hour round trip uh, for you to head back to you, so to take the key with you. Uh, you would say your goodbyes to the town of Cypress Point. Get on board the genie's smile and meet back up with Sierra. Who? Not totally used to command. This is not her thing. She was a bosun at best. She doesn't have to command. I'm the captain now. <laughs> Do you know how to sail a ship? Nope, but I know go <laughs> that way. Just you men, Just get this ship moving. Do forward. <laughs> what is the skill for sailing? Uh, that would be lore sailing. Yep. Of course. <laughs> so... So specific. It is, it is because it is a lot of work. Yeah, no. To make Makes a sense. three-masted like frigate function, mm -hmm. and it's not like, you know, generic crafting or lore religion or arcana is gonna help you unless you have a spell that will wholly move the ship for you, because it's a very specific and intricate series of things that need done. Teleconnect maneuver. Teleconnect maneuver. Do we still have three dwarves down in the hold? Yeah, no, they would. Yeah. Uh, oh, you still keeping them? I assumed you would have like. We chained them up on the wall. They're still down there. I you're keeping no, them with you. I no. forgot they were down there. Well, we, <laughs> I assume we it's... can just take them back and be like, yeah, these guys put them in jail. Oh, I had, not, I had it's figured not gonna work. Rasheen's not just to tell you there's, there's that's not going to work. I had figured you were going to just like, I don't know, put them in the cell and breach hill with the monkeys. They told us to stop yes. doing that. <laughs> we don't care though. Or just like take their weapons and armor and just. You're like, well, no, I mean, we, we good luck finding your way home and just kind we of We sent the monkeys them. back. You did send the monkeys back. Yeah, we, back. Extra, That's right. we, did, monkeys. we yeah. extradited them. You extradited the monkeys. That's so, it. yeah, we could have totally to put the, the Eku Jai custody. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we should send yep, the so, okay. to Milwaukee. <laughs> 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 it's Milwaukee, not Australia. You can't just send all your prisoners there. <laughs> yes, we absolutely can. Good luck, nerds. <laughs> Just not like full kit and everything. Just send them on to Mwangi. Mwangi is now Breach Hill, Australia. <laughs> I mean, it's either that or we give them to the goblins. Not realistically, You know, the goblins though. are only bloodthirsty well, cannibals we, when you all are there. Before we head out with the ship, well, I mean, this, this is a question. What do you do with the three dwarves? I would have suggested we take them back to Isker and put them in jail for now. Okay, that's a I good idea. That. I agree. It's something we can do. If we brought them to Cantargo, I guarantee the triads probably got the entire government under their thumb. There's yeah. no way that they'll get to send any, any kind of fair justice there. It's best we just keep them out of the way. Yep. But before we do, I'm taking the boost. <laughs> well, yes, we shouldn't lock them up with weapons and armor. No, no, no. The boost is mine. On oh, my. But what if they did? They're dwarves. What kind of dwarves don't have boots? Triad dwarves <laughs> who have literally never been underground in their lives who work on a ship. It's like the least dwarfy dwarves who could possibly exist. They're dwarf pirates. Marshall is disappointed. I'm Very also disappointed. disappointed. So sure they're not just stocky people? We'll stick them in the Breach Hill jail. Yep, yep. kick them in jail. I really prefer Mwangui, Australia, but yes. Don't worry, we'll get them there eventually. And Sierra, with a, a lot of commands, a lot of orders, and a surprising amount of moving, rigging, hoisting sails, and <laughs> impressively large group operations uh, involving a lot of people who look like they are only very, like, tangentially connected to, you know, safety in any way via a couple of ropes they are just sort of perched in, generally. Get the sails down, 
the anchor hoisted the uh, what is it the capstan round back up that's to pull an anchor up yeah, i think yeah round back up to hoist the anchor i thought they were docked well they're kind of, they're not like docked docked it's too there's big a, to actually there's a pier and they just kind of have anchor dropped near it because the ship is generally too large to well it's way oversized for the cypress point pier so they are technically docked but anchor down for you could theoretically necessity. make that work. It's a necessity slash caution, I suppose. And before too long... I, I want to, like, kind of autist sailing here, but I'm not going to do it. Before too long, the ship is underway. It just works. And uh, you, within a, an hour, are leaving Cypress Point back behind on the horizon. The genie's smile is not a terribly massive free. It's actually not three massive. It's only got two, and only one of them really as the uh, the primary for an actual open ocean voyage. But you're not leaving the coastline that far. You're never at any point in this going to be far enough out as uh, Sierra has the general charts for the journey back that she just, you know, I guess has access to because she can get into the captain's quarters now and that's where they were. Uh, with everything under day, or underway, she estimates, it's going to take, I, uh, I don't know, better part of two days most likely. Given fair winds and calm enough seas, I can't imagine any kind of a storm large enough hitting us in here to interfere with a simple journey out to Cantargo. Well, give us a holler if you think uh, the risk of one is there. Otherwise, I'm sure you're capable of, of, of handling the operations. Oh, a bit of raining could have put us off, but uh, it had to be something truly impressive. Uh, the, the coast here is more of a large bay, even. Even if we went directly out away from the coast as we are, we'd hardly be calling it open seas. Not for another couple of days' journey. I'll trust to your judgment. I haven't been on the, on the ocean for that much, so I find this new command to be uh, quite unfamiliar. Ah, that I can tell. <laughs> um, Severn actually uh, flies out of the captain's cabin uh, with a hat and comes and lands on your shoulder and drops it at your feet. Look, if you're going to be the captain, we've got to do this proper. I'm your parrot. This is your hat. But you're the captain. <laughs> I I feel a point of order is that that's not a parrot, and that's Urthok's hat. I feel like I'm brimming with confidence. Don't you talk to your captain that way. You got it on backwards. <laughs> <laughs> she reaches up and turns down. Point goes in the front. The whole point's the back, but to keep the sun off your neck. Kill the captain. But, but now the sun gets into my eyes. Well, it's not supposed to keep the sun out of your eyes. You need to see where you're going. Ship's a dangerous place. I have you for that. Oh, see where I'm going when I'm walking around. Yes, you see all this rigging and moving parts, <laughs> swinging masts and beams and whatnot. I'm learning more every day. You're an excellent subordinate, let me just tell you that. I just want to say I appreciate you. I know we got off on the wrong foot and all, but it, you seem like a decent sarge. You're yeah. a good salesman, you are. And thank you not for, you know, murdering all of us, of course, but... If we had, then who would be using boat? Well, well, that's a fair enough point. As much as he says so, killed us yet. I'm actually not, not inclined to go and murder people for no reason. Despite the fact that it certainly looks as though we've been murdering people for no reason. It's been for a very good and particular reason. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Bird. The bird's yeah, singing. singing. I'm just in the corner sharpening my axe like, oh please, do make a move, I tell ya. I'm gonna give you a couple of warnings here. First of all, you're almost certainly gonna be sick. When you do it, do it off the side. That's to all of you. I don't get seasick. And uh, just don't keep a grip on something. Just if you have to walk about on the deck, if you really feel the need, stay near the railings and keep a good hand on them. 
or high enough, you won't go over unless you do something exorbitantly stupid. And well, the Stedia and again help you with the aforementioned sick. It's no worry. The deck, the rolling deck is. Uh, it's no worse than uh, Resme's footwear. See, you say that, but it is though. Have you worn Roshin's uh, Resme's footwear? Not her specifically, but you know what? You think I don't have time in town? Ooh. You think we don't get shore leave? Do you, Do you like dresses? <laughs> Spectacular, she's found another one to latch onto. She's well, gonna sneak right away. Gonna, <laughs> okay. Not right gonna wear a blouse and trousers to a proper Galen Cantargo, no. I like is a strong word. Does anyone really like wearing them? Or is it just kind of a, you know, expected societal norm? You're very philosophical for a ship person. You know, no one grows up thinking they're gonna be a sailor. No one grows up to run a mercenary ship and pull rigging. They don't? Well, if, if, they, if they do, I'm not any kind of information there. Look, yeah. I already told you, I got... You were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I find that more gold pieces show up in me putters doing this than anything else I've found so far. Hmm, that's very pragmatic. You know, we pay very well. <sighs> you know, as much as I'm disinclined to agree with Signing myself and, well, what's left of, I, I suppose, since she just gestures kind of off to wherever Roshin is stumbling across the deck, because if you aren't sailors, then you're probably having a tough time. Uh, I suppose her crew for the time being. You know, I don't know that signing up with the people who showed up and murdered our last employers is necessarily the best thing for business. On the contrary, <laughs> I think you'll find that lots of people make their living doing just that. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to find uh, that it's best to avoid them. But if you avoid them, how are you going to make more money? By sailing for people who don't spend most of their time killing each other. We don't Even the slavers, any- well, they, they hadn't expressed, you know, economic reason to keep them alive in good enough health. I mean, what care what we did with them when they came back, we just took them to and fro. Had you considered working for the good guys? Look, Missy, <laughs> if there's one thing that's consistent that I've found in my career so far is that the less you try to attach morality to whatever contract it is you're doing, the less questions you have to ask and the more you have to worry about it in the first place. Side bonus, the more gold you end up with. You're a philosopher. If that's what you call it. Hmm. You and I will talk later. For now, I'm going to go throw up over the side. <laughs> Fair enough. It won't be the... Not going to be last time either, I'll warn you. You won't sleep well tonight. It's not a threat, but it's a promise. Uh, what Roshin is actually going to do is she's going to find um, a place out of the, um, out, kind of out of the path of the crew running around uh, managing the ship, uh, but in the open air because she gets way more nauseous when she's in a cabin. And it is sort of difficult because there's not a ton of space in this ship. Because the upper deck and the captain's like, like the, uh, I don't know, ship parts. The part where the main deck goes into the captain's quarter, like, that entire interior area is just one chamber. That's mm-hmm. just the captain's quarter. And the hold below deck is, by and large, just one open hold that's been gutted to hold as many slaves as possible. So... Is that after the stern? The stern after is the and cabin. stern is the same thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's, <laughs> just testing. That's big. It's balanced. Don't... Don't... No, it's boat. <laughs> boat. Uh, and, the pl- and, and honestly, with the numbers that the Scarlet Triad had brought here, it's kind of not immediately clear where they were even sleeping. 
because on in the hold below decks, because there is only one lower deck, and then I guess there's like a build, build below that, that mm -hmm. but there's not like an actual deck. Uh, there are some hammocks kind of all strung up together uh, near the bow, but that's about it. They don't have like cabins or quarters or anything. Just a bunch of hammocks and some every uh, triad. Stuff. Every triad person had a boar they could sleep against. <laughs> That's adorable. It's seeming like honestly that that's very possibly likely that they just laid against the pigs and slept because there's nowhere else you could possibly see that we're managing it. But um, when Roshin does find a place out of the way, she's going to cast sending, and she's going to send a message to Tyrannus. Okay. Tell him I miss him. I only get twenty-five words. I have to spend them wisely. Also, I don't think no, this is happening. Um, we're on the trail of a triad. Uh, and are heading to Cantargo on a ship. We'll be in touch. Uh, let me know if you need anything. And that's it. And then he can, he can respond to a sending, right? He can. He's got 25 words. He's got 25 words. Let me just uh, give a brief pause for a moment. What in the bloody <laughs> hell? What is this magic? <laughs> I I don't know if you can hear me, Roshin, but this... I, I still kind of feel... And it stopped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my man. <laughs> that connection. That <laughs> Spectacular. <laughs> the man after Resme's heart right there. Oh, he's brilliant. Should I try again? Just to see how far he gets this time. <laughs> yes, yes, I must. <laughs> Screw fifth level spell slots. I probably won't need them what today. What are you gonna do? You're gonna vote. What are you gonna do? You're gonna attack by more pirates? <laughs> Kraken, storm. Uh, a wide variety of terror. We had an entire campaign about bad things that can happen yeah, at sea once. This is absolutely uh, true. All right, Find so an second, island full of cyclops. For the second casting, never again. We don't speak <laughs> in that island. <laughs> oh, so bad. Tried to keep the citadel from falling down around it, and tried to keep the town from bulldozing the. It's bad anachronistic term. I'm sorry, I'm bad. <laughs> Keep the town from trying to tear it down while we're away. Okay. She's not going to tell him yeah. that 20... The 20 okay, all right. I'll do my best. I got the general idea now. I think it's a, a time-based thing. I feel the magic fade last... It's <laughs> 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 brilliant. I can't tell him. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> my spell slots. Why? Because because this is the best use of a fifth level spell that's ever possibly existed, obviously. So... Uh, <laughs> the invention of phone text. <laughs> having at least been uh, warned here, all of you are absolutely, uh, after an hour of sailing and leaving, kind of mostly leaving sight of Cypress Point, another hour on the water as it moves through the morning, going to feel very terribly nauseous. And give me some... Would it matter if I've had charter ships as part of my background? No, no. Like if you if you've been on ships regularly before, then you would as be a okay. smuggler. I'm pretty yeah, sure okay. I would so have the, had to have charter. If you're back, <laughs> if in your if in your life you have at least someone regularly been on ships, then you're okay. So the other three of you, then Buford, where he is somewhere in a hole. Buford's just barfing in a corner somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say. I mean, I was a traveling, uh, basically axe for hire for a short time, so I could have been on a boat, but well, I'm not going to say yeah, it was. Yeah, the five weeks to Easker, it's almost certainly all been inland. Well, the three, you give me fortitude saves. I mean, Resume, you Oh, already, fortitude? Yeah. Okay. Resume, you're already having a bad time with that, we know. 
I rolled a six. What's funny is I'm <laughs> we pretty are sure mediocre. she rolled the best and still got the worst number. <laughs> so all of you would be uh, would be taking this relatively hard, but I mean, while you don't have ship experience, you have been through enough in your lives that it's not immediately going to bring you to, like, eject the contents of your stomach on an hourly basis or anything. It's just going to be a very uncomfortable adjustment period. None of you are probably going to be eating very much the first day. And I mean, I'm probably even still not having a great time, but I'm used to it. Proceeding, to, it proceeding to eat pit, pig jerky. Ah. So, <laughs> as we set sail for Kentargo here, getting underway, is a perfect opportunity to take our midstream break. So, we're going to stand up, stretch our legs, refill our drinks and whatnot. Hit the head. I don't know how to stand up. And the rest of you, Just I would roll. encourage to uh, to do the same here. At least get some, some minor stretching in. But uh, don't go too far, because when we return to our voyage here, we're going to learn some things about Velstrex and Zon Kuthon and Nadal and, well, our our new friend here, hey. Zavrik Blackcloak, cleric of Zon Kuthon. I have no luck with men. <laughs> we'll be right back, everybody. On board the ship, of course, you would have a, a couple days' journey in front of you with uh, Zavrik Blackcloak, who it was not kidding, and, and not too long into the voyage here, as you really don't have a whole lot else to do, would actively seek out the group of you uh, to, well, explain further, perhaps... Have you heard of our Lord and Savior, Zon Kuthan? Hello. I'm from the Church of Pain. <laughs> if you'll need me, I'll be under the boat. Uh, yes. Well, Roshin and the rest of you, if you're so interested. I, I did promise further explanations and, well, insights, if you so seek them. I'm sure they'd be very enlightening. Well... Enlightening, or well, whether they come with any particular revelations, notwithstanding, I just have always found myself somewhat intrigued by, well, I suppose you could call it the very nature of philosophy. How differently people that are otherwise so similar can view the world. I mean, like previous examples, you've seen how Galt is run. I'm sure you know of Taldor. Galt isn't run. That's well, the problem. That's exactly my point. And even the differences to things like the shackles further to the south, a nation of pirates run by a council, uh, or those in the, the saga lands far up to the north. We even heard some tales I, I can't personally attribute to their veracity or their honesty, but of a, a land in Numeria ruled by an intersection of magic and barbarians and strange technologies, guns and some even further. But... At a simple level, we're all born nearly the same, are we not? The same knowledge, the same base, and yet we can develop such differences, such skewed understandings where one man and another, perhaps even once brothers, couldn't even begin to see eye to eye. <laughs> You're speaking, of course, of trying to think of different ways to live, and the interesting thing about it is many of them work. Um, but philosophy is a dangerous thing for people who aren't used to it, I've found. Some of the 
greatest, most well-meaning philosophers never set foot outside their own home. All they do is sit there and think of things with no actual attempt to see if it would actually work. But yet they develop such strong convictions to it that how could it possibly be wrong? Therefore, when people get it wrong, it's not that the philosophy is at fault, it's the people. And if you continue that line again, much like Galt, you get a mountain of corpses. It's a wise view, and one that I even personally can very much understand. Truth be told, it's part of why I do enjoy my duties as an ambassador, as an emissary, of getting to travel, to head elsewhere, to leave the borders of Nadal and the rule of the Umbral Court and see how others have lived and structured their lives elsewhere. Uh, this journey to Kintargo is my first. Uh, my first to Kintargo, anyway. But true also, it is one of my first in this official stature. Uh, to, to go alone and to plead my case. And truth be told, my desires to share with you do, at least at some level, come from selfish interests. I suppose practice, you could call it. Oh, you're excited. I'd love to hear your pitch. Come on, we'll be a good audience. Well, a pitch, or a sell, some may see it as, and I fear those in the Silver Council will share that mindset. Fresh off, uh, fresh from the yoke of Chiliax, I don't expect my words to be terribly well received. I don't imagine that uh, those that now rule the free nation of Ravuno are going to be so eager to see themselves as they say it, or as they perceive it, subjected to the rule of the same demons, or at least similar enough ones. Then perhaps you should keep subjugation off the table entirely. It's not subjugation, it's never the offer. It's just how it's seen. Uh, like I said, conceptions, and like you said, those who uh, live in their own nations, who build their own beliefs, their own structures, their own view of how the world works. Here, devils, here, Zonkuthon, and come to so many preordained conclusions. Just so. So, does he look like he believes what he's saying, or he's reciting his, like, how he looks he like a, he's not a terribly emotional man at all, and, uh, it's kind of hard to read him. I mean, give me a perception check. Sure. Not, he's not, not like yeah, I think he's, he's lying. I'm no, just... he's not like trying to hide it. He's just not, he's not a very terribly, ex is that another 20? That's yes, another 20. You have to stop. That's a 36. So Actually, actually that'd be a 38. With a 38, I mean, looking at him, he, he does seem like he's eager. He's eager and he's, he's somewhat excited almost about sharing this even though he really so is just, his belief. he does not overtly show, show it he does seem like he very very well okay. and truly believes this um, he's not trying to proselytize for a, a power that he has no personal stake in well not the religion itself but more so his city extending their hand like he could this could full on be oh, his no, he, belief he really does he does seem like he's he's got he doesn't seem like he's hiding like oh we're gonna he's a devil time boys let's go <laughs> Like, his intention is he wants to include them in what he, he has He does to seem like he truly believes that uh, he is extending uh, an opportunity for improvement. Okay. That, like, he can make, like, this, this off of the Umbral Court that all can make Kentargo and Ravenel better. Why don't you start from the beginning and assume none of us know the basis of your beliefs? Because we don't. Well... 
if we were to assume no assumptions, certainly my job would be rendered far easier than uh, speaking to a child who'd never heard of Nadal, the Umbral Council, demons, or devils, as they're so often easily confused. Unfortunately, that's not the reality I ever find myself, uh, I ever imagined to find myself in, nor is it the reality of the world, as even children recognize the name of a demon. Well, as a fellow emissary, I was taught to keep an open mind with the understanding that many cultures are seen differently by outsiders than they are from the inside. As a druid, I can equally attest that, as we're a very private people, and very little is known of us from outside of our own group. So I'm, as I said, I'm willing to listen and be open. In particular, I'd rather listen to how you intend to sell the idea that these demons or devils, uh, whichever you truck with more, uh, could possibly make the country a better place. Well, in that, I suppose the the most basic understanding and tenet of our beliefs, our faith, and the way that Nadal runs is an, upper, an understanding of the weakness of the human mind and the frailty of the human condition. If you've been from Galt, whether you agree with them or not, you have seen the terrible and bloody results that can be reaped when, well, human greed or ego is left unchecked. Of course. I feel as though uh, not entirely proud of it that I've contributed some to it. And many nations have felt that same bite. The doll is no exception, but it fears those fangs much less. Truth be told, I do understand the way the Cheliax run its nation, runs its nation, although I think it does so poorly, and it pledges its allegiance to a trickster and a deceit in Asmodeus. But their ideas, their core tenets, they're not wrong. Gods have their divine laws. They ordain their worship and their faiths to the world for a reason. It's because they each, in their own way, wish to see their own power through their flock grow. They have a vested interest in the success of their followers. So each of them, though they too share minds as different as those of men, believes that their way, their faith, is the, well, the most well-paved path to success for themselves through their people. Now, yeah. I'd argue with you on some of the semantics, but for the sake of argument, go ahead. And you wouldn't be wrong. It's a gross oversimplification, to be sure. And some deities, some divines, certainly, they don't, uh, they don't operate under such a similar way. Uh, Asmodeus and many of the devil and demon lords, I believe, are the most obvious. Many of the demon, uh, those demon kind, those of Dagon or even Rovagug, the spawn at the center of the world, they seek only power through sacrifice and souls and consumption and absorption, and their followers only seek to sow death and misery because those divines they're short-sighted. Even with all of their deific power, none of that imparts omniscience. A fair understanding I believe many share about perhaps all of the gods, and that even they are fallible. They don't fully understand. Asmodeus, perhaps a lesser example, and well, one that may bring the death, your death in Cheliax if you were to share it, but though he presents himself as a god of law, of contracts, of the binding word, and of honesty, he is anything but... He subverts language, clauses, tying text and bending it in its own raw and 
sometimes hidden meaning subjugating that of its intention. The rule of the word above the rule of sense or reason. It's even. very easy to cast aspersions on others, and uh, I see you're well practiced at it, and moreover quite good at it, mainly because you're rather accurate. Um, but uh, go on then, uh, how does your how does your god pursue, pr- propose to do better? Zon Kuthon, in his worship, preaches simplicity. Uh, what I and many in Nadal, and certainly on the umbral, umbral court, to believe, believe to be the most pure of pursuits, the most pure way to lead society or a people. What is, perhaps, with sating your hunger and resting when exhausted, the purest directive of the mind? To avoid pain. It's a response, a natural one, that the gods have blessed us with to protect ourselves, to understand when something we have done is wrong. It's the purest, most distilled form of a consequence. One that needs no explanation, no words, no contracts. The body, the mind, and the soul, they all understand it natively, what it means. And in that pain, there is purity. There is an opportunity for redemption. And I know this is the part where our own personal biases, our own previous beliefs, can cloud judgment so thoroughly. But open your minds, if you will, and think on an example. A man, starving, he would steal bread to feed his family, and I imagine not many that walk this earth would truly hold it against him. But still, this is, again, this is in uh, opposition of the laws of nearly any land. Of course. Outside of any world judged by pure power. Well, what will befall this thief in various nations? In Taldor, perhaps, he would be jailed, kept from his family, uh, in holding, in what is certainly, by any definition, an unpleasant, perhaps even torturous environment. And during that time, will he grow? Will he learn? Will he become a better person? Or will this time, this isolation simply foster a seed of resentment that grows within him, that through doing what he needed, he loses so much of his own life, so much time, that he could be putting to better and bettering himself, to earning coin legitimately, to, to any number of infinite pursuits. In Kadira, to the south, or Osirian, he may lose a finger, or even, in ha- even a hand. A permanent disfigurement, one that will be left upon him for such a minor crime, and certainly that would encourage him not to do it again. But he is left marred for the rest of his existence, not as capable as he once was, no longer whole. Is that a just punishment for such a simple crime? But with the tenets of Zan Kuthan, Nadal, he would be captured, yes, briefly, lashed, perhaps feeling the bite of the blade. He would feel pain, briefly, before being released back to what he needs to do. It is an understandable, a brief moment for redemption, a moment of realization, something so pure that no matter what his mindset, no matter his cause for stealing the bread, he understands the gravity of what he did. And if he needs to steal bread again to feed his family, if he must suffer the same fate, he knows what comes. He knows he won't sacrifice days, months, years of his life, parts of his livelihood, his fingers. He won't be permanently set back. Simply punished and allowed to move on. I would like to point out that what you offer is a 
middle ground, but none of these are necessarily wrong. No, 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 no. They're all wrong. And this is exactly the point. Understand this example. The man steals the bread to feed his family. He's desperate. The man steals... Not... What refrains a man from stealing to feed his family isn't that he fears the punishment. The only thing that stops him from stealing bread to feed his family is not having to steal bread to feed his family. That is the sign of a good society, not how terrible the punishments are or how good they are. In Galt, they cut your head off with a blade that stores your soul in it. Does it defer people from, rever- from, from, from being tyrants or being criminals? No. What, def- what stops crime is people not having to resort to it in order to get by in their lives. And that is the differences that we have. And that is why Nadal will be no better than Chelyaks, I'm afraid, or even Galt. Well, you speak of utopia, which, of course, is a worthy goal, obviously. But would you imply with your words that there should be no punishment? That if a crime is in a way justified, it should be exempt from the laws because that is the path to anarchy? Not at all. I would simply say that punishments do not solve problems. Punishments only deal with them once they've already occurred. And in that, I believe we would agree more than you think. And I think you would find the punishments of Zonkuthon, of a brief exposure to pain, much less severe than something that takes days or affects you for the rest of your life. There's a strange aversion to pain, I find, throughout much of the world, though it is such a natural response. But think of other punishments. If you jail a man for his crimes... He loses so much time, and again, that resentment grows. It doesn't make him better. It simply makes him hateful and bitter. If you take the man's coin or property, you only set him back. These are still permanent losses. He won't regain those. You're not going to return the coin to him at a later time, and this is only more likely to drive his need for, well, further subjugation of the laws. But a man exposed to the blade, the lash, this is brief. This is just and fitting. Leaves no permanent scar. The skin will heal. The blood will reform itself within the vein. It leaves no lasting impact. Only lasting understanding. And this is why I say that no answer is necessarily wrong. We do not have utopia. We cannot always solve problem in nice way. Cutting off hand is to dissuade crime. Pan is a quick version of the jail, but all of them serve a similar purpose. None are necessarily wrong, it's simply just culture. But none of them actually solve anything, and that's my point. The point is that there is focus on punishment and saying, well, this punishment is better than this punishment, therefore, here is the value in it. In the end, it's just different forms of suffering given out as a punishment for someone suffering. It would be far better, I would think, to try to focus on structure in the society where the man has the option, has the ability to feed his family and to keep starvation away, to keep employment high, to find a place for these people to actually live their lives and not have to resort to breaking the law. But I feel like we're getting into the minutiae of the example rather than 
the general point, which is that pain teaches where experience sometimes does not. And I can't really say that that's incorrect. Growing up, one of the practices of the Druids is to let children make mistakes, to let them touch the fire and burn themselves, to let them wander off a bit and see what happens when they go beyond what is appropriate for them. If they don't, if parents don't let the child make the mistake, if they just tell them it's wrong, they won't understand it, they won't learn. There is also being caught warrants punishment. If you are good enough to not be caught, none of these consequences apply to you. Exactly the case. Exactly the case. And what you, Roshin, and you, Trishik, speak of, of course, are greater issues, structural, beyond the scope of simple punishment, whereas my example was only meant to illustrate a a single tenet of the Veldstrak belief and the way of life. Of course, it has our goal is to, to, philosophy. to advance civilization, to provide so that no man needs steel bread to feed his family. But certainly you can agree that the more uh, the path to this utopia, the path to this perfection, is itself structural in understanding. For each man who sees the, the need to subvert these laws, they work against the path of progress for everyone. We cannot establish such a society allowing those within it to subvert it at a whim. And again, I feel feel once again that perhaps we have a bit of of an irreconcilable difference. Um, I find that the world's been around for thousands of years, and there have been many, many men and women wiser than me uh, to try to come up with utopias, systems of laws that work well. Um, And... In every one of them, people still starve. Uh, People still suffer. I wonder if perhaps a progress of laws, a system of laws, the perfect system, as it were, if it ever can be devised, I wonder if perhaps it may be that what we need are not the perfect system of laws, but just enough of the right ones. Even still, though, you'd need a way to enforce that which you had, and you'd need to ensure that at least that minimum, those minimums were adhered to. Exactly true. I don't think we disagree as much as you may see, Roshin. And there's a, there's a saying, perhaps, that uh, I find applicable. Even Hermea has a beggar's quarter. Are you familiar? Uh, I don't know where Hermea is. I'm sorry. Hmm. Hermea. That sounds familiar. Um... You, if anyone wants to, you can give me a society check, but you would need to be at least, I think, an expert to oh, know anything nah. beyond the name. I don't. There are any of you? No. What society? <laughs> I won't make you lie to me, Squid. <laughs> Hermea is an island that, admittedly, not much is known about outside. Uh, it is ruled very very specifically uh, and outsiders rarely if ever allowed inside its walls uh, it is said that Hermea is as close as can be to a utopia those who are brought there are brought from the outside as renowned scholars and artists and mages or even clerics of various beliefs and within Hermea 
they work, in theory, in perfect harmony, and develop just such a utopian society. Hermea certainly exists, but I don't know personally that I believe that uh, inside the walls of the City of Promise on the island, it's as the stories tell. Uh, the saying, even Hermea has a beggar's quarter. Uh, the City of Promise, its capital, is divided based on occupation and undertaking under the 11, 12, perhaps, guises of Erodin and his belief. Mm. And even in that worship, one perhaps more understandable to the group of you, you know those guises include the beggar and the thief. As Utopia is surely unobtainable, there's never going to be a perfect society. There needs to be some order to come as close as possible. Had you considered, though, that maybe the order and the Utopia that you're looking for has nothing to do with the laws of the world and the fact that people are, well, they're people. And not everyone's created equal, unfortunately, and some are just less than others. It's kind of odd having philosopher discussion with a bird, but <laughs> certainly. Uh, what I would say, he actually, strangely enough, has a point. Of course, I have a point. It's possible. I'm infinitely smarter than you. I was referring to your beak. It's quite pointy. <laughs> but it seems <laughs> that <laughs> it seems that perhaps the goal shouldn't be to have a society with no beggars carter, but a society with as small a beggars carter as possible. And that may very well be Hermea, but as Nadal stands. We agree with, well, your bird here, eloquent as he is. And this is why, somewhat like Cheliax, we have ceded our governance to a higher power and proceed with our lives in the way of Zonkuthon. Purity, understanding, through the most natural of responses, through pain, but applied only where necessary. And this pain in its purest form, again, is the nature of Velstrak, his devil's most loyal. Velstrak, I'm not familiar. Velstrak are a race of devil. They're souls born of those with the deepest and most steeped understanding of the ways of Zonkuthon and an understanding, perhaps even pursuit of pain. The Velstrak are somewhat warped in their understanding and certainly given our frail human forms we would not do well to mirror their teachings perfectly or, or in their entirety to be the errand of a fool as you said we are not created as equal as them but in studying their culture and their understanding their pursuit of purity having moved forward to a more direct enlightenment perhaps even seeking pain. There is still many a lesson to be learned in their shadow, and that in particular is my expertise. They are the arms of Zonkuthon, and even they, even their smallest of augurs, understand that well, there's a stark difference between the way they must lead their lives and we do. I suppose all I'm saying is that it's not the 
it's a very one-sided society that focuses on finding proper punishment to set itself up. And Again, I fear that is, that's going to be the main issue. I think I may have sent you uh, off course here. I sought only to address uh, misconceptions, no knowledge or beliefs of Nadal of the Umbral Court. Uh, certainly, we are not a society predicated on pain and punishment. It is simply our punishments that we find typically draw the most criticism, the most well-known. It is, of course, the domain of Zan Kuthan, one of his primary ones, so... It is what I imagine I'll find myself up against in the seat of an emissary and ambassador. Well, at the very least, perhaps our discussions could be good practice for you. Hmm. I wonder... When you think about it, subjecting something to pain is merely another way of changing it, of transforming it from one thing to the next. For once you experience pain, you're not the same afterwards. But you have learned. You have. My goddess is one that embraces change, moving from one place to another, becoming or going someplace in order to learn, which you did not know. You could very well be a goddess of ships in the seas, then, as... She is the two-headed goddess. The goddess that moves in both directions. She is not perfect, but I understand her. I think at the end of the day, we all embrace the beliefs that make sense to us based on who we are, where we grew up, and what our beliefs are, and those we get from where we come from, who our families are, society. That much I'm certain that nobody can argue. Please, uh, Roisin, I did not mean to distress you if I did. I simply wished to it's, discuss it's, some of this, well, philosophy and what I'll need to be presenting to the Silver Court when I arrive in Kintargo. Of course. It's not a distressing thing, I suppose. I've, uh, I, I've just not seen anything new. Um, but uh, I suppose basis of diplomacy would be focusing on what you all can do for each other rather than what your differences are. Exactly. And as such, certainly, we still share a ship. You've still offered me berthings in your docks, even knowing we have such great differences of mind or opinion. To be perfectly honest, I didn't realize how different we were when I first offered it to you, but I don't regret it. Well, that at least is good to hear, then. As I said, in your times in Kintargo, once I find housing, should you need any, uh, any of my services, I can provide magical healing through Zonkuthan. Uh, after you have already been delivered pain by your enemies... Perhaps similarly a two-headed god, also seeking to mend it. Pain should not be permanent, after all. Do you like to feed birds? I don't believe I... I don't believe I ever have. Had you considered that being hungry was like being in pain? Well, Resme, it seems to me that your bird tires of our conversation. And not at all. It sounds to me like he's just trying to beg for treats. Now we're talking... He's not nearly as philosophical as he comes off, I'm afraid. He's <laughs> quite the gluttonous little beast. Well... Rasheen will pull out a bit of jerky and feed it to him. <laughs> I've actually learned quite a bit from our conversation. You're very eloquent, and you're... You're earnest. You believe what you're saying, and that, more than anything, sways minds. 
I think if you can be as open to what they say as they are to what you say, you might actually be able to have a real conversation. Of course. Uh, even though I am much younger than most of my comrades, uh, I do truly believe I have seen the growth that the, the doll has gone through since leaving the Chelish nation. Uh, and I have seen it experience the pains of growth and loss of leadership, much like Ravenel seems to be now, with the Scarlet Triad and these pirates freely pillaging and raiding along its coasts as the seat of power coalesces in Kentargo, not yet ready to spread its arms. We've been through a similar, if not identical, experience in recent decades in my lifetime, and that perhaps is why the Council believed I was uniquely fit to extend the hand. Do you know anything about the Scarlet Triad? I'm afraid I don't. My name doesn't sound familiar to me at all, but it sounds like the name of any mercantile consortium I've ever heard of. My understanding is that they're a rather well-connected uh, shadow group. I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't at least involved with the, with the government of Kentargo. You may find yourself running into them. So... Anyone who is trained in uh, society, because it's surprisingly not been asked yet, you can, you can make me a society check to, to see what you could uh, kind of bring up about the Scarlet Triad and what you could know about them. Uh, oh, like, oh, the Scarlet Triad? I thought you were going to say, like, Kentaro government. So, so no, the Scarlet Triad, it's a, it's a name. Uh, probably not oh, a yeah, ton with it. a 15. Look at you. I like it. That's gonna be a 34. So, uh, 34 and a, a 15. I you probably know their name. Yeah, you know, well, <laughs> well, I mean, it's Is actually- Is Scarlet the color red? With, with how you've been battling around <laughs> with the background that you've had, uh, you actually are kind of bumped up a greatest success here. Oh, I can um, actually roll lower Underworld, if that But you can just apply. apply that modifier to whatever you just rolled instead if it's better. Uh, that moves it up from a 15 to a 15. <laughs> what? So, you, so you'd, each know different, you'd each know different parts of this, actually. Uh, Resume, you would know that there, whether it's the same 16. Scarlet, same Scarlet Triad, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> same, uh, seem to be, uh, because you would know of a Scarlet Triad, which was just one of the many mercantile consortiums that operates in Katapesh, uh, which is a pretty major trading city in Kadira? Katesh is in, Katapesh is in Kadira, You're right? You're just making up words. <laughs> Wherever it is. Reference to map. Wherever it is, Kadira's on the right, south of Taldor. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the capital of Kadira. No, that's Kathir. That's Kathir, dang it. All right. Internet. Katapesh is in Katapesh. Oh, Katapesh is a country. Yeah. Katapesh is the capital of Katapesh. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome okay. to standing up school. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense to me. Yeah, it's the first time I think it's come up in a campaign I've run. Uh, but Katapesh is sort of a nation of merchants that, uh, similar to a council, is kind of run by an organization of major consortiums. Uh and you would know that there is a Scarlet Triad that's an organization in Katapesh that is one of the mercantile groups. And you know these mercantile groups have 
pretty widespread interests and uh, wide and varied interests and investments. The Katapeshi consortiums include, like, the Aspis Consortium, which is much more well-known mm -hmm. globally because of their incredibly far-reaching operations to, well, do this kind of stuff. Mm. I get the Put thing, this is kind down. of like, what do I know about the Knights Templar? And if you're all normal, it's kind of like, well, they're an organization <laughs> of that go on. Uh, but, but you would know that primarily the Scarlet Triad um, deals in luxuries. The Catapesh the, the Scarlet Triad deals in luxuries. Uh, spices, magic items, esoteric texts, and tomes. Uh, but they also do deal a lot similar to luxuries with experts and specialists in uh, different, different various uh, businesses and nations. Sounds like a conspiracy to me. You know, they're fairly widespread, but uh, you, didn't, you don't know anything about them being slavers. Although, being a Katapeshi Mercantile Consortium, it's certainly not beyond the bar of belief. I, I, I mean, it, it, they it, just it, keep it on the books over it, there. If so, it makes yeah, money. Katapeshi is like just part of business. <laughs> yeah. just have the slave warehouse right next to the cinnamon and spices yeah. warehouse. Like, it's, it's just Katapesh. Um, now you also with the, with your background. So specifically, your... my background introduced me in Wangi, being on a job from them, and I found slaves in my like carriage that they had snuck on. And you would know that uh, they do run a degree of a slavery organization, uh, but even in Katapesh, it's a side business because they for whatever reason, try to keep that very separate from their primary finances. Uh, and the Scarlet Triad, the whole of their spice and luxury goods trade almost covers for what could be considered the primary of their directives here, which is to bring... They have a much higher bar and grade for slave stock than most of your traditional slavers. Because they're called, they're called the Scarlet Triad for a reason. You Scarlet's a color. It's like, unironically, though, uh, this all gets shipped to the Red Mantis. Which is something that you would have been able to discover during that uh, adventure of yours. And the Red Mantis! That's probably who showed up and killed my men. Probably the Red, <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. The Red Mantis is functionally like a super, like the mega Dark Brotherhood. They are uh, a very unknown and shadowy group of assassins. Uh, it is said, and like the, the basis of the Red Mantis existence, I think anyone trained in society, or even even you two probably would be familiar with as a mercenary slash a mercenary, um, that a Red Mantis contract taken out like only by the richest and the wealthiest uh, frequently isn't even paid in gold. It's something much more valuable, depending on the, the situation, and they are never unfulfilled. Not once. Someone takes out a red mantis contract on you, you might as well just kill yourself. Like Triad. Triad means three. What three? Perhaps there are three founded members. Perhaps they just thought it sounded cool. I Do I know anything about You don't know three? anything about a triad. No. no. It could just be a fancy name. Uh, from my understanding I but from your stories, no 
From your stories, you told me it wasn't that Vaz person trying to set it up for some sort of assassination business. Yes, I think so. Um, did she mention the uh, the the red mantis? She did not men- mention the red mantis by name. No, she just mentioned that she was trying to use Alceta's ring uh, as a network for an assassin's guild to allow them to quickly move about the inner seas undetected and without even having to use their own magic. Uh, she mentioned I, she mentioned a name, though. But think about it. She, if you uh, wrote it shadow- down. Dalren wrote it down. All right, we'll go to Dalren's notes, because I believe the name she mentioned is probably Varus. That sounds familiar. Uh, Varus was... We, I don't think we heard of Varus until we got to Mwangi. You know, I'm curious what you wrote down, because that was, like, long enough ago. We're in the numerous months back of gameplay that I don't actually remember exactly what I told you with Buzz. So I wrote it here. Scarlet Triad appears to want the ring. Evil merchants slash info brokers, comma, ritualists. And then Lacklan was the name that I got. L-A-C-L-A-N is what I wrote. It probably sounds something like that. Lachlan? Or Laslan. I'm sorry, that could be a Z. My handwriting's bad. It's totally Laslin, and uh, Laslin, let's cross that out, right, Varus? I didn't realize. Yes, Varus was totally the I name that I, I heard. I didn't realize I had a pre-Patreon name mention of Laslin at any point. <laughs> okay. It's, it was Varus. It says Varus. That's yeah, she, what I wrote. She, yeah, right I told here. you, Varus. Varus. Yeah, yeah, you were spot on. Invariably, it is Varus. <laughs> I did not realize I had a. Uh, I guess that that must have, uh, for some note taken PCs. I was unprepared. You got me on that one. But yeah, it was Laslin is what you had written down. Laslin is a think about it. If you were a shadowy, almost omniscient assassins guild, why would you hire a bunch of not necessarily incompetent, but certainly less competent merchant guild to go take over the world-spanning teleportation circle that was? would take your operations to the next level of perfection. It doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't you do it yourself? Uh, perhaps to keep a clean name for the larger uh, enemies they might have. Well, also possibly they simply just don't have enough of their best of their best people. They have to go about keeping up their reputation for being the scariest, most dangerous assassins in the world. Can't spend your best assassins going and trying to seize real estate. In all honesty, until we can ask directly, we'll probably not know. There Hmm. are many reasons. One does wonder, though, whether or not whether or not the Scarlet Triad is just a front for them. I wouldn't think so. Assassination, an an assassination organization, uh, I don't think would be the backdrop for a world-spanning rich merchant organization. I would think the merchants would be there first, and maybe they decided to dip into assassination as a convenience. But what if you were a world-spanning merchant uh, assassination association, and you have a lot of money now, and nothing really to do with it or a way to invest it? So you take over a smaller merchant guild that already exists, you infiltrate it, and then you make it much, much bigger and more influential. And now you have many ways of going about doing what you want to do. It doesn't hold water. Assassins don't make good merchants. No, that's why you hire merchants and you threaten them with assassination if you don't do if they don't do what you want. You can just hire merchants. You don't have to threaten a merchant to make money. That's what they're good at. 
You just say, I'd like to invest in your organization. Well, and they'd go, thank they you did. so much. Look, I don't do this on a regular basis. <laughs> well, first, let me just say I don't go about either being an assassin mm. or actually setting up world span and merchant organizations, but I would think it would work a certain way. I don't know. Huh. You look likely. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder about you now, Roisin. Going around doing shady business and acting like an assassin. Who do we know that does that? <laughs> yes, right, slow, turn, <laughs> slow turn to Lizard Man. Camera pants. <laughs> hmm. Well, it's certainly something to sleep on. I can tell you from personal experience, is likely Red Mantis is little too big to want to own something like the Scarlet Triad. Hmm. Well, you would have a two days journey on the seas here to muse further on this, if you so wish, and also to uh, talk any further with uh, Zavrik, if you also wish to. But uh, the, the journey out to Kintargo, saving the seasickness, of course, would be pretty largely uneventful. Uh, no Krakens. So no Krakens. Dolphins? No assorted other pirates. Uh, you wouldn't even see really much of anything. You never go far enough out for the coast to be out of sight, and you never see much beyond just well, seagulls occasionally coming and flapping around, because, again, you're just not that far from shore. Sierra so didn't seem to be wrong. You're kind of just following the inside of a bay here, so there's no, like, cool whale sightings or anything happening. No out. megalodons eating the ship in one bite. Yeah, no gigant, Sever giant enemy crabs rising up from the depths. <laughs> Severin puts the smack down on any seagulls that try to come anywhere near food that is rightfully his, which is all the food on this boat. Severin is, like, half the size of a seagull. A they seagull would just the tar eat out of it. <laughs> Severin has my stats and will kick the ever-loving <laughs> tar out of the seagulls. Thank you very much. Karate <laughs> <laughs> he like until, grabs a seagull and pins its wing on the deck. <laughs> until a pelican comes along and just <laughs> he just fits in his mouth and the pelican flies away. Severin flies wings. out of his butt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's perfectly normal bird conversation. <laughs> perfectly normal bird stuff. It's like when birds. Roshin eat actually seeds. pays very close attention to the birds when they come out because that's how she gets her omens. Is she? She pays attention to birds and things if like that. If you tell Severin you get your omens from birds, you never <laughs> have any Explicitly not telling Severin again. that. Non-Severin birds. Non-Severin birds. <laughs> Severin at this point is just a person with wings because he doesn't count as a bird anymore. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like my ex. It has its own personality. <laughs> exactly it just that. doesn't talk. You will be confronted <laughs> by three signs this day. No, unless, no, no. <laughs> unless you suddenly make my ex talk, then that would be interesting. <laughs> Animate object is a thing. But... Yeah. <laughs> About uh, maybe noon, one in the afternoon on the on that star day, last one of Gazrin, the ship would finally be coming around to port. Uh, sometime later in the morning, Kintargo itself would come into view. And then as that morning moved to afternoon, a genie smile would make its way around a kind of outlying ring of smaller barrier islands to the north and into the pretty massive harbor at the heart of Kintargo. Uh, as you come in from the seas, you'd mostly just be able to see the city's walls. Uh, an inlet 
Saving Denier divide the city in half, with the harbor actually placed smack in the middle of Kentargo itself. The only notable things that really be visible are to your left, on the north side of the city, there would be a raised, similarly walled area far back on the east as you're coming in from the west here. And you would be passing by an enormous castle that would be just plainly visible to everybody here. Looming over you, a citadel perched up above the walls on your right at the entrance to the harbor itself. Now, the harbor is massive. Uh, this, any of you that have not, like, been to actual major cities in your life before, like, major port cities, it's going to absolutely dwarf anything that you've ever seen, with dozens of piers and dozens of enormous warehouses, storage facilities, and uh, dock working stations set up on uh, right behind the piers themselves. The operation seems inconceivable, with even as you come in, easily a dozen equally big, if not larger, ships making their way in and out of the harbors, piers, and ports with just Kentargo's daily traffic. It is a very large city. Wow. It's like, like a ship ballet. How do they not bump into each other? Well, they have enough space, I suppose. So as the uh, ship comes around, Sierra back on deck, giving some orders, the rocking of the seas finally coming to a standstill as the near flat and mirrored surface of the harbor itself makes it a much easier kind of drift in. Now she pulls the ship around to one of the main piers. For the last couple few directions to sail in and actually dock properly at a dock large enough to handle the genius smile on something easily twice the size. So as you're coming in, she turns uh, as the ropes are being thrown and tied and the ship's being moored up proper for the group of you. Well, welcome to Cantargo, I suppose. Oh, it was a quite a pleasant journey, thank you. Now, uh, I haven't quite sorted out what exactly we're going to do about paying the dockmaster and whatnot, but I suppose I haven't prodded around in the captain's quarter for anything other than navigation charts, but you grab the coin for that. Uh, you're welcome to uh, salvage what you'd like. Um, I imagine Captain Olthak would have had it somewhere, but uh, the rest of that was his. It's... No goods of ours. And if you're did we the captain now. Did we find any cash in the captain's quarters? Uh, I know it was like a lot of like random, random stuff that oh, was yeah. worth did money. Oh yeah, did I get that? It would have been maybe like 30 gold worth of actual just like loose gold and silver pieces. Okay. I yes. forgot, uh, but I really would did want to look at that cloak, the one with the name on it. Okay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. As you were looking through that embroidered cloak there, you would also, you know, being a magic person with the tech magic, uh, very immediately realize that it is a magical book. And it's the color of my eyes. And with your couple days of journey there, you could absolutely have given me uh, not just one, but two arcana checks, even if you manage to fail the first one. And you can't critically fail anymore, so you can just roll them, so. That's a very good roll. Uh, that will be a 36. Well, 36, you'd be able to identify the enchantment in this cloak as an interesting bit of conjuration. 
which tells you nothing, because seriously, Conjuration is the broadest school of magic in all of Pathfinder. It's summoning demons, it's teleportation, it's throwing snowballs, it's like... it's It ain't there, and then it's there. It is it is everything magic. Conjure but, but, yourself in a different location. That is literally the logic, yeah, as, as you conjure yourself over there, <laughs> and you just teleport. It's really, if you think about it, it's just fancy summoning. You summon yourself to somewhere else. <laughs> You're performing a loophole in the laws of magic and physics, and you're performing a summoning ritual as yourself to yourself over there. So you would know that wearing this cloak <laughs> and investing in it, connecting with the magic, would make you a fair bit more effective at deception as the magic hanging over the cloak just kind of honeys your words. Uh, conjuration also, circle of truth somehow. I don't know the explanation on that one, but... You're you conjure the up. truth. No, you conjure up the belief that what you're saying is right in their mind. That stretch. sounds so enchantment. <laughs> it's not even funny. But uh, in addition to that, there is... <laughs> because you're just, you're just collecting things that do this, I guess. Uh, oh, there is an enchantment, a stronger conjuration further in the cloak that you could pull out uh, with two actions interacting with the cloak that somebody with actually no magical knowledge whatsoever could take advantage of to uh, functionally dimension door you. Oh, You have another dimension door thing. You have another dimension door thing. But this one does not, like, the wand requires you to be able to cast the spell yourself. This cloak, anybody could use. Trushek. Hmm. How would you like a, teleport, a teleporting mm. assassin cloak? It's, it very much mm. looks like... Menstrually. <laughs> Deception and assassination. This cloak looks fabulous with your motivations. You would also know that, and I am completely serious, the 32, this is not... 36. 36, yeah. You literally, wherever you appear, you appear in a smoke cloud that conceals you. Hmm. So it's you're as saying, if it was made for him. So you're saying not only am I better at lying, but anywhere that I teleport to, you I can instantly hide. And then you don't even have to hide. You are you, concealed. You are concealed automatically. Yeah, if you are concealed, there, but if you I are want to, I can just sneak away. I mean, like if I appear in a room and I'm like, I don't want to be here. I can smoke cloud. Poof. <laughs> Kind of Here. backwards smoke bomb. It's smoking, you run away, and then poof, I guess. Turn around. <laughs> Let me show you how to wear it. I Are. do not see you. You, <laughs> you put clasp on me. I, I don't see how to wear. Now, your hood, I mean, canted a bit like that. Now you look mysterious. Very nice. It matches your scales. It's very green. <laughs> it's not difficult to do when green. That's yes. a good point, but it does look good. Thank you. Oh, by the way, Resume, I almost forgot to ask it. There is a name embroidered on the back of it here. I suppose we should change it to Trushik now, but what does it say? Do you recognize the name? <laughs> Where is it? No! Um, sheet. Hold on. I forgot what it was. So Let this is quite literally the stupidest use of any spell ever, but at some point, I'm going to shrink item one of the captain's hats in his room so it will fit Severin. After you 10 minutes, you have to would... tie a piece of string around it so it won't expand again. That's yep. fine. Because after 10 minutes, it would just engulf the bird. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll tie a piece of string around it so that it can't expand uh, it's, again. It's uh, Sarif Muradrat. Sarif Muradrat. I did just find it, yeah. Okay. I actually somehow missed that. 
on my printout. I just reprinted this today too, and I was just cleaning it up, but I guess I accidentally removed out. My notes are power. Yeah, thank you, notes man. Saria Madrad is what would what would be embossed of that. I'm the captain now. Saria, I guess it's Saria. Oh, I can read. How much of a bonus to deception is it? You don't know. Okay. Uh, you also don't know how far the dimension door can take you. I know I can, though. You know you can. You know you can teleport. Yeah, without critical success, you don't know, like, exact specifics. Okay. Um, can I get a roll to figure out what that name is? Um, I, it just wouldn't mean, it wouldn't mean anything to you. Okay, fair enough. Sorry, you asked me to roll society, society. when I when, when You when asked I was if he was trained in society, so I assumed so there was I something assumed. she could figure out. Did I? Is there? A I would say stupid. Man, I am like I was for some reason just like specifically this name. I was wildly unprepared for today. I just I guess forgot that existed. I was about to say it's it's not stupidity. It's forgetfulness. There's a huge difference. Yeah, there's one one little arc here I forgot. Uh, oh yeah 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 yeah. Give me a society check. I don't know the name. I got a 15. I'm smart. I am on. I are smart lizards. Look at that. So rarely do I get caught in my pants so down. Your pants are down. That'll be a 34 because I can't roll below an 18 today. You would recognize not necessarily the name itself. Like you don't know who that person is, but you would recognize the surname Madrad. As one of the noble noble families of Kentargo. Hmm. So they are a pretty prominent noble line. Interesting. Well, if we get into trouble, we can always parlay this into getting out of trouble. But for now. The fact if we, we get we, in... We have one of the personal possessions of a noble in our... Is, is going to get us out of trouble. Yes, well, because we killed the pirates who stole it from them and decidedly probably did them damage. No, it's good, because if we get in trouble, all blame go to me, and I simply poof and disappear. I think it's far more likely that this noble is actually working with the pirates or working with the triad than it is that... These hmm. pirates happened to steal this cloak. Oh, maybe she from was dating him. I really think we should take that name off the cloak. By the way, I think it's very important. We should probably do that now. Actually, if it's one, well, it is kind of in the lining. So if he's wearing it, it's going to be like on the inside of the cloak. It's not visible. Oh yeah, yeah. you would like to right. It's not like written across the outside. Yeah, it's, it's not just like, like a little. It's second like a tag, grader basically. writing mine. Yeah. But <laughs> across the back in big bold letters. Yes, but like let's see with, with a face, with <laughs> a portrait. <laughs> Well, I could a def- very vain person, <laughs> Well, I could definitely say one thing that we all agree on. I know I'm not much for, you know, solving crimes and just, you know, usually my solution is just axe to the face. But um, I would say we definitely need some evidence before we make any more assumptions, wouldn't you say? But if we have evidence, then it's not assumptions. Yes, we'd hate to be intelligent. Making assumptions actually requires you have no evidence. Fair, but I'm sure they show that, you know, with this and this huge town that we're in, we could just probably, you know, do a little bit of booking around and maybe find some answers. I could also grab some answers with, you know, a couple of drinks because I can hold my liquor better than anyone. And, you know, the, the tongue slips when you're a little intoxicated. Oh, he makes an excellent <gasps> point. We're going to stay someplace nice in a nice inn, maybe. Also... Just as a little something for each of you, I got a little something brewing up in me, uh, in me bag for you as a, as a little present for, for my newfound uh, comrades. But uh, I need a proper blacksmith before I can finish making it. So now we're in a major town. I can. <gasps> we are in a major town. It's beta time. Oh, I could actually find it. 
I'll go with the blacksmith for you because I actually... Uh, those fishermen, bless their hearts, they really tried. They really so, tried to fix the shield. So this is what I was thinking. If uh, if you are open to suggestions, me and you could go to the blacksmith and get our business done there. Then we can hit up the, the tavern, get a little drunk and maybe poke around for some information from the local drunks. And then they can do their fancy magic things and sneaky things and... You know, go from there. I'm actually spectacular at at least two of those things you just listed. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, handsome ganker in the chat, popping a hero point out of the chest here for Trishik, the now magical teleporting murder lizard. Yay. Deal messy, violent death to them pesky slavers. Uh, so, don't that, worry, I will make sure to. That's what, what I was, uh, so that's what I would suggest. I don't know if that's, a, I mean, you could do whatever. I'm just throwing a bone out there. So this time Sierra, uh, they would have gotten the gang planked down. Should have went and had a conversation with a man wearing a relatively nice but fairly simple coat and a weathered hat. It looks kind of similar to your, your Tricorn's one. With that conversation, some coin would have been handed over. That 30 gold is 29 gold. Okay, I was going to say, does she need cash? And loose coin. She needs, she, needs, she needs a dollar. We can do that. So uh, she would take a gold and then be coming back up the gangplank right now. And uh, would quickly just motion and circle with her finger in the air. All right. If you got needs for sure, leave. Get them now. I don't imagine we're going to be staying here very long. It seems like a, you know, a generally terrible idea given the circumstances, but... Well? You've been very hospitable. Thank you very much for your transport. I'm glad it worked out well for all of us. Good luck in your further endeavors. If we ever have a need for a ship and you happen to be unfortunate enough to be in town, we'll be sure to hire you. You're not going to be lighting us on fire if we go sailing on the way now, are you? Well, it depends entirely on who your next employers are now, doesn't it? Not for the purpose of sailing away, then. Don't expect to be staying overnight. Get some food, get some coin, get drunk, and find yourselves a woman. We're setting sail before sundown. I'm not sticking around for the triad to figure out that, well, what all that happened, happened. And I suppose, in the possibly immortal words of Milady Rasheen here now, I'm the captain now. Mm. I'll be having that hat if you don't mind. Oh, I suppose it's only fitting, isn't it? Well, it does actually. We delineate station and offices through the, the hats. You know, see this particular design here? Well, with the flat all three sides around is a captain's hat. And then she perches that in her head. Different kinds of tricorns for different stations. Severin is, is keeping his hat, as well as the little eye patch and the little bracelet he found. I don't know where he might find an eye patch, but that's fair enough by me. <laughs> Well, and I truly mean this. <sighs> oh, I'm not gonna let my conscience get the better of me, am I? Come on, come on. I am. You can do it. All right, look. We've been paid the right fine, and I'm not giving you our payroll from the triad or anything, but they. Oh my God, scars are away. And she kind of reaches around to her back and reaches into her uh, bag on her hip and pulls out a pretty hefty uh, sack from within that. Look, Captain Olthak, obviously they were here for people in stock, but well, I didn't take their fair share of good things from the people of Cypress Point and here. What's that? Well, they might have been pirates, but we are not. We just sailed the ships and, you know, you didn't kill us and I don't know, but it's... I got a fair surprise amount of valuables among them. 
Oh, this rings was... and jewelry and what coin they had. Oh, this was taken from Cypher's Pint. It was. Do what you will, but... I know I should have given it to you before we left, but I was we were gonna obviously well, keep it. But... We'll, we'll be on the way back. We can we can give it back to them when we get there. So kind of you to give it over. You're you got a decent. Pretty hefty sack of coins and jewelry in there that are probably worth about 120 platinum. I'm not gonna count yeah, it. Yeah, of, of a town's <laughs> worth of stuff. I'm just saying, like they had a they had a well amount of nice things acquired over generations, a bunch of family heirloom jewelry and relics and whatnot. And, Surprising amount of valuables from a very small town. What were you paid? Not enough for what we've gotten into. What were you paid? To sail them down from Kintargo, Cypress Point and back. They had us contracted. We're getting daily rates. It was, I think, five gold pieces a night for the crew to sail them. Now, that was counting the captain. He was getting his share out from the triads. We were probably getting, at best, half that. Probably less. Gold or two a day, I'd imagine. Still good pay, like I said, better coin than I've been doing anything else in a city. Look, um, Resme will take um, a little purse out of her personal gold, and she'll hand it to her. Use this to hire more crew, and promise me that you won't carry slavers again. There's 50 gold in there. <laughs> Jesus. Well, yes, one good turn deserves another. Well then. We all... Yeah, crew's gonna be pretty upset with me for turning that purse over, but uh, it wasn't just me who wanted to give it to you. Uh, those of us that are left could have easily taken that to any port in the inner seas and retired off of it. And this is well, not near what that thing's worth, but still a hell of a lot. Your honesty is appreciated. And... Go with our goodwill. I gotta say, it feels like it's children's tale getting paid to some such as this just for, you know, getting over, giving over spoils any sane woman would have kept for herself. But, uh, thank you. Thank you. I mean, that's why we're giving it to you. You're, you're good folk. You know, we met with what, you know, slaying a couple dozen men we'd sailed here with, but for good reason, if nothing else. Uh, It'll be a good tale to tell at the next safe harbor you duck in. I gotta say, something's wrong with me brain somewhere. You know, sailing with the Triad and saying our first slaving run, I had no problem with it so far. And then two days on the open seas and seeing the U lot operate, and I'm turning over a purse pillaged from a village that would have been perfectly fine without random bits of jewelry that weren't ever gonna leave their grandmother's pockets. But, eh, well, maybe. Maybe there's a more legitimate merchant career somewhere, somewhere further from the shackles and. Further from, well, I expected pirates to be our biggest problem, but, you know, roving bands of heroes showing up. <laughs> Is there somewhere that don't have that? Why don't you head... Why don't you head south away from the shackles? I think you'll find that there are plenty of honest folk that way. You know you take willing. this and hire a bard? Just to write the stories of you. You can make a killing just there. Why are you even doing this? Because... I want you to be successful in your life, and you, you've changed, and that change deserves some reward. I don't know if change is necessarily the right word for it. I'm going to take this ship somewhere else and do much the same thing, hopefully with less slaves and even less roving packs of well-meaning adventurers. Or at least if there are, they're equally as well-meaning as you lot. I think you'll find that uh, legitimate business and illegitimate business are operated much the same way. 
if you go to Absalom... One of those is much harder to find. You'll find that there are several wine and brandy merchants there who are looking for good captains to carry their cargo. You got a name for me, because it sounds like you're leading me to a connection. I am. Galatwemen. If you give them that name and tell them that you're an associate of mine, you'll find yourself hired. I'm going to need that written down. I'm <laughs> Absolutely. I'm remember after a day's drink. Some of you can find, uh, even find my way back to the ship. She'll even uh, stamp it with her family's crest. <laughs> it's a letter, actually, that says they saved our lives. She's a good captain. It's a good ship. Absalom, you say? Absalom. I've been that far into the inner seas, and I've heard... Well, tales go in every imaginable direction about the city of the center of the world, they call it. But, you know, a lead's a lead. Not to chart a voyage. That's going to be a few weeks. When I 50 gold will get us there. Sure as anything else. Well, thank you. Good Resume luck. and Roisin and Marshall and Trishik. Mostly you two for not killing us, but... <laughs> Good luck, Captain. Well, you're going to be following up in Sunset Imports, then. Yes, I think, I think it's, it's time likely. for the sun to go down. And she points into the docks. That's it right there. Oh, well, that's very convenient. It's a dock warehouse. Easy enough. It's got its own piers, but I'm not stupid or suicidal enough to bring this dock in there directly. But, you know, right there. You can see that one down there with the two piers sticking out behind that three-master cellist ship. Huh. One good lead deserves another. Well, best of luck to you, I imagine. Well, whoever's in there ain't going to be too happy about it. I ain't done much but loading and unloading, so I can't tell you much about the insides. No worries. We'll, uh, we'll see it for ourselves. I'll try not to burn it down. Uh, uh, Roshin, could I see Beg for a moment? Of course. Well, what do you need in it? It's my own personal things. No, the bag you were handed. Oh, the, the valuables? Bag. Yeah. I'm no! going to pull The valuables out. and the money? No, I'm <laughs> going to pull out a scale that I have in my bag of holding. Is a way to count. Tell us exactly what is what. But we have no idea how much is missing anyway. That is the most Weighing absurd item I've ever seen. It just tells you how much money is there. Does it have a symbol of Abadar on anywhere? Anywhere? No. Really? That sounds like exactly an Abadar. I mean, technically, relic. it's a That's scale, actually, so it is no. a symbol of Abadar. <laughs> yeah. You got me there. <laughs> you win this round. There is literally a feat that does nothing but that. You yeah, look at a pile of money and you know how much there is. So this is a scale, except on the right side there's no second plate. On the left side, you have a plate, you have the middle stand, and on the right side is like a gauge. You put item on left side, you get monetary value on right side. Oh. Huh. So it's like it, it magically, instead of the weight, goes by the value and like, I imagine, pulls this bar up. Yep. Just tells value. you what it value So is. actually, putting a stack of copper on it will make the, the, uh, put, will make the needle come up Less than putting a same stack of silver on it. Yes. Ten like, times less, as a matter of fact. Yes. Equivalent weight. Well, I imagine it's probably going to have like a logarithmic curve to it where it's going to be counting like silvers at the bottom before it's counting like hundreds of platinum, not thousands of platinum near the top. It of doesn't it. specify, so I imagine it has like a multi tiered gauge where like copper affects the first one, you guys silver are the such next nerds. one. But the, the whole <laughs> point. I'm thinking it's going to be a scale that's like one copper, five copper, one silver, five well, silver. Yeah, I want to get like ready for the blacksmith. Gold, one platinum, five platinum. So it's I like got a project to work on. Kind of exp- I guess. Why you like that? Logarithmic, that's logarithmic. <laughs> increasing as But the goes, whole like, point is we can put the bag on the scale and we get a direct monetary value. And I'm saying that Roshin does not think that's a good idea. <laughs> It is fun. I like to count. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's good to know how hey, much... Hey, Here's this thing that lets you teleport away in a cloud of smoke. Hey, here's this bag of valuables. Wait, where'd he go? <laughs> and they never saw True Sheik again. Enough to retire on, you say. Enough for an entire ship screw to retire, you say. Hey, can I see that for a moment? I want to... Perception check. Wait, question mark? <laughs> Let's go sad venture. It is funny that there's a feat that this item for 50 gold completely makes irrelevant. I don't want to talk I about mean, it. I mean, 50 gold is a lot, though. Like, if you I think about like it. I bought like six or seven little trinkets no, no, so that like, are just fun. Here's what it is essentially, <laughs> like, this thing that you just bought for 50 gold, someone just bilked you. It's like, hey, you want to know how much your money weighs? Give me 50 gold and I'll tell you. Yeah, but it works. <laughs> Can you? No, he can prove. He can prove it's valuable if he has at least two of them That's by putting one on the other scale. And it will show that it's worth 50 gold pieces. I think you just no, you, got you can prove it works by just putting coins on it and seeing that it does the thing. I was like, about no, to say, I mean, you can like prove that it's worth better. 50 gold. Yeah, but, you can prove it works and then put it on a different one so you're like, and God says this is worth 50 gold pieces. So. If, I'm done. With, with that logic, wouldn't that just create a paradox at some point? Because then you're going to be like, oh, how do you know it's worth 50 gold? Put another no. scale on top of it. That's a paradox. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> the invisible hand of capitalism is a fundamental force of the universe. Yes. <laughs> Avatar exists. It's so, true. so yes. You're Jesus. You're not wrong. Oh my God. Yeah, it's, it's, Nexus it's for keeping awesome notes. I will let you uh, know my point. Remember my reroll. Nice tabard as well, Roshin. Yeah. I gotta love it. It, it. it warms my cold, dead little game master soul when I have a. Oh, uh, put that in that comment. That's you talking. That's me talking. Okay. It warms. <laughs> It warms my cold, dead little game master heart when players have such prolific notes that they can cover for me messing up things or losing track of a sheet of paper that has information I need on it. My husband can remember all things that are not important. With the help of... Actually, yes, that's true. Not important <laughs> things, yes, I can remember them very well. By the power of the written word. I can remember important things, too, if I, have, if we'll I write them down. We'll put together this Scarlet Triad conspiracy. So... All right. Uh, with the docking fees paid for and the group of you let off here on the docks, the very busy docks that are you know pretty filled with a bustle of sailors and laborers mostly on the piers, uh, seemingly several dock masters dressed much the same with a similar badge on the lapel of their coat, uh, walking around as various ships moor and launch and do their business, uh, charting cargo, running back and forth, uh, several massive cranes. Uh, operating off of huge mechanical systems of winches and pulleys to load and unload the various bays of these ships coming through. Apparently, Sunset Imports is literally right there. So you could just walk directly there. It is it has its own even little docks as part of this these piers. And it's like, you know, 200 feet that way. Okay. I vote we go other direction in the... We could check out at night. For now, we should secure a place to sleep. I agree. Let's go find some place to hang our cloaks. And we have uh, that blacksmith to go look up. Yeah, I got I got a few things to take care of with the blacksmith, and you're more than welcome to come with me. Right, I, so I, need, to, yeah. I need to find gonna... somebody to skin this beta. So we're going to do exactly the opposite of going straight there. <laughs> because we are not going to move this game forward we got, faster. Well, we got stuff to do. We, we can got stuff to do. We can head out into Kintargo. So, uh, Kintargo 
We do have multiple whole, leathers that we need to get sorted out. It is a really mm-hmm. uh, a, a pretty big oopsies. I got changed my <laughs> pretty big oopsies. The whole town's NPCs. a mistake. <laughs> uh, the whole town is these random NPCs. Why is it on fire? Uh, uh, <laughs> the northern half of the city, uh, you can see past the harbor, is almost entirely separated from the southern half. Uh, there seems to be a single bridge far on the eastern side of Kentargo that connects the two halves. And it's a, it's a pretty massive and impressive work of stone spanning several hundred yards uh, with a huge cylindrical almost like guard post tower that the two halves are connected to running across. Uh, but as you walk through the docks, you see a pretty wide assortment of taverns, restaurants, and uh, that, that's, that's mostly what's, what's here, as well as a couple of few general stores selling largely equipment geared to the ships themselves themselves. Rope and what? what well, a- after you finish that sentence, what kind of races are there around? Uh, it is going to be largely majoritively human around Kintargo, but I believe that the town itself actually has a block, and I can tell you, pretty sure it is like 90 percent human, but it's your pretty standard it's not going to be anything out of the ordinary uh, pretty standard mix of humans, a decent amount of half-elves, half-orcs, and half-lings running around, uh, possibly more halflings seeming to be working or uh, shouting out in the, the, the streets advertising for the various taverns than you would usually expect uh, and even a small smattering of far less common races uh, notably a appears to be a sizable Tengu population. Interesting. Not that there's, like, they're by any way a majority, but, like, you would see them at all as opposed to probably something, like, honestly, it's possible none of you have ever seen a Tengu before. I probably Probably not. not. So, like, a giant upright walking crow person. (laughs) Certainly. Severin gets, like, little, like, love things in his eyes. (laughs) He kind of starts floating over that way and I have to kind of grab him back. It's like, not for you. <laughs> I wonder how a crow person talks. Like, do they actually use like their beak just kind of go like a muppet when they talk? Is that how that works? Probably. Or? Now she has to get. They a have muppet. a beak. Don't think of the specifics of how they manage to make words without lips. Yeah. Nah. Because well, they probably because well, birds are able to do that. Yeah, they probably do it all in the throat. Yeah, it probably sounds like a horrible screeching parrot talking. Yeah. So um. <laughs> so definitely no Aruxi. For. Uh, I mean, there would be some, but they're an incredible minority. Like, you probably wouldn't see any. Like, surely there are some in Cantargo. Okay. But. but not like the people aren't seeing him and then yeah. going like, oh, my God, yeah, what the not heck like, is that? Oh, it's a lizard. Yeah. Like, they probably have seen an Aruxi I don't want to be the only one. one. It might just be like, oh, look, an Aruxi. Hey, yeah, no, no one is going to seem in any way bothered by any of your appearances. Okay. Or okay. even the fact that you're walking through town, like... Probably for the simplicity's sake of hauling your armor with it on. Wearing it, yeah. Packing it and your I mean, massive weapons on your, your hips and your back. I'm also a like, very large dwarf. Nobody seems to care. <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody seems bothered at all. I've been rendered absolutely fabulous because you don't come to a new town and dress shabbily. As prepared as you possibly can be. Of course. Um, so for an inn, um, I'm looking for a place that is not super upscale, just some place that looks really nice, kind of in the middle, and just inconspicuous. Mm-hmm. Well, the like, good news is that's about going to be the easiest thing you can find here on the docks, because as much as most of this is uh, shipping cargo and uh, moving goods and stock, 
there are still a lot of travel coming through the docks as well, so the, you would be pr presented with a plethora of the fantasy equivalent of Holiday Inn. Kind Excellent. of spread all up and down the tavern here. And would have no difficulty selecting from an uh, arrangement of general mid-rangey establishments. Uh, one of the nearest ones that you would uh, you would see is simply labeled uh, Yalubilis Inn. What? Yalubilis. Well, like Y-A-L-U. Y-O-L-U-B-I-L-I-S. Why you be like this in? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Uh, and would have its sure. large, uh, it would have a covered porch in the front with it being uh, mid-afternoon. Some people sitting there taking some smaller lunch meals or their tea. The front door is open to a warm-looking interior. Oh, I like that. It seems exactly what we're looking for. Fabulous. And so we, uh, heading inside, you would be able to determine relatively quickly that Yolobilis Harbor is actually what this, this entire area is called. Uh, like it's a district? Yeah, this this whole area, the, the whole dock section of Kintargo is known as Yolobilis Harbor. Oh, okay. Yolobilis? Yolobilis? Spell no, it again? It's why you be like this harbor. That's what we're calling it now. Y-O-L-U. Why you do this to me, Paizo? B-I-L-I-S. <laughs> Yolobilis? I feel like it should be yellow bilis because there's only one consonant, so surely most of Say those are not vowels. B B I L I S I S. Say it again. Yellow bilis or yellow bilis? Stop. Eh, it doesn't have the same thing. <laughs> it does. It's not the same. Mahathala. Yellow so, uh, Just call it yellow. Yellow so, town. Uh, Got it. So, uh, are they halflings? Uh, inside, I mean, there, there certainly would be some. It's not like there's an entire like family halfling establishment. This looks like it is big enough that it's kind of, it's not like a family-run establishment oh, okay. or anything. This is, this is big city time. These people are just paid to be here, and it's not like Breach Hill or anything like that. They have no connection to their establishment. This is just a job. Okay. However, they are nice, polite enough, and you would easily be able to arrange a stay here near the docks in Kintargo uh, for, it would be a silver piece a night. Nice. Breach of us the standard. Yeah, I believe that's the standard like mid accommodation going right yep. as a silver yeah. piece tonight. That sounds right. This is perfect. And roughly how far would we be from the sunset? Sunset imports? imports. Probably I mean I'm imagining you don't want to be literally next to it. Yeah. So uh, we, we would look to be like a, be like two blocks, like two two dock blocks. Yeah, like five, uh, ten minutes. Spread by a lot of yeah, like taverns and warehouses. Not even that far. Uh, because, again, in the era before cars, the scale of everything is generally a lot smaller because True. everything has to be hauled largely by hand or cart. So uh, the whole of the docks across, even though they look like they're most of the city and they are, is still only a few hundred feet. They have a skill, actually, which is on the inside cover. Because it didn't translate over to this map. Uh, the whole of the docks is about 1,200 feet Wow. Okay. Oh, like a less than wow. a quarter mile. Yeah, like the, the settlements, even the big cities, like they're not that big because they can't be because mm. like we don't have the technology to support that really. I was So the whole city is like a half mile across. When I first saw this, I was wondering what kind of massive ship fit into that center dock before I realized that there's a small dock at the end of it. Yeah, it's basically a pseudo canal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's a big boat. And I can give you for uh, simplicity's sake here. As I'm still on Pingus. Ping. This building right in here, uh, the rightmost of that small little pair of warehouses mm -hmm. is Sunset Imports. Keep okay. that explosion marker yeah, nearby. I, will yeah, like, no, I have all those on the map already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And where's... Just in case you want to destroy every building of interest in Kentargo. And uh, where's Central Park? I may or may not do that. <laughs> oh, I see Central Park. Yeah, you can see Central Park. It's pretty far up to the north. Now, you guys, I imagine, would be staying probably over here-ish. Yeah. So, like, sure. a, a little ways in closer to the main roads where it's not, like, the dockside taverns. No. But uh, still very easy walking. You can still hear business in the background. Yeah. Exactly. But we're, uh, we're and, not but, in and it the, doesn't, the it, thick it, of it. It seems to be, uh, given the size of the city... Obviously, if any of you haven't been to major cities before, incredibly busy, but it is one of the quieter areas of Cantargo. Once you're just uh, just in and a little around the corner from the main docks. Uh, from here, you would definitely be able to see this massive stone building in the, uh, the center here, which would just be visible over the tops of, even by your standards, the huge buildings, even this tavern that you're staying in, certainly bigger than anything in Breach Hill. Uh, this here is a massive columned construction of stone. Hmm. Uh, doesn't look like a castle. Roshin would immediately recognize it as almost no defensive value, but intricately worked uh, crenellations and art adorning pretty much every visible surface, even around the outsides of the roofs, where they're almost kind of Greek Parthenon style. So they're set up on massive pillars and columns and even rounded sections of building with these triangular roofs leaving a face on the front for decoration. Perhaps a temple? Hmm. Or a government office, I'd suppose. Same Either thing. Or. Yeah, we could simply ask. None uh, of the decoration would appear to be heavily religious. Uh, it would almost, there would be a lot of depictions of like human figures doing a variety of assorted tasks. Uh, anyone so trained in religion would recognize them as the guises of a rodent. Uh, the various, like, the central tasks of humanity. So this is a monument. Uh, it's, if it's a monument, it's massive. The thing is probably, like, two, three hundred feet. Like, you could fit the entirety of Breach Hill inside that building. That's magic. That would not be hard to make. That's, yeah, well, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, magic but that, is expensive, That so. building could almost literally fit all of Breach Hill inside of it. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. wow. Just so, for, like, a scale comparison. Could certainly fit all of Cypress Point. Probably like two Cypress Points. Easily, yeah. Perhaps we can inquire as to where the artisans are so we can be about our business. Oh, I suppose that's something you could go and look into. Uh, I have a I have a date with Marshall over at the blacksmith's. I do but how do you I'll... know where the blacksmith is if you don't ask? Well, we, that's, that's part of it. We could ask anyone, I suppose. I don't think we'd have to actually travel somewhere to ask. Yes, if we would I'd like to... I'd in fact to start with the innkeeper. I imagine they would know the locales. Ask for yeah. information. Would not be a bad idea. All it's right. good to know surroundings. And the one who would have set you up in the first place who you would be uh, getting your rooms from uh, for your silver piece, which uh, the rooms here, this tavern is also going to provide meals for you. They, they have like a breakfast, a lunch, and a dinner. Oh, uh-huh. That if you are around... What about second breakfast? If you are around, <laughs> they can feed you. Of course, you can pay more for additional food or drinks. But, like, if you're around for whatever they're putting together for breakfast or lunch and you're currently renting a room from them, they'll feed you, too. Hmm. So you don't got to worry about that as well. That, that, I, that's pretty standard across right. the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, where there's not a McDonald's on the corner. So. Well, we do also happen to have a cauldron of instant meal for a bunch of you people. You do have the magical cauldron of instant meal, which is just, I imagine, still swung I over your back. I get tired of stew after a while. Somebody, but it's, it's delicious. It says <laughs> it specifically it so. It has no meat in it. But it's delicious. You can I can fix meat. that. It doesn't need meat. It's already <laughs> delicious. Uh, realistically, that would be being left in the room. I don't want to keep that on my back. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, unke- the innkeeper, or the, the one who is running the counter at the moment, who is a uh, fairly younger, raven-haired woman, very well-kept and kind of dressed up, always with a smile on her face. 
plastered. would be plastered across their face. The retail smile <laughs> would be uh. more than happy to answer any of your questions. So if you ask her about that, that big building, uh, pretty visible from the front of this here, like, oh, that's the Alabaster Academy. It's, uh, it's oh. one of the most uh, prominent universities in all of Cantago, attracting students from across the Anasis. You're never going to believe this, but the the healer in the little town we just went, we just came from, she went to this university. So teaching all kinds of uh, all manners of things, from uh, studies of history or even engineering and alchemy to studies of magics themselves. So that's not as much as a focus there. Do they have a library? Of course they do. They have a wide and open public library and they uh, even license books sometimes for a, a small fee for loans to interested scholars. I'm so excited. Business but, first, resume. Oh. Do you do you know where where we could find perhaps a, a blacksmith and somebody who makes things out of skin? A tanner? A leatherer? A leather worker or uh, artisans of some kind. Uh, well, I could certainly send you any fun of a variety of directions. Uh, judging by your looks, if I may, if you're seeking for arms and armor, uh, the best that I can recommend actually is not far down the road here to the east. Uh, you'll find yourself at the War Cage. Uh, it's run by... Uh, sorry, I don't know. I can't even remember the name of the proprietor, but it runs it himself. Uh, it takes a great interest in the thing, and, and he's got as much understanding and love of the things that he sells out there as, a, as any scholar of their works or even their most favored treatises. But he doesn't smith them himself, so... If you're looking for a, a blacksmith or uh, someone to craft things for you more specifically, uh, I think you can be looking for Jarvis End. Uh, Jarvis End's across the bay, so you'll need to head down the far way uh, to Bleak Bridge and cross over to the southern half of the city. There's no blacksmith in the northern half of the city. Oh, it's okay. I just need the tools and uh, maybe a little assistance and I can do it myself. Well, I, I, sorry, I may have misunderstood. If, you, if you're just looking for very simple work done, I'm sure there's a variety of various uh, small smithies, but that's more of the uh, artisan's role. Uh, the most cra- uh, the most gifted, the, the craftsmen. I'm who, looking for that. Uh, ter- terribly, terribly sorry, my apologies. What was his name again? Uh, whose name? The artisan blacksmith's name. Oh, no, Jarvis End is the, the district across the bay. Oh, uh, okay. it, it doesn't just have smiths, but it's got leather workers, it's got artists and painters and go. seamstresses, and it's... Well, uh, that sounds like what we need to be headed. I can get a new dress made. The this theaters, is so exciting. The theaters and dance halls, uh, great casinos... Uh, it's all kinds of arts, entertainment, and, well, the general life and the center uh, of any of those who have even heard the name of Shellen. 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 This is going to be very interesting for that poor boy. Um, anyway, maybe we'll go dancing later. Perhaps something we could celebrate our victory. Oh, oh of our business that we've come here to do. Oh, but I've never been to a big city without my parents before. Have any of you ever been to Cantago? Uh, first time, I'm afraid. It's well, uh, quite impressive. Oh, there's yeah. a lot to see. Uh, if I can recommend here on the southern side of town, there's, there's, there's two of the greatest, uh, the greatest draws of the city, though unfortunately one is largely shut down. You can't actually enter it at the moment, but still worth going by just to see. Uh, if you came by ship or even by road, I'm sure you saw the old castle. Uh, Castle Cantargo, home now of the Silver Council, the ruling body of all of Ravenel, where the decisions are made and where once the Order of the Torrent was housed. Uh, they won't let you into the inner chambers, of course, but they do have tour groups that are led around the courtyards and into some of uh, the outer areas to let you really see. Uh, the castle stood up to many a siege in the era of Cheliax, and it's truly an impressive work of engineering. 
And down near the center of the area, there's the entirety of Temple Hill on the southern end of the town named for it, uh, what's now the People's Temple. Uh, it's undergoing a lot of renovations, you know, since breaking away from Chelyak's. Well, one repurposed thing, understandably. The Silver Council wants the Asmodian iconography removed and having it restyled to be more of a civic center. But still, the building's impressive. You were telling Thank me you. the names of a lot of places that I now want to sneak into. That's what I was, I was just saying. This like is you, a very important place. You're not allowed inside. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking in, you say? Did you say crime? <laughs> I want to test out my new feet. And your cloak. Press the infiltrate button. Ah, this is the Kentargo. Uh, I thought it sounded familiar. Isn't this the place where open practice of religion is is strictly, is strictly cracked down on them? Oh no, I'm sorry. You you must be thinking of Rahadum. Uh, Rahadum's to the south, across the uh, the Great Bridge and the uh, across the inner seas, the other side of Chelyax. Oh, excellent. I was wondering why I hadn't been accosted yet. No, they have the pure legion down there, and I don't even imagine they'd let you wear a tabard like that or even a necklace like yours, miss. I'm sure they'd try to stop me. Uh, I've never been down there myself. I've only heard tales. I'm, I'm so excited. Are we gonna cross the bridge? Come on, lass, let's go. Well, if you're <laughs> headed down there and you're interested more in uh, civic kind of sightseeing as well, the House of Truth and Clarity is down near the south, uh, southern gate. That's the main civic center of the city for now. Uh, there's much there of interest, and most of it is open in public. Oh, this is wonderful. It's like vacation. Well, if you three, if you three would like to cross the bridge and go take care of business, I can spend my day around here talking, learn a couple things. Okay. Makes sense. Get a lot done. Can I go by myself? Is that okay? Well, we're all going in the same direction, and I, I mean, I, I don't I figure we cross the bridge and then we go our separate ways. I'm sure there's a watch, and I'm sure they keep good order. But at the same time, oh, I'm we, not worried about that. This... I can always kill somebody. We notice. <laughs> I'm sure you can take care of yourself. I apologize for I, her. Uh... <laughs> I understand. Cantago, uh, of course, is its fair share of the, the adventuring sorts and mercenary types, and not to imply that's what you are. But... No. It is, to be perfectly fair, it is exactly what we look like. We're very rarely paid for any of the good we do, actually. We're like the opposite of mercenaries. And yet it's still strangely profitable. That's because when you do good things, you get rewarded. Didn't I just prove that? Well, uh, my name's Renair. I work here most uh, most weekends, and well, through Wheeldia, if you need me, if you need any more assistance, I've I was raised in the city, and I know most of it very well. If you got any further questions, I could certainly send you any directions you need. Thank you. We'll come back to you on that. If you get here late at night after sundown, and I'm not here, the last recommendation I can make is up against the northern wall. Uh, so it's called the Long Roads Coffee House. Uh, pretty much straight on the other side is the Alabaster Academy from here. Coffee. They are. They are. Tip her. <laughs> <laughs> she put her hand on the coin. Uh, they are. A very impressive sort. And they. They've really taken off since, well, the Silver Council took over. They were once the heart of, re- of a rebellion. There was a coffee house rebellion? Well, it was a coffee house, but... Uh, you'd, be, you'd be strangely surprised how many revolutions have started in coffee houses. And taverns, too. Mm. It's said that uh, they sheltered a lot of the revolutionaries during the, well, uh, the War of Independence before Ravenel became his own. Uh, it's where they sheltered many from the tyrannical rule of the Barzillai and Cithurans. The rest of Cithurans, I should say. 
What an interesting place this is. Yes. Yes. If it's the original building, it'll be even more remarkable. Uh, those coffee houses tend to get burned down an awful lot, on account of harboring all the revolutionaries. Yes, I'd like to get a good look at it. Well, if you do good, sir, uh, tell her Ryanair sent you. She's a friend of mine. Oh, will do. Perhaps uh, when, uh, if you get off later, uh, we'll uh, take you to dinner. Well, I'm simply doing my job. I don't need any, fo- any more, uh, any more since I'm. I very much appreciate the tip. But uh, I, I, I just walk up to, to her and I just grab her by dress. Come on, Missy, quit your flirting. Let's go. I'm not flirting. I'm trying to make a friend. Come on. I just, at this point, I just. Enjoy your taco. <laughs> I just have you over my shoulder. I'm like, come on, Missy, let's go. Do you realize me? You literally just asked her out on a date after tipping her. It's rather creepy, actually. Uh, I didn't mean it for it to sound like that. I just wanted to get to know her. She seems really nice. She does it that, I suppose. See? You're just pessimistic. You, you always think the worst of people. You think they're going to... It's not pessimism. It's called experience. We have uh, exactly the right experience of people, don't we? I'm afraid so. Oh, I hate being naive. It's okay. I'll put you down, Missy, if you behave. Yes, indeed. No more running off and asking people to make friends. Okay. I put her down. This is a city. No one makes friends in a city. They don't? <laughs> and we go on to the uh, artisan district. I'll be making some friends today. <laughs> yes, lots of friends. So as the group of you... You're going to take a stab at it. Ah. As the group of you make your way down to the, uh, the clear and very obvious bridge that leads across the southern end of the city here, uh, there's a fairly ornate brass sign in front of it uh, labeled Bleak Bridge, which strikes you as an oddly kind of dark name for what appears to be a large tourist attraction. And tourist attraction it is, because not only is it a pretty massive, impressive construction, uh, Ravenel's independence and existence is, is pretty new. And, well, not being shellish anymore is really good for tourism, it turns out. <laughs> so there's a... I, I just look at it. Uh, I know I'm not one of those fancy artsy-tartsy types of people, but uh, that name... It doesn't really seem very fitting, does it? Hmm. It would stand in pretty stark contrast to the decent amount of uh, smiling faces and seemingly happy families that are here uh, by the bridge. Uh, You can see not one, but probably a dozen different uh, easels of various sizes sketch artists have set up to draw portraits of families standing in front of the bridge. It's very curious. I wonder if uh, perhaps uh, the old government went and uh, hung dissidents off of it or something. We'll figure it out later, but we got what to do. Come on. Are you trained in society? No. It's totally what they did, yeah. <laughs> I'm not Roisin has just seen people hanging off of bridges I'm, I'm in her life. I'm trying desperately <laughs> not... Absolutely why it's called that. I'm trying desperately not to substantiate her idea that everyone is out to hang you. <laughs> Despite the evidence to the contrary. But there is an imp- a pretty... Surprisingly large and bustling market of smaller tents and shops, uh, much like these little sketch artists that has kind of just developed around the mouth of Bleak Bridge, uh, with pretty spectacular smells of uh, various solvents and salts and flowers and foods, as well as a, a large contingent of, again, more artists and craftsmen making their various little trinkets and baubles to pot off, get your Cantargo and blazing shot glasses, like... (laughs) (laughs) A little model, cast models. Little castle models and plaster, yeah. Can can I at least get snacks? I mean, I don't see why not. 
it's part of the part of the experience. Yeah. We're totally just, gonna buy street food and taste like a little bit of everything. Be all kinds of various treats and sweets and jerkies and meats. You said uh, jerky. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Some just would picks even up have the like <laughs> even have some small like smokers set up. There would even be uh, some simpler smiths that are making things there uh, that are working on similar portable anvils and small uh, billows fed forges hmm. to. Right. Make little bits of work. Uh, some small daggers, uh, some more letter openers, but largely a bunch of various like actually, plates I'm, and ornaments. Well, before we go to the actual weaponsmith, I actually stop by one of them. Like, ah, excuse me. Uh, I go up to one of the like smaller blacksmiths that are working yeah. like knives and stuff. Huh? A pretty heavy set man uh, sitting near the forge with pretty much just an apron over his upper body. Otherwise, large, pretty sweaty and hairy with massive gloves on. Hi. What can we do for you? Hi, I was just uh, wondering if you maybe uh, would be so inclined if you uh, help me with a special personal project that I'm I'm doing this by myself for the record. Uh, As he's sitting there, he's still kind of just like pumping the. I was wondering if maybe you could help me with a little special project for me and my crew. I certainly take commissions if that's what you're asking. Yeah, well, I just start digging in my bag and I take out a couple sheets of the uh, the Drake leather that I harvested. I'm going to need to make some sheaths and some handles for some uh, fancy daggers custom made with this. Oh. Ooh, that's a bit of a project. Uh, oh, don't worry. I'm a craftsman myself. I just need tools and I'd be more than happy to help you. Well, no, as much as I'd like you. to take this on, if you want to leave that uh, with me for a few days, what are you looking to get made? You say handles and daggers and whatnot. Well, I just kind of shuffle around. I pull out my family dagger. I want something like this, but make it a little bit more personal. And then I take like a piece of parchment and some like ink that I have in my bag. And I want this symbol on the sh- on the um, on the sheath. And then I show him. I I can etch it. All right. So if I uh, toss you a little bit of uh, some money and uh, leave you some materials, and if you need help, said come out uh, a couple days. Let me know exactly what it is you're looking for. And... Oh well, I'll need five daggers. Sheath and all. all right. um, and then I, I just kind of doodle what I'm explaining what he you wants. Want five, you want clan daggers that are... Uh, my, my version of clan daggers, yes. Right. Five clan daggers with sheaths with this drake leather. Yep. And he'd... Uh, and, and the handle's made out of it, too, because right. I have more than leather, trust me. He'd note it all down. It's going to take me some time to do for sure, but uh, I think I can make it happen. Uh, you... Uh, you live, you're from Kentago? You're passing through? Oh, I'm not from here. I'm staying here for a little bit. But I feel like, well, I'll be here for a bit. But I'll, I'll check in. It's probably going to take me the better part of a week uh, we'll to here. hammer each of these out. We'll, we'll be here for a little bit. Oh, yeah. We're, we're yeah. playing well, this well, well, we'll, be, we'll be here for a little bit. I'll be checking in every but, couple of days. Uh, you give me these materials here. I can fill in with the metals and whatnot. Uh, the rest is that. Uh, this is some... Uh, some interesting work here, but I, I can handle it. Uh, give me about, let's say, uh, eight gold ahead. So, forty gold for the set of, of these daggers here. Oh, I think we could go ahead and do that. Give him half. I'll give you half now. He's, and he's it, by himself. He's, he's trying yeah. to get no. away from oh. you guys. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say. Oh, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this yeah, is a this is a this is a personal project yeah, he's, that he's, he's doing. Specifically, trying to not let you guys. Oh, okay. Nonchalantly, it's supposed to be a surprise, but you know. Obviously, you guys like the players now, but your characters aren't here. Got it. So, tell you what, I'll do half now and the other half when you're done. Oh, yeah, sounds more than fair. All right. 20 up front, 
I'll get this uh get this working for you. I'm gonna need to sketch out some designs and get these all ready. Uh, if if you could, uh, can you leave that one of yours with me so I can build uh, just kind of sketch some schematics and designs largely as a template to make the rest of these? Because otherwise, I'm gonna be doing it largely from memory. Uh, well, I can leave you a sketch, but I'm not going to be able to leave you with my clan dagger. That's uh, not the first work I've done for dwarves. I know how you are with your knives. I'm right? sorry. Unfortunately, this is all we got left of my family. I understand. Uh, well, perhaps then, if you can leave it with me for an hour so I can draw some sketches with that and come back by Zen and pick it up. Well, you're welcome to sit here for, for that. Again, it'll be a lot better if I at least have something to work with, other than a, a simple vision. There's a lot of minutiae to a blade such as that. All right, this is what I'm going to do. Let me show you something first. This is big red. That's a little bigger than something I can set up in before it's here. No, 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 no. I'm just introducing you to him. And this is my pride and joy. And let me make something very clear. I'm going to be back in an hour for my clan dagger. And if something happens you to You ain't got to threaten me, lad. I've been doing business here for years. I'm just, got a single client go away unsatisfied. And I'm I've just never... letting you know. I'm just letting you know. But I trust your judgment for now. But with my travels, I've been double-crossed quite a bit. So he, you know, still, like, keeping full eye contact. Here's the dagger for now. But like I said, one hour. He takes it and slides it slowly out of the sheet and uh, kind of looks over the, the hilt and uh, looking very kind of precisely at how it connects on the blade and whatnot before he reaches down and starts taking out some rolls of parchment and some uh, writing equipment. I should have well enough uh, well enough of an idea by then. All right. Come back by in an hour. I'll be here. All right. So I drop him the 20 gold and I go to shake his hand and firm, build, firmly. Build shake on that with his massive leather <laughs> mitt that's kind of hard to get your hand around because it's so just bulky. Well, the, yeah, I was about to say my butt. Both of guys have giant gloves <laughs> on. Overly manly grips. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go back to join with uh, Richie. I'm like, okay, I'm done with my business. Uh, I got that started. We'll go and get the armor taken care of. You guys got on. some assorted snacks. Uh, pitch some coppers like, for probably. Yeah, I think, like, yeah. I think Resume and Roshin are actually getting sketched, so we actually have time if you want to just. Like, I, actually, if anything, I feel like I'm walking up to you, and you guys are just like in awkward poses, and you just artists kind of like I'm just like, oh, let this. What? We're taking our first picture together as sisters. Oh, if you want that self, anyway, when you're done, let's let's get going. So, Trushi, because you're kind of just wandering around your own here, <laughs> something that may stand out to you as interesting is uh, in I'd front of the I'd still be bridge, in the dock district. I wouldn't have crossed oh, you, you didn't. Well, yeah, this is at this end of the bridge, I imagine. Did you not yeah. come with them to the bridge? I, yeah. I would come with them to the bridge, see them off, and then I'm exploring the dock district to try and learn about who runs things and what's going oh, on. Okay, fair enough. So you're heading off on your own to go figure out some other stuff for your own. Pertinent information for when we bother to deal with the uh Kind of case in triad. the area. Yep. Uh, so were you going to try to sneak kind of around Sunset Imports itself, just to kind of get a look? Not like up to the building, but like the... Not at all. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Nelly Nell Gaming. Thank you for that resub, appreciate it. So you get to lay a land there, you two spend, uh, a surprisingly short 15-20 minutes getting a... Except a, a decently well-done, charcoal-sketched portrait of the two of you standing there with the bridge in the background. The face uh, is certainly happier than Roshin's expression has literally ever been. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just looking at this going, it's not accurate. You're smiling. That's not accurate. <laughs> and uh, It was hard to hold. I think he just made it up at some point. Dropping five <laughs> silvers for this uh, 
neat little frame sketch you got here. He's got it in a framed canvas. Uh, so it's a it's a solid thing. A little, it's, it's pushing what you can fit in a bag of holding, but. I, I got that taken care of if necessary. You can, <laughs> Shrink. You can make it very small and then you can put it in the bag of holding. After 10 minutes of ritualistic wizard casting. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do it later. Uh, you would cross the bridge and uh, as you go to cross it, you see you're not coming with him at all. As we'll, you go to we'll cross split it, there. you would notice not one, uh, but a pair of massive signs uh, posted up that are uh, a wood white kind of rectangle painted uh, very authority, uh, very uh, and a very fine, very plain, very matter of fact, very stately hand. Very official looking. Very official looking. Uh, True shit, don't notes, steal stuff. Just in, in bold, massive capital letters, no toll for bridge. <laughs> and uh, below that, any collectors prosecuted harshly. Hmm. On both sides of it. There's no trolls in this town, are there? And you don't get no rolls. I wonder if there's a story behind that. Probably. Probably. <laughs> but this bridge is so large that most of these, like these sketch artists and these uh, various little stalls and markets, actually sprawl all the way across the bridge itself. Hmm. Uh, it appears that the guards do keep them organized into kind of a strip right down the middle, so that either side of it is clear with enough space to pass probably two wagons or one particularly large wagon down clearly. But all the way down, this bridge is huge. It's just two sides. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's like it's, a seven hundred foot bridge or so. Wow, I meant wide. Yeah, it's it's like seven hundred feet wide. And it's probably like oh, yeah. No, it's it's pretty long. This uh, let me let me give you the general scale look just so you can estimate here because it the uh, the way the map came with the uh, the map file, it took the details off of the actual. But this black and white little bar that's twelve hundred feet. Wow. So. It is a pretty big That's bridge. That's a large bridge. It is a pretty big bridge. It's a pretty wide bridge. Uh, it is a truly impressive uh, construction unto itself. Hmm. And you're right way to the far side where you would notice that on the there matching pair of signs on the back side, no toll for bridge. Collectors right. prosecuted harshly. Not going to collect anything. Uh, before you are let out into a much more packed district on the other side. Uh, the few buildings immediately visible are mostly restaurants, and uh, spas and baths. Uh, but the buildings here are all much just physically smaller, much more closely compacted. Uh, here you'll find more general stores of more of a variety of supplies and food and necessities. Uh, but to your right, so on the far side of the harbor, is clearly visible a spread of what you were directed to uh, with a massive, what must be opera house, uh, pretty visible a few blocks away. Most of these shops being artisans' guilds, uh, craftsmen's stores, or fine smiths. I think that's what we're looking for. All right. Brilliant. And there is a... Yeah, there's a... It's a rather pleasant walk, I have to say. There's oh, a yeah. dance hall, there's theaters, there's just entertainment centers, fine, more high-end, fine dining restaurants... And uh, some casinos, a far cry from, like, the weird illicit gambling dens that you would probably find in, well... It's just called the Pig's Ear Tavern, honestly. It's called the Pig's Ear Tavern. <laughs> yeah. These are finer and more legitimate run casinos. Well, I suppose let's find a tanner. Well, and if we stay in town for too long, they won't be. Yeah, fi- 
finding a uh, tanner or a smith to be able to do the work for yep. you here is mm-hmm. no trouble whatsoever. Yep. Uh, and you would easily be able to find somebody to pay for their time to repair your shield properly. Perfect. Uh, that would, uh, since your shield is mostly intact, he doesn't need that long. He doesn't even need to like take. He's like, he can do the work right there. Uh, for two silver pieces, he can be able to get that back to the, the face that it should be. Done and done. And... Oh, by the way, that... Very easily succeed. Oh, perfect. Did did uh, we need to pull out a common cash for the dagger? I don't know if you've been dumping all your oh, cash I, I, common I, or if I you have, have, a, I have a stash. A, I have an okay amount of gold on me, so... Okay. Um, leftover character creation money. Yeah, left, I have a little bit left. I have, I have enough to pay for the daggers and not too much else. I have, like, 80 gold left before, before I give them the other 20, so... Given, like, uh, 15, 20 minutes to... Uh, set things up and get ready and make sure he does it carefully. Uh, much different from just hammering it out. He's using a variety of different vices and levers uh, to more adjust presser, pressure, get it perfectly stock still and just very lightly uh, start by getting the larger dents out before largely working it with a uh, with something that's almost kind of a, akin to a polisher. Mm. It's just sort of pushing the, uh, the shape back into it. He'd restore 20 health to it. Okay. Which, uh, does that put it to full? Nope. Okay, because I need to. I do need to check if that critically succeeds. So, what do you have? Uh, so the uh, shield was at forty-seven health out of a total of eighty. What? What, what do you have? Your, what is your shield? Oh, what is it? It is a steel shield that is a less. That was the question, yeah. Because like, what level the shield is, or what DC it is to repair it. Oh, I got you. It's like the level five shield. Level five shield. Um. He is definitely going to critically succeed at that. And I think critically succeeding on repairing is just double. Yeah, so that I sounds right. I think he just restores 40 health to it. Oh, okay, perfect. Well, in that case, I'm back up to full. Because I had to check what the, the value of would two be. silver. Wait a minute. Do we still have that mithril hammer that in our bag? Did we ever have a mithril hammer? No. Or not the hammer. Uh, we have a the, the adamantine battle axe. Oh, adamantine An- battle axe. Uh, adamantine battle axe. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. I think so. Yeah, well, yeah. I have unless, it. unless you sold it, yeah. What do you want a tenor for? So I have beta. Oh, you want to get the, the yes. beta high? Oh, we still have a third, a third of a beta left. We do indeed. So that is going to be a project. Uh, there would be a tannery here with access to a bunch of various tanning vats and whatnot. Uh, and the commissions they take usually are like they they have agreements. So the ones that will be smaller, it would just be like, hey, I just want this. My son managed to hunt a boar. Can you tan this? or like taxidermists, would not have tanks large enough to deal with something like this. Uh, not without it taking weeks, if not months. Well, we don't need the whole thing done in like one. That's what I'm asking. Chunk. What, do you, what yeah. do you want done here? So um, I was hoping uh, for some armor. Yeah, we, we need it cut down into sizable chunks. chunks so that we can make armor, maybe some boots. And then turned into decorative and fancy armor. So to chop a hunk off of that, because it is so massive. Yeah, I mean, get, but getting an appropriately uh, workable hunk, <laughs> it is kind of hard to cut through normally because it is pretty resilient. Um, it's going to cost you... They they will tan it, and they have it at tan. Like, they have craftsmen there that can also, like, just create leather armor mm-hmm. from it. If you just want one set of leather armor, or... Like, what, what is it you want specifically? Um, I don't think we'd actually thought that far ahead. Well, <laughs> if you want to tan a bunch of beta hide, it's just going to depend on how much beta hide you want tan. If you want them to actually make something for you, it depends on what you want. Um, so I was thinking, um, 
Oh, baby. While you're thinking, Q times in with a huge raid. Oh, my God. Oh. It's always at the end. All right. Well, we don't have anything after us, so I think we're legally obligated to at yeah, least continue I mean, we a bit can just further keep Yeah, that's yeah, only okay, fair. Right? Not, it's only we're not, fair. We're not going anywhere. We so, are welcome to the debating party. how exactly to pay a leather worker to tan the hide of this pseudo dragon that we killed that is very large to do things with it. Um, so an idea that I did have is if we have so much of it, and it is worth something just in the materials, if we wanted to make the things we want out of it, we could just then offer to give them the rest of it to make of it what they would as part of the payment. That's fair enough. Uh, did we have a plan for it? I mean, I still have the three things of Drake hide in my bag, too. Um, I was, I was hoping to, uh, at least make a pair of boots out of it, and then maybe... Is it armor that you could wear? Well, I could wear it, but uh, I think the plate serves me a bit better. Well, and then I was hoping to make something more decorative, maybe, maybe a jacket or something. Well, this beta hide uh, that you're describing. <laughs> I'm still, I'm I still thinking nice about jacket. making you a fancy, <laughs> a nice like suit. black dragon scale <laughs> jacket and some boots. That would be real neat. <laughs> And then maybe some decorative you get off armor. Entirely well, the wrong impression. You need to go to Nadal. They worship paint over there. Are there, <laughs> <laughs> are there any kind of uh, special properties of this thing uh, that might give us a bit of an idea of what to make of it? Sure. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna make you a fancy like fire drake suit so you can look <laughs> like a true mob boss. Oh, I see a session reroll. Double breasted. Double breasted. Oh, there we go. That's we actually better. haven't had to use our, our rerolls this session. So much today. There's uh, been a lot of yeah. All the rolls have been massively a lot of good, RP though. Stuff. That's going to be a 30. Hey, nice. Betas are exceptionally large. There's a special property. <laughs> These are very large. Uh, let me check. I actually, real quick, I do not remember if Sami had a beta. Just beta. Just beta. Beta, what did you do? Beta. Beta. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, looking it over, this is kind of in the middle. Whereas the Drakeheim wasn't itself resilient enough to really imbue any kind of natural properties, the Betahide, while not, still not a true dragon, is certainly much sturdier. Uh, that said, it's not going to protect you like it's not gonna, it's not metal. It's not gonna protect you nearly as well as metal. And it's not, it's not fundamentally different from traditional treated leather enough. That's going to be like an AC variance at all. Uh, what it'll mainly do is serve a purpose almost kind of like adamantine. Uh, just by the nature of what the beta hide is, the armor itself will be much more resilient, or at least somewhat more resilient, in addition to being completely immune to acid damage outright because, well, betas are. That's oh. just the nature of their hide. You know, gloves would be a very good idea then. And you would also know as 10th level adventures at this point that... The things that try to kill your armor generally do it via acid damage, visa Vigilantis Cube. Things you've uh, experienced on your various journeys. Hmm. You know, we could make some pieces that would cover our open parts so that if we needed to deal with acid, that the things that weren't covered by the rest of our clothing and such wouldn't get hurt. It's not super going to protect you from the acid, but it's not going to dissolve in the acid. Yeah, perhaps it might not be well, a not bad idea. Not more than regular armor, I guess. Right. Maybe gauntlets? 
In case we ever have to go reach into something that we yeah. might need uh, yeah. some covering for. That actually but makes also, a lot of sense. But yeah. also crafting gloves. There's lots of people who would want acid-resistant crafting gloves. <laughs> What's poison-resistant crafting? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Acid's a different I, type of poison. I, I put acid cool. directly on his knife and stab people with it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. So, um... <laughs> it's got a knife with a giant like tube in the middle of it and just have a trigger that squirts acid out of it when you stab people. <laughs> Got him. It's yeah. called an injection spear in first edition. I don't know if it exists in 2E yet. There's the rapier. Oh, right. There's the rapier that does with poisons. So, it's yeah. a knife in real Gloves, life. Gloves, mm-hmm. gauntlets, yep. uh, a decorative set of armor, and some boots. Okay. So, and you, your your uh, exchange here is you're going to let them keep the rest of it? Um, Yeah, and whatever else they want, but that would be a piece of it. Okay. So, uh... Looking at this third of a beetle they have, it's a huge amount of leather, and it's certainly interesting. Gloves, gauntlets, boots, decorative set of armor is going to take, to work all that together, uh, it's still going to take a decent amount of their own supplies, because obviously they're not yeah, going to no, make of it straight I, out of beta hide. Of course. Uh, but getting to keep the rest of it to work with is certainly an intriguing prospect. It's and not the, often that a leather it, worker gets acid-resistant The man stuff. who runs this who uh, does not appear to have the same accent as most of the other people in Kentargo. That is an interesting prospect. I... We will have to supplement this with some of our own leathers and padding, of course, to make it... It needs... If we're going to create it, it needs to be at least up to our standards. Of course. But uh, the rest of this for us to work with that uh, that is uh, certainly have value. Let Let me see. This would have to clear a significant amount of room in the vats. But we don't have to do all of this at once, of course, to do your initial project. Um, I'm thinking that perhaps five gold to cover our leathers, our padding and materials and labor. Uh, but, of course, that is largely covered by the rest of this we will have to work with. Five gold for all of these sets. A glove, pair of gloves, pair of gauntlets. Done. A decorative set of armor. It will be decorative, not terribly protective. <laughs> That's fine. Done. I was about to say, well, while you're at it, I'd be willing to ask you about... I pull out a sheet of the uh, the fire drake leather. Make a fancy suit for a very fairly tall friend of mine about yay tall and... Like literally, like a suit jacket. Like a suit jacket. Like make, almost like I, I tux just, vest. Yes. I, I, I pull out more paper. And I'm like, apparently, despite being a dwarf, I'm fairly decent at designing things. With hey, you got you got, you got that. Cra- you can schematic. You just can't write legibly. I can't like, exactly <laughs> explain it, but I'm just like, there you go. Something that, like uh, this. That that uh, that should be doable. Uh, Drake height is not terribly uncommon. This here, this uh, bida you say, this is much thicker. This is uh, yeah. It will be uh, an interesting challenge to work. So uh, some of this that you, you uh, is ostensibly seems gift, we will need to ensure that the product we give you is quality. Uh, but Drake, much simpler, works much like traditional leather. I figured it's something fun to work with. You can make a fine jacket out of that. Uh, I can accent it, supplement it with uh, uh, some some deeper red, almost uh, burgundy padding. It should come out well. Those, oh, those... maybe some. I almost uh, forgot one other thing. Great on it. I want. This, as like the patch on the, on the chest, right there. This little symbol. I'll take that. Uh, we can we can do. Uh, 
we'll have to outsource him. Uh, you want embroidered or you want well, just, as... Yeah, just etch it in, you know. If you have to. Just, we'll have to have I would a, say burn it, but it's fire resistant. It will <laughs> need to be a separate badge to be visible against the texture of the scale and the oh, yeah. if you want that preserved. I trust, um, your, I trust your, this, your judgment. This is finer work. This is, uh, I, I think, maybe eight gold I make. Deal. Maybe some copper buttons could very well set off the... Brass is what I was uh, thinking in mind, but we can discuss lovely. specifics as we, uh, as we progress. Oh, yeah, yeah. This so, is so fun. So, gold. Okay. We kill lots of dragons, so this could be an excellent partnership. Uh, my name is Kuno. I actually own the, uh, the vats and the tanneries here. I'm Resme. Uh, Marshall. Resme and Marshall. Roshin. And Roshin. Uh, this would be an interesting uh, project. I look forward to this. I will put forth my best for it. Uh, I will oversee this personally. This one. And make sure that this all comes through well. But uh, it will take us a, a bit, perhaps, to experiment with this hide, as it is so so thick. Our tra- a lot of our traditional tools may not be able to cut through this well. When you succeed and everything is lovely and beautiful, the drinks are on me. Very well, I will get started. Uh, feel free to stop by uh, whenever we are open, uh, to an hour before su- an hour after sunrise to an hour before sundown. Uh, we will let you know how the progress is. Uh, of course, you may have as much of a hand in this production as you wish. But uh, let me give me a brief moment to prefer, prepare some uh, designs with some basic questions like buttons and uh, threading and colors. And uh, then he would work with you briefly, drawing up some, some pretty simple sketches and pulling out a book he has of, of different designs. Uh, one of just various vests and gowns and, yeah. and just like nobleware, looking through like what kind of pattern, I what kinda, kind of actual de- design you would want. Yeah, I kind of go with a, like a little bit more of a traditional uh, dwarven royalty style considering my culture but at the same time because i basically acknowledge trishik here is kind of a quote-unquote mob boss type of <laughs> physique so uh, before, i figured it would be appropriate for him <laughs> before he gets into some specifics like buttoning and pockets and uh practicality and yeah fi- of course measuring everybody up for for fits taking you to his crafters introducing you uh to some of the leather work he has and an attached little it's like a two-sided building because mm-hmm. the main bulk of it is is tannery and vats and everyone and everything He's more than willing to tour you around the place with uh, yes, what you're investing absolutely. if you wish to see. Though, uh, he would warn you in advance that the tannery does not smell good because that is an unavoidable consequence of running a tannery. Man, um, it's going it's to smell right. like chemical baths. It's going to smell like very aggressive chemical baths, yeah. It's not pleasant. Still very interesting. It's not pleasant, and you probably shouldn't come back there dressed particularly well uh, because it is very likely that something will stay in somewhere and even as he is presenting like he, he's always he's got a fairly heavy outfit for being the face of this uh but you get that all sorted out and figured mm-hmm. uh your shield fixed beta and drake leather projects and yep. process and it would be probably mid late afternoon, maybe like four or five p.m. You'd have a few well, hours. I mean, of I come back left. and get my dagger back after. Yeah, of course. After yeah. after that, you'd head immediately back and retrieve yes. your client dagger, which would be perfectly fine. You'd, nothing had happened. To I it. mean, the only other thing I was gonna try and go out and do with the blacksmith was seeing if maybe I don't know if blacksmith can do that, but help me modify my axe if you catch my drift. Modify it like magically or like. Uh, Either make the blades to where they're more like uh, jagged, like almost like oh, a saw yeah. blade. Blacksmith could definitely do so that. I can attempt bleeding if I can, and then if the magic stuff, I would probably find somebody for that if I can. You could make a bit more of a sawtooth axe, but uh, the blacksmith would recommend that it's probably better and easier because uh, there's only so much you can do with a weapon that's already 
made it hardened. It's not like mm. you can just reheat it up and work with it some more. True. Um, but so you, know, you would recommend you. I mean, it's not same, like I'm going to his system or. You'd anything. recommend the same thing that Rainer and the tavern had done, which is the workage, uh, not fire from the docks, mm-hmm. that uh, was run by he says an incredibly knowledgeable uh, Tengu. It was more martial artist than he is salesman, and he okay. knows his weapons. Okay, I'll probably go and see him myself then. And I am looking for a modiste for this lady right here. What? A what? A what? Somebody who uh, dresses and styles and makes things for you. Oh, oh, a a tailor. That's what they call it for men. (laughs) For women, they call it something different. I think it's still a tailor. Why do I see you dragging her and then she's like, Marshall, save me. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, wide eyed, panicked. I'm I'm just like, you had your time with me. It's. Have have fun with the ladies' night. <laughs> as I snicker and laugh as I walk off. <laughs> I'll be drinking with you later. I know. You'll need it. <laughs> so, uh... Oh, yeah. Modiste, look at that. A fashionable Meline or dressmaker. Eh. You're welcome. Okay, I guess that's a thing that exists, and I know that now for the next ten Learning. minutes before I forget that word. The last time but, she did uh, it was Runcible Spoon. I do like Runcible Spoons. <laughs> What is a runcible spoon? That is a long story. Okay. We'll, we'll save that for another time. We'll possibly guess it. That's space for later. So you would drag Roisin off to a, a she-tailor. Yes. To a... <laughs> I haven't had anything in the latest fashion in a while, too, so we're both going to get measured. So uh, here in Kintargo, uh, although Ravenel itself has seceded from Chiliax and become its own nation, the fashion certainly hasn't. And uh, a lot of that has actually stuck around in a surprising way. So it's very almost gothic. Hmm. It's a lot High of colors. Yeah, dark and black. You and, know, actually, uh, it would really work well with Roisin's complexion. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to look like a damn vampire. I probably will. She's an God, she has a red the, eye, too. She's tones. an emo kid, because more of it as can be. <laughs> but that, that would be the, uh, the high end of fashion at the moment. You... Would head off to the uh, the work cage, which is not very far from where you're staying, and all would be maybe a block away, like halfway awesome. between where you're staying and Sunset Imports. Uh, even on the like Sunset Imports, this building that Sierra had pointed out being visible from uh, the streets outside the work cage, but it's kind of named appropriately. The building is surrounded by a huge like iron fence that's clearly decorative. Hmm. Uh, the gaps in between the bars, vertical and horizontal, do resemble uh, the massive, like okay. a, a almost comically oversized cage around the building itself. Which I mean, is, comically oversized, I'm kind of an expert with that. Which is, left, <laughs> uh, which is left mostly open. The building itself set near the back that's an actual interior structure is relatively small. Cool. And outside of it, you can see uh, there are covered but visible massive racks and displays of all kinds of weapon and armor. Uh, near the front, a bunch of axes, long and short swords. As he approaches his shop, his eyes just go, <laughs> <laughs> But near around the, uh, the sides, you would uh, even see makes of weapons from very different areas. Uh, there would be one with very much more Tian, uh, which is equivalent to kind of like katanas and wakazashis okay. and whatnot to the side. Uh, the other side with For the uh, weebs over here. Yeah, stranger, more yep. foreign weapons like jagged chakram and blades that curve in strange, unnatural ways. And stuff like that, yeah. More like a kopesh, even. Ooh. But, uh, okay. 
the vast majority of it would be much more standard long swords, battle axes, maces, and flails. I mean, he's appreciative of all forms of yeah. weapons. Breastplates and full plate chainmails. Yes. Uh, and you would come in, and it's it's largely empty at the moment. There, there wouldn't be anybody else in there, no visible employee or anything. But as soon as you come through the door, uh, the front door to the building in the back would open, and a Tengu would come out. He's jet black, almost literally looking like a humanoid crow. Look, he's a giant walking Severin. And uh, just just for the record, he's only maybe seen one on his travels, and he's just walks in. He's like, oh. It's been a minute since I've seen one of you kind. And he would come out almost kind of hobbling, uh, walking pretty quickly. Just kind of... <laughs> they should <laughs> hop like a crow. Hop like a crow. <laughs> no, he'll walk. He'll walk. But he just sort of, uh, like, he fitters back and forth as he scurries across the uh, the open area. And you can see the middle as you come in, between these big racks around the sides of this building, it looks like a sand pit. It's just a very shallow sand pit. As he comes over... His, uh, his hands kind of folding in front of him. Ah, welcome. Welcome to the war cage. The war cage? That's very appropriate. I like it. I'm uh, taken by your armor and your weapons here. Uh, you look like exactly the kind of person who knows his way around blades. <laughs> in more ways than one. So, I just pull out Big Red. <laughs> as, you, as you set it down, oh, Dwarven Battle Axe. I made it myself. Well, that's a spectacular work there. You said, I, I don't, I've never had the gift, uh, you know, very flammable uh, with the feathers. I've never been quite so good at it, crafting the things myself, uh, but I only order in and test all of my wares myself. Uh, they're the finest of all the different kinds. I studied long and hard through most of my life, training in the martial use of a wide variety of not just the weapons of the NRCs, but all of Galarian. Oh. I'm just kind of stroking my beard. I'm like, oh, well then. Maybe you're just the right uh, individual to help me with this little personal project of mine for, you know, my adventures and my party mates. Well, anything that you're looking for, if I don't have it, I can certainly source. And you are not just allowed, but very much so encouraged to test out the weaponry here. The blades all bite deep, and uh, that sandpit in the middle would have some, like, various kinds of dummies. Some just, like, big rolled straw cuts. Uh harder targets. Uh, you can smash any of these blades against anything here you see, and this they is... won't bend, break, or falter. Warp in any way. I've tested them myself. As I said, only the finest. Just for the record, everyone, this is basically Marshall's playground. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you want to say kid in a candy shop? Oh, this is the... well, oh, well, 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 well. Look what, what has the... happened. What a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. It's all good. So, um, okay. So with this, he's uh, I am so he happy. uh, <laughs> I was so making fun of him before stream. He was trying to get the chat open on his phone so we could see you guys. And, um, uh, he also I got the stream playing in the background and couldn't figure out how to stop it. And she made fun of him. But it turns out you're both boomers. <laughs> okay, boomer. Vindicated. Oh my goodness. Anyway. Anyway. So he's like, okay, so. I'm just going to poke your brain a little bit. You know, weapon expert, the weapon expert. Ah, of course. So, with Big Red here, what would you recommend that can really help me, uh, despite its size, but for cutting into my enemies, well, I was thinking more something that can help with the ripping, like a saw blade or maybe maybe even enchanted with the thing that can maybe he's, he's ma- fire. Well, 
Well, if you made that yourself, you are certainly quite the craftsman. As he's kind of just looking around the other blade and stuff. He doesn't actually touch it, he's still just almost constantly kind of wringing his hands in front of him. Mm-hmm. Hmm, this is very well kept, very well shot, very well uh, apparently balanced. Uh, you would be uh, much... Uh, by your look, uh, this is no simple ornament here, and by your words, of course, I understand. And as, as much as I would, of course, like to believe that there is a way I could improve your status, this axe is is very well made. There is only so much that you could do to actually improve the body of the weapon or the blade itself. Uh, what you'll need from here is is magic. Do you have uh, runes set into this? Ah, I don't think I really do, other than if I remember. <laughs> Jeez, Derp, you're being like making it rain in chat. Well, we <laughs> had a bunch subs. of people come by. I figured I'd give a few of them some help. Um, okay, Derp, well, thank you for throwing all these gift subs at the chat geez. here. Guy who is sitting at my table. <laughs> Boomer. Twice in five minutes. I was about to say, uh, out It didn't move. I was going to say, out of game, uh, real quick, uh, with Big Red's axe, it's I don't think we put... striking, right? It, I, think, I think we put that on there. Yeah, those are rude. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. plus are. one striking. So oh, he just so at that point, he striking. just points out, he's like, the only one I got on here is this one right here. You have two. You have pl- potency and striking. That's right. Plus I, I, one and two... Uh, 2d12 for damage. Like, plus one to attack and 2d12 for damage. Okay, two, I, I couldn't remember exactly right. what I had on it, because uh, I just wrote Big Red pretty much on my yeah. sheet, so... so <laughs> uh, okay. What I could do is I could certainly sell you a variety of rune stones oh. uh, that would magically enhance not only the bite of the blade, but the balance. Uh, with a weapon like this, something so heavy, with so much weight behind it, uh, this is more aiming to cleave bone. So while you you could enhance it with some some kind of a magic that would really draw forth blood on its own far more effectively than any actual serration, which I can tell you from experience, there are, and he gestures over to a far table, uh, there are sawtoothed blades. Uh, some nations and some cultures believe them to be truly powerful, but in, in testing, consistently, the serrated edge of the tooth only causes it to deal less damage. It's more usable in intimidation, but without a flat, keen, sharpened edge, it can't cut through skin or armor nearly as well. You are the hides of a variety of beasts. You know, you make a very excellent point. I'll take a look at it's, some of your runes. It's oh. too much surface area. It just, it wants to bite, but it, it, it keeps the blade out, and even if a single serration or spike does manage to penetrate, by the time the next has passed, it's pulled free. That if that sense. was your interest, you'd be more interested in, like, a, a hook-ended saber or lance instead. But, uh, perhaps a lucerne or some kind of hooked pike. But yeah. this, this... This is a cleaving weapon, and it's meant to, uh, well, hopefully, I imagine if it's as well kept as it appears, could chop right through any of these straw dummies with no difficulty. You would, uh, you would be much more well served by simply enhancing what, uh, what the wizards and the mages call the potency of the weapon. Well, in that case, let me see your runes, and I'll take a, I'll take a gander what you got going on here. Gladly, let me retrieve them. And uh, he would turn and scamper back towards the building, and come back out. <laughs> With a uh, a couple of small things, small mm-hmm. little stones, just kind of kept in his hands. As he staggers back over, he puts his palms together. His kind of long, 
bird fingers, not super conducive to holding a lot of stuff in right. his hands at the same time. Because he well, has, he kind of yeah. has to do it that way. Yeah, you know, there's like four rocks in there or something he, he like uses, that. Uses thumbs to spread out the like uh, the three or four little buttons on here. Now, now I do have a, a rune here that is, uh, it is a replacement for serration. You keep the clean edge of your blade, and it simply causes the blood of your enemy to thin, an enchantment delivered at the head of your axe that will cause them to bleed much more profusely. The stronger your strike, the more severe the blood will flow. Oh, trust me, my strikes are very strong. But this is, <laughs> this is more, of a, uh, more of a benefit from accuracy, as your weapon is not particularly bothered with the part of the opponent <laughs> that you're striking. But for the most efficiency from this, you'll be able, you'll want to be targeting higher, uh, and he folds his hands together, palm on one palm, higher concentrations of arteries around the shoulders, the sides of the waist, or even the, uh, even the back of the thigh. And a weapon like yours is is not quite as precise, so I wouldn't recommend it, though, if that's really what you're after. It does exist. Hmm. Now, what you have in your X there, I can see, uh, as I said, the potency. It is a very, very complicated enchantment that they pass off as, as very simple, magically altering the weight of your swings, the balance of your weapon, allowing it to strike as if it had the head of, an, of a hammer much larger without imparting that weight too far up the haft. Hmm. But that seems it's a very simple rune there. There are stronger ones that will simply redistribute the weight better, cause the edge to be... for lack of more complicated explanations supernaturally sharp he just kind of has a big grin on his face go on now those are well you already have a decent enchantment there and these stronger ones are certainly they are certainly much more uh, expensive than simply uh, drawing forth blood or you you seem a very bombastic sort of warrior. It seems to me that you would be interested perhaps in, in it with this, this blood more of a statement. And with a weapon like that, one so large, what more visible than if it if its edges were wreathed in flame? And yes, the, uh, that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Marshall's eyes just dilate. <laughs> He, uh, he points to another one there with a, with a thumb. This one here, as you swing, ignites the edges of your axe as you will with fire. Fire that will cause no heat or harm to you, but will certainly be felt by your foes. And how much for that one? Let me consult the register. <laughs> While you are consulting, both TNT D&D, unleashing 10 gift subs on the chat, and I saw that wall and I literally thought it was the bottom of yours. Then I realized it was another one, TNTU yeah. Madman. And I the, wow. the uh, hero point. I did see the hero point. I was waiting to, uh, to get this there. TNTU crazy person. You guys, 20 hats out of the audience between you two. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, and yeah, before I, before I do, I, I keep putting it off till I'm trying ending a scene, but I, <laughs> then I forget about it. So, saying Fox 10, since it's a playground for our favorite barbarian dwarf, have a hero point, Marshall. Appreciate it. Do a second one. Yay! I like big sharp eyes, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so if you want the the fire all, room. like all of them going up, the cheapest is the blood one. The okay. fire is a bit more expensive, and the increased potency is the most expensive, but the most kind of widely applicable. I probably can't afford the potency one right away. Um, so the fire one is five hundred gold. I definitely don't have that. Um, yeah, the, the property however, runes are not cheap. <laughs> I mean, if you want it, we have it in stash. Well, in that case, 
However, I'm gonna look at the merchant. I'm like, ah, oh, it's a little, it's a wee bit out of my price range. However, however, I'm willing to haggle a deal with you. I'm always interested in adding more and varied weapons to my collection. Step outside with me just for a moment and bring one of your dummies. Uh, outside, we've uh, we, we've plenty of space here for you to test or demonstrate oh. your capabilities. Because what I'm about to do, I don't know if it's big enough. It's like a 30 foot sand pit. Like you could fit quite a you could oh, okay. fit how, like a training drills. How, okay, like, it's pretty it? large. How tall? Is it's it? open sky. Oh, okay. In you that case, like a building in the back. Why is it called a cage? Because there's a literal the cage around built the around it. The that makes it. Area. All right. In that case, I'm just like, I'll, let me show you what I mean. I place the dummy. I do the thing. And then you, uh... Skidoo. It just hacked it. You could just... And you hear some, like, <laughs> gasps and uh, assorted terror from the street nearby as a giant dwarf appears, pretty much perfectly visible in the center of the war <laughs> cage here. It's okay, he's in the cage. He's in the cage. He can get out. And I just, just obliterate this dummy. <laughs> this little strong thing just destroyed. Like you and then I shrink back down and I look at him and go... Let's just say, uh, as you can tell, I have unique abilities, and uh, I can provide services in exchange for product. That is a that is a a very powerful force that you have. That is a, a, a that is not magic, as no incantation, but I... simply will of the blood. That that would only make the uh, the fire or the potency so much more effective or visible but i would say even further cements that you do not want the the blood drawing rune not when your axe simply obliterates men in a single blow exactly so i'm i'm leaning more towards the fire and the potency one so this is this this flaming rune to add that or or any of the traditional elements to the blade of a weapon. It can be replicated with ice or lightning or acid. Just uh, put them all under. Why not? Or even <laughs> even reverberating waves of sonic energy Ooh. as you strike, landing your blows with peals of thunder. Each five hundred golds apiece, and each slightly different in their operations. But so so here's what I'm offering. As you could tell of my uh, abilities. If you have a service or anything like of the sorts within town that's I can specialize in, maybe I can get a discount on one of your runes in exchange. Well, this is your your abilities, your uh, your manipulations of transmutation here. And he uh, kind of folds the uh, the runes up together and puts a little pouch on his belt. So we can go back to doing this. <laughs> your, uh, your your abilities are are very visual, very eye catching. He's kind of like looking up uh, towards the sky, back and forth to you. This this would certainly draw interest from passing public of certain. Hmm. Oh God, and, this uh, is where I think it's going. <laughs> are you gonna be a giant sign twirler? You're gonna be a wacky inflatable flailing old man. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! I, I believe perhaps, perhaps there is a uh, an agreement that we could reach. Yes. I, I I pull up a chair and sit down. Well, let's discuss terms then. Well, let me let me consider. Let me consider the potential of what this is worth and uh, how how much you are willing to offer for this. Yeah. Because I'll be honest, I have no idea how much gold a group is willing to loan me for for this type of thing. I'm just literally just going out of pocket for this. So, uh, as you sit down with this Tengu here in the war cage, <laughs> you two are being measured up, and you're exploring yes. the docks. 
I don't think anybody's intending to move on sensitive imports today. It doesn't sound like. No. Probably not. Probably, probably waiting, not. We got way too psyched. We're at least right? waiting till so night. Wait until nightfall. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to wait till nightfall. I would want to use Lore Underworld to uh, figure out about some of the goings on in the city. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll it for me. And as I predicted, I get an excuse to use my session reroll. Love to see it. Here you go. I get to collect at least two of these. Hasn't been a bit dicey day. It's been very RP heavy. I'm, I'm okay with it. Well, we've well, also rolled nothing okay. below a 16 for the most I part. I mean, also, the last session was like a lot of combat and crazy. Last couple sessions have been mega combat heavy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining for sure, but a little break from that time to time is not bad. So I believe that's a 25. I'm double checking. <laughs> This is why yeah, we can't 25. Mm -hmm. uh, 25. Uh, here in a city like Kentargo, even with your uh, your knowledge and your understanding of kind of where to go, it's not easy to be like, hello, kids, where is the local black market? I would like to purchase some poisons. <laughs> That's the whole point of lore. I know, right, right. But like it's, they are, especially what with the city having largely uh, regoverned and have been subjected to a fairly recent civil war, changing hands from the throne lineage of Cheliax into the Silver Council. There was a Hell Knight Order stationed here. It's almost impossible for you to locate kind of anything organized or anything that you can get in contact with, uh, if such a thing even still exists. Within that the city walls. is information in and yeah, of itself. That's knowledge itself. So with you, nicely tailored. Some projects are brewing. Discussion with our Tengu friend, and, uh, well, yeah, even failing tells you something. A group of you, as the last few hours of the day pass, I imagine meeting at some point for some drinks. Yes, and yes. our new clothing. And your new I, fancy tailored clothing. Is she wearing, like, all the fancy bits and, like, makeup and everything as like, she's coming you, into the bar? What are you spending on this? <laughs> so, I. How fancy we talking? Uh, we're like, talking how fancy. fancy. Like, Resume never gets gets here, so she's going to probably drop a good chunk of change. Yes, I am. <laughs> it's gonna I have, like, be a this, hundred gold budget. You're going to be this, like, <sighs> bright-eyed, bushy-tail, super-happy elf wearing the most gothic, dark gold. dress. I have a hundred gold, gold budget here. Budget is absolutely going to get you the finest fashions, like, the most cutting edge of Kintargo here. At this point, I'm just oh, at the yeah. bar waiting for everybody else. Got I got her colors done. Roshin's gonna come out looking like goth mommy. <laughs> as, as she's coming in, I just look at her, I'm like, as I'm sipping my beer. <laughs> Not one word. Oh, I'm sorry. Resume. I'm sorry, Shannon Laugh Hunter. A hundred gold's a lot of money. That's like. <laughs> well, we need jewelry and hair and makeup Dude, and shoes. That is. Oh my god. That is. You went in. That is business. <laughs> That's a much bigger number than, uh, okay, yeah, that's like a house. So I, mean, like, I, I can only imagine how many times she would have to wear that stuff. Do you have any idea how rarely she gets to go shopping? Never! I mean, like, yeah, yeah, that's I fair. mean, that's I can't fair. be mad. I, I, I mean, if I mean, you've got a bucket of money, she is 19 and irresponsible, so, like, it's really Rasheen's fault for letting this happen. I mean, <laughs> wait a minute. I guess, <laughs> I guess I can't judge, because I just went into a weapon shop slash, like, 
you know, amusement park for me. And I'm just like, it's okay. not going to be like one outfit. You're going to have like a wardrobe. Yeah, that is the like point. Like Ike and Targo slash Chellish fashion here. Heck, you could buy a wardrobe to put it all in. And yeah, you could buy a portable wardrobe, like an I, automatically I, shrinkable wardrobe to keep it all in, like a travel chest. Yeah. That, like it's, it's its own. It's called a bag on. of holding. Yeah, I was like, I was literally just going to look at bag of holding. Just put it in the bag of holding. When in doubt, just My put bag it back. of holding doesn't have that much in it right now. Oh, like, the low grade bag of holdings are still pretty expensive, so yeah, you wouldn't, I mean, you're not getting like an interdimensional that. chamber. That's here. fine. I, but you're just, getting some pretty high fashion for sure. Well, you can just buy a trunk, shrink it, and now you have a pseudo bag of holding. I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah, that's fair. You get a very large trunk and shrink Zoop. it down, just tie a thread around it. I you mean, know, it answers. We've learned, it answers so. I mean, just the question in your pocket of you what you're going to do with all that junk, all that junk See, up the, in that trunk. As jank as that bag of holding would be. You could have like ten chests on you, full of different things, and you just tie strings around them. That yeah, works. but like I'll tell you, shrink fine, out is the greatest spell in the game. Fine clothing. No, it's gonna. It's not throw in a trunk. No, clothing. you don't throw that in a so trunk. Like yeah, that's well, that you'd buy a wardrobe, put it all in there nice, and but, then shrink it. Yeah, and, but you're still carrying it around like it's a tiny ring box. No, so you put not... that in your bag of holding. <laughs> we'll find some and then way it's just to floating in the interdimensional work. abyss. There, there's kind of wanted to be very still. It's no, not I'm moving like, in Your there. bag of holding is still a backpack. It's still jostling as much as a backpack does. Yeah, I say, it preserves momentum to the yeah, contents, right? Yeah, just interdimensionally. Right? Yeah, like, it's not still. Logic of clothing. You guys are so <laughs> I mean, I guess if we want to really go into this, you could, like, cook up, like, some sort of, like, we'll travel just... wardrobe that actually holds it on Ungwent of timelessness. I would say with 100 gold. Oh, God. With 100 gold, each of you could get two, like... A day and an evening outfit in this high, almost gothic, chellish fashion and a like a standing wardrobe that is functionally a bag of holding. Uh, but while a it's only got, clothing, it's only it's, yes. it is what well, is upright. <laughs> it's upright and uh, opens done. in the front for you to put things in like a, a face on top mm -hmm. of each other. It can hold probably like I'm going to say six outfits. <laughs> Uh, but while closed, it is completely collapsible down to like a small wooden wand case. That uh, is like the amazing. coolest thing ever. Without it, That's it does not crease cool. and fold the pocket dimension. In fact, unlike a bag of holding, the pocket dimension is still. So it can only hold about, it's like it's a pretty shallow, about six outfits, uh, like the size of a torso, but collapses down to like a wand case. That is the coolest thing ever. Now, you are awesome, GM. Thank now, you. Now, don't you, you feel better about high fashion? I'm more impressed by the case. <laughs> That's amazing. Look at that. At, at this time, I'm just I'm just gonna toss. Bam. toss it exists now. Uh, I love you. I'm just gonna toss you. A I, can't <laughs> I can't look down without banging my chin into my chest. How do you wear this stuff? Fabulously. I suppose. At least the boots are better than the other things you had me. Is in. it kind of sad that Marshall kind of one looks looks at you and goes? Well, I guess I can confirm now that you're an actual lady. <laughs> Drunken dwarfs better get murdered. I get the feeling. <laughs> you said there was a sand pit nearby. <laughs> the goddess Milani <laughs> has clearly brought you to the right place. <laughs> Perhaps you could take Marshall for a long swim in a tar pit. <laughs> <laughs> Not in that outfit. <laughs> I, 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 for for giving you crap, I, I tossed you some of my private stock of the uh, dwarven ale. Yeah, here you go. Oh, you think you can just buy my forgiveness with some cheap booze, do you? 
Well, yeah. Well, you're right. <laughs> but I still don't appreciate the assumption. I, it's know. like liquid paint thinner. And <laughs> I just look at her she like be, she's dressed as a lady now. She's pouring it into a tankard first. <laughs> I just look at him like, just keep in mind, Missy, if I didn't mess with you, I don't like you. You know, we're family in a very Rasheen messed up way. Like, total high fashion sitting inside a bar with a friggin' tanker of like dwarven whiskey. <laughs> dwarven gasoline. Like, we're talking medieval England. Like, Queen Elizabeth attire. Like, the whole And you're drinking from a, yeah. from a tankard like this because you can't bring your, like, Body together without ripping the outfit. Yeah, like I honestly like if Roche, if Roisin flexes, she could pop yep. probably bust Look, out of it. Woman's so fashion is hard. <laughs> Get good. We have to make sacrifices sometimes. It's okay. The raw iron corset, which was in fashion for Cheliax, is probably not going to get busted out of. Actually, this but also means that your torso is kept very rigidly upright. Yes, exactly. That's why you're just breathing is hard. Look, the whale. Your arms are meant to be kind of steeped in front of your chest, like this the whole time. Yeah, you can't actually. He's right. You can't put your arms down your side because you're meant to be like this. (laughs) (laughs) Your fingers steepled, your thumbs together. That's the fashion. <laughs> yep. You walk around like this mm, all yes. the time. <laughs> mm, quite fabulous, yes. Yes. Mm. I cash uh. fashion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, high fashion. <laughs> Level seven fashion. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> oh. 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 You doing okay done. over there? <laughs> I think we're done. I, I think we're good. I think we're good. <laughs> so with your... Uh, with your drinking, wrapping things up, heading back to the uh, Yalubalus Inn, back to your room, High or at least a pair of rooms, very much drawing the gaze of just walking through, like... I'm not walking anywhere the near The docks, <laughs> dressed like this, drawing the absolute attention of, like, This is exactly what I wanted to bomb avoid. merchant and <laughs> conscious person who experiences sexual attraction. Uh, <laughs> Two charisma twenty. Two women. twenty charisma women. <laughs> the highest visions, just walking through the streets at sundown <laughs> in the docks. <laughs> she does have a sword on her hip if it's helpful. I don't know. I mean, there's also the giant murder dwarf that just accompanying you. Yeah, yeah you're our bodyguard. There's exactly. just chungus dwarf. Wait, 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 wait. Plug should I should I get a battle axe on his back? Should I should I get like a brightly colored purple hat? Yeah. <laughs> And like a fuzzy, I already have fur. I'm just like, and just get walk, just, walk, 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 axe walk, like walk, 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 We'll have something to eat downstairs. We'll get stared at. It'll be awesome. It's past dinner, so I mean, you get to, the kitchens would be closed at this point, yeah. so you wouldn't even be able to like buy anything from them because the cooks have gone home. I mean, home. We, th- we have stew. But you've got the magical yeah, stew. Got... It's delicious. It's it says delicious. so. We have delicious stew, and I still got like a fair amount of like giant boar jerky in my bag, so. But as darkness comes across the city, the uh, time would certainly be coming to figure out we're going to do about Sunset Imports. 
Yes. And that we can leave for next week. And why can I all of a sudden speak a Ruxy? What? Because you've been around me. Yeah, I picked you it regularly up. Regularly speak a Ruxy while you're chilling? In his sleep. In his sleep. <laughs> <laughs> No, he plops in his own language. Resume's just crouching over him at night with a notepad. <laughs> <laughs> if she Is had... that how that conjugates? <laughs> oh, so that's how you pronounce it. Okay, it's two S's, not three. You've been giving me lessons. <laughs> Plus, it's not like I'm the only lizard people out there. That's fair. You're the only fair. one. The only one that she knows, there. probably. Yeah, yes. meaning she could ask me what words mean. But uh, <laughs> next week, we return... We've carried a good bit over. Oh, Paizo is just cool. I mean, it's not like there's anything after us, yeah. so we're not like cutting anyone else's time. Sorry. Carried a bit over to keep that cute times love going. Thank you. We do you. love that. We all appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed the shenanigans. Like today we had a, uh, today was a day. I, you know, but it was a good day. It was a good day. We, we had a lot of fun. If it's your first time seeing the Two Perception show here, we are, well, we do like our role play and our shenanigans. Uh, We've wasted entire days on nothing but taxes. Today? That I mean, only happened once. If you want to look at it from like a progressive standpoint, today you got on a boat where nothing happened and made it to Kentargo. That's that's like the... But you don't look at things in progress because that's dumb and boring. Yep, true. We've made Roisin hot. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we discovered that I will continue to not have a boyfriend. Hot, but still smells we like discussed- a war. Nadalin politics yep. and ethics and the value of pain. It was a. Uh, We've discovered we did, very different takes on law. We did, however, we are coming today hot off of the. Uh, of two, I think at least two. Combat. Pretty much straight sessions of fighting. Yep. Yeah. So. A lot of talking. We don't know what pacing is here. Yeah. We yeah. just sit at a table, play some Pathfinder, and have fun. If that sounds like something you're interested in. YouTube.com slash 2Perception or at 2Perception on Twitter. We'll get you to all of our content. This entire campaign, we're on episode, I think this is this is like in the high 30s at this point. Easy. It's like the yeah. fourth of the third chapter of Age of Ashes. Somewhere We've got that. this entire adventure path so far on the YouTube channel, <laughs> uh, as well as our other campaign we run, The Extinction Curse, on Mondays over my personal channel. If you're A interested literal in some, clown fiesta. Literal clown fiesta. If you're interested in some more Two Perception Pathfinder nonsense. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Squiddish. I'm going to put in a mode in the chat. It's going to be Paizo Golem holding the heart. You can just click on that yellow name right there. That's me. Monday, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, they, too, are transitioning chapters as they are making their way into book three as well. That's such a good hair. But we hope you guys enjoy. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, Q Times, of course, for that enormous raid. Thanks to all of you for your support. Special shout-outs to those who support and uh, the two perception on Patreon directly. You are the ones who enabled me to buy all of the technology to make an actual yes. table show work. We will see you all. Same place. Same time.